Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. So, 256 selections are in. And the flurry of undrafted agent signings are taking place literally as we speak. I want to congratulate, first of all, guests uh, that have managed to get selected. First of all, uh, I want to send congratulations to Doris Fountain, a player that anyone who knows me knows I'm a big fan. Uh, there are certainly things he can work on, but he's going to contribute immediately on special teams. And I think he's going to be a wide receiver three sooner rather than later. And also, Tremont Smith, who some people, I keep seeing him described as a, as a nickel corner. And I'm not saying, he certainly can do that. He's strong and fast and quick. But I, I see no reason at all why he can't play on the outside. No one's calling Denzel Ward a nickel corner, and he's just as tall, but thicker, stronger, and just as fast as the first two corners off the board. I mean, Mike Hughes is thinner and slower, but no one's calling him a nickel. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens, obviously, with the careers of those young men. And I've been told that Jalen Ackland, another player of whom I am a big fan, is now a Raven, has an undrafted free agent. I think a couple of the guys that have been on the show have signed as undrafted free agents. Uh, so I think Tavier signed with the Cardinals, if I remember something correctly. And that's a perfect landing spot for him. I know that they've done a visit with him. And I think I joked with him on the show about following Patrick Peterson around like a lost puppy. I was only half joking. I mean, you may want, not want to follow him all the way home, but you should watch everything that man does, what he eats, how he ties his shoes, anything and everything. I'm not going to so much attempt to, to grade the draft, but I will attempt to analyze it. Obviously, just ended, you know, so very fresh, very, very fresh in everyone's mind. But uh, I live in Chicago. I will start with being pleasantly surprised at how well the Chicago Bears navigated the draft this year. And I think... I mean, obviously, anything can happen, and who knows what will happen going forward. But I truly, 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 truly believe this is the kind of draft that can position a team to go from being, you know, kind of moribund, stumble around, can't get out of your own way kind of team, which is what they had been, to a team that I think is one more really good draft and, you know, some more free agent signings but one or two years away from being a legitimate contender to be trouble. So, you know, Quentin Meeks, who I, I know some people had second-round grades on him, 
I had him about a round later than that, but so many things to like. And Jalen Aquin, as I mentioned earlier, who's found his way to the Ravens, joins a UDFA class that also has players such as, and I'm going to try to do my best with this, Kare Babajevedic, who is a Norwegian uh, by way of Marshall University, a uh, kicker and punter, Christian Lecouture from uh, LSU, Trent Sieg, also Randon Cresselius, uh, joins them. Chris Board from North Dakota State University, uh, linebacker Mason McKendrick, and defensive tackle Devontae Lumpkin. So that's solid, obviously. David Wells makes his way to the Cowboys. The Browns got a potential stud. Uh, Desmond Harrison, I think, could be a starting tackle in a year or two. Jarvion Franklin makes his way to my Steelers. That's someone I think is going to make an NFL team. If not that team, and he might make that team. Kevin Tolliver is a bear. Tyler Holtz uh, makes his way to the Vikings. Reggie Bonifant is a Panther. Junior Joseph is a Bengal. Luke McNitt is a Falcon. So... You know, there's some good stuff going on in terms of the undrafted signing period. And, as, you know, I've mentioned a couple of big names, Joe Osman, some other guys who are still out there. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley is another one of the undrafted agent signings who might end up being good somewhere for somebody, for the 49ers. Uh, Ryan Nall is also a bear. Gives them a, a power back. You know, so that's Someone I certainly would think has a very good chance of making the team since they don't really have a true big back on the roster. That gives them a back who is big. Uh, Don Ernstberger is also signed with the Bucks as an undrafted free agent. They, one of the bigger, oh, sorry, Jim, forgot to unmute you. Uh, one of the bigger Titans out there. So my first question to you, Jim, and I don't know if you've run all the numbers yet, but based on the work, oh, hi, Jim. Based on the work you do in terms of both physical metrics and, and production metrics, I know it's early on, first blush, but I'm not going to ask you to name a winner or a loser, but tell me some of the teams that scored well based on the work you do in getting players that show that they have the right kind of athletic ability and the production that bodes well for long-term success. Well, I I haven't got to all the uh the teams yet, uh, in terms of just grading each, you know, individually and seeing who kind of stuck out the most. But um I think the Browns definitely did. Uh, you know, the Browns of course getting a quarterback at the top who was the best testing quarterback uh when it comes to, to just data in general. Uh Denzel Ward was a bit of a reach as a as a top four overall player because mm-hmm. he's a great athlete. I mean, there's a very good chance he becomes a, a successful cornerback, but not exactly, um, you know, he, he's not, he doesn't have a clean production profile. So that, that's that's all I really want to say about him. Um, but definitely a chance to be good. Austin Corbett has a good chance to be an interior offensive lineman in terms of his testing. Nick Chubb also pretty decent. But then 
after that point, things get funny, as they usually do for the for the uh, Browns, where the, the the first couple picks are great, and then they just seem to like, all right, position coach, who do you want? Uh, we want Chad Thomas because he played at Miami and he looks the part. All right, take Chad Thomas. Um, you know, Antonio Callaway, a guy that failed. No, we want to tell you Callaway because we get too much sleep at night as it is. Yeah, uh, here you go, Antonio Callaway. Uh, Gerard Avery, very athletic, of course, but not the most productive in the sense of a in, of a inside linebacker, if that makes any sense. Like more so like an edge rusher type, but he's a little undersized for an edge rusher position to a certain extent. But I mean, if he becomes like a Robert Mathis guy, then great. But if he doesn't, then you know you you got kind of a Hassan Reddick type of type of guy. Uh, and then they get Damian Ratley, who tested really well as an athlete, but wasn't very productive. And then Simeon Thomas ended out. So like the first couple picks were good, but then the rest were just kind of all over the place. You know, for for the you know the Browns. But I do think that those first couple picks. I compare it to, like, the Oakland Raiders in 2014, where the entire 2014 class for the Raiders wasn't great, but those first two picks were pretty decent, which made that draft class, you know, great compared to the other classes in that class. So um, I I feel like a guy like Mayfield and Ward and Corbett and Chubb is a good little group of of guys to be kind of like blue-chip guys. Um, I also really like the Cowboys draft for that for that same reason. I think Leighton Vanderesh, Connor Williams, and Michael Gallup; those are three very strong um, prospects. And then after that point, they just kind of get drunk as well, you know, in the later uh, later rounds. Uh, I like the Broncos class. I think Bradley Chubb, Portland Sutton, Royce Freeman, all solid, you know, one, two, three type picks. And then they also kind of go off the cliff a bit after that point. Um, uh, the Packers, I think, had a pretty solid first start. You know, I mean, they get Dar- they get Alexander and they get Josh Jackson back to back, which is pretty. You know, you get two of the best cornerbacks in the draft class. Um, you know, potentially, you know, Alexander is one of the, is the most athletic. Uh, and then you get Joshua Jackson, who's one of the more productive ones. So you get a good little combination there with those guys. And I think the other class in particular, I think which one it was exact, but um, oh, and Arizona, Jefferson, also decent, but um. All I can say is most most of the draft classes were pretty strong starts followed by kind of uneven finishes, which is with every single draft class usually. Like the Seahawks are like that. Uh, a lot of teams are kind of like that, where they have kind of a good start and then they kind of go off the rails in terms of day three. Except for, of course, the Steelers that started by first running the truck into a ditch and then almost getting it out and then getting it back into the ditch and then getting it out. Uh, a little bit. So uh, let's go to the Giants. A lot of people are strongly divided, uh, whatever term you want to use, split, uh, torn. I guess it all comes down to how much you like running backs. Also, hello, Donovan. 
Hey, how's it going, man? Good night. Excited. I haven't had you on in forever. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little while. Uh, a few weeks. Well, I was on a couple of weeks ago, right? Um, for the draft thing, for like round uh, four through seven. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you did join us on the last day. But yeah, but it's been a little, little bit since I've been on. So thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, I as do I. So take us through. I mean, I don't want to get into a philosophical discussion of can a running back ever be worth the second overall pick, no matter how great they are, because either you believe that's true or you believe it's not, and the people who believe it's true, nothing will change their minds. The people who believe it's not true. Literally nothing will change their mind. So nothing will be accomplished, really, I guess, by touching on that. But just take me through, in terms of athletic testing and athletic production, what does the Giants draft class look like? Um, Berkeley, you know, I wouldn't consider Berkeley to be a top five overall running back. He's definitely a first-round running back um, in terms of his production. You know, kind of has five-time Pro Bowl potential. Super athletic, uh, you know, very Jonathan Stewart-esque in terms of like his athleticism testing, um, for the most part. But the running back, and honestly, if he does end up doing what he what he could do in the passing game, which is the big thing, if he can affect the game in the passing game, like a Marshall Falk, like a Matt Forte, like a you know uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell, who's like the the one you know, the modern-day version of that, if he can affect the passing game the way that those guys can, then he definitely would be worth that kind of value, you know, if he can do it, the passing game that way. Um, but you're also talking about the Giants that have tackle issues, they have offensive line issues, they, uh, they have defense issues. So it's, well, they're it's great to for have, a reason. It's great to have a running back that's good, but it's also good to have a good offensive line. So that's the only sort of question mark there. But they also get Will Hernandez, who is easily the the second best guard in the class based on data and also film, in my humble opinion. Uh, We may have two all-famers in this whole entire class, and they might both be offensive guards. Exactly. Um, But then you get Lorenzo Carter. Lorenzo Carter, very athletic. The production is just not there. He's not Jamie Collins. I don't know where the Jamie Collins comparisons come from. No Jimmy idea. Collins, <laughs> Jamie Collins was was really athletic and really productive at a lower level competition. Lorenzo Carter was really athletic and not productive at Georgia. So um, there's a chance that he could become an outlier, like you know. I'm trying to think. Like Clay Matthews could you know was an outlier, but then again Clay Matthews also had a Hall of Fame, you know, linebacker coach. So you know you know, like uh, you didn't go to the Hall of Fame. And his, but, and his dad is Clay Matthews, who some people think should at least get some strong consideration for the Hall of Fame. So yes, he he has some advantages that the average kid doesn't have. Right, and then you get to B.J. Hill. B.J. Hill is, is athletic, but not productive, kind of below average productive. Uh, Kyle Letta, I just don't have enough data on FCS quarterbacks to really say either way about him, but, you know, maybe he becomes a starter there. I mean, you know, who knows? And then, of course, you end up with R.J. Mac, RJ McIntosh, who's not productive and not athletic. Uh, so, <laughs> I think, honestly, what's, what's more to like about that? He's, 
But this is the thing. Everybody doesn't like this Giants class just because they didn't address the needs they wanted to address. But at the same time, if you're going to take a tackle, is this a class to take a tackle? No. Is this a class to take? Like, in many ways, this class was really strong in terms of running backs, interior offense linemen, and, uh, you know, linebackers. And the, and the Giants, in many ways, took one of the best running backs in the class and took one of the best guards in the class. Uh, and took a quarterback that potentially could become a starter, possibly. So if you look at it that way, this actually might be a good class if you just ignore Lorenzo Carter and, and ignore the other sort of guys that most likely won't end up being um, much of anything, really, other than rotational players. So from that perspective, I don't think it's a terrible class. I just think that they didn't address the needs that people thought they should have addressed um, when in reality – you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, in many ways, I just feel like they took two players that – they took two players from really strong – from, like, some of the strongest parts of the draft. They took two players that fit that sort of idea, and ultimately that could pay off for them long term. Okay. So, Donovan, tell me your impressions of the draft as a whole. What do you think of this particular draft? If you had to tell your auntie who is curious about football, how would you she actually she actually is? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Edmund, tell me, tell me what you told your auntie. That's funny. Um, <laughs> well, she's kind of upset right now because of family stuff, but you know, because family in the draft, but it's cool. We're working the phone still, but. Um, I mean, what I would tell her, I would tell her or whoever that, I mean, obviously the quarterbacks are going to be the most memorable thing for me, um, especially Baker going one. Just being a high school guy um, and kind of doing draft secondary for somebody that was so lowly rated and said it had such a crazy story uh, to be the number one overall pick, to me, that's I, regardless of what Baker does, um, kind of he changed the game of football. To me, and I can't say that about many people. Many people get drafted number one. Many people win the Heisman every year, but not many people change the game. I feel like a football, and I know there's short quarterbacks that are successful, but um, not this successful. So um, <laughs> he changed the game. So that's the main thing I'm going to remember. Um, other than that, um, the Cardinals um, with their draft, they got my number. Because I love Baker, he was still. Two um, quarterback behind Rosen, and they got my number one wide receiver, Christian Kirk. So um, <clears throat> I was really happy about that for Arizona. I think they got two kids that know each other pretty well from the camp circuit a few years ago. It wasn't that long ago, you know, three years ago they were together, um, seven on seventeen at the opening, and now um, <laughs> you know they're playing together. So that's kind of a cool story, um, and just. I guess Sam, you know, coming from where he's from, San Clemente, and now being the number three overall pick to the Jets, um, from San Clemente to New York, man, pretty good life, right, living-wise? Um, <laughs> so I think um, – well, I can't forget about L.A., of course, too, San Clemente, L.A., New York. So three good cities he's lived in. Um, I think, you know, that, that story is good, and I can't wait to see what he can bring to the table for the Jets. I don't think he – I don't know if he'll start right away. I think he might – be the backup quarterback for now, but we'll see. And then, you know, the other guys, too, um, 
obviously Allen's story is just is crazier than Baker's, really, because I mean, he's a zero star guy. He didn't go to Lake Travis exactly. high school. To, so this whole stuff, like you went to the mouth. <laughs> I mean, I just you know, I mean, yeah, personally, like for me, I mean, those stories, regardless of what if he works out or not, I mean that. Well, I have to talk to these kids and tell them stuff. Um, I have to use Josh Allen as an example now. He's a zero-star quarterback, and he's a top-ten pitch. So, I mean, like, that doesn't really happen that much. Like, I don't – it's not – I don't – I mean, I don't know how many times in the history well, of this has happened, but it's well, not I mean, much. That's, that's, so. <laughs> but look at all the quarterbacks who win early. Yeah. is a one or a two-star. Um, Baker was a two – was that uh, what I mean, one? don't don't tell two four seven that because they get really mad because they had him higher than everybody else, but oh. they still only had him at a three. Yeah, they, those guys are like, yeah, we stopped saying everybody had him as a two star. We had him as a three. I mean, <laughs> that's still pretty low. <laughs> um, I mean, that's cool. Like, no, shout out to two twenty four seven because I mean they do a really good job. Um, and they did have him higher than anybody else, but he was still like the fifty six rated quarterback that class so um I can't give him too much there. um but yeah Sam was a three I mean Josh I mean it's crazy because I I talked to you Bill when I saw Josh Rose in high school I think he's the best kid I've ever seen um now I mean that was high praise but he's a top 10 pick and he's done a really good job for the for the I talked to you about him I think his sophomore year at Bosco yeah that's when he started and I was like you know and then as a junior, I was like, yeah, I saw this kid play in person versus Martell and Gorman. I was like, he's the truth. Him and Bryce Treggs, you know, like, so <laughs> he has a chip on his shoulder, obviously, too. Um, he mentioned, you know, Ricky Town and um, Blake Barnett, who just transferred again. So, and Ricky Town transferred three times as well. So, I mean, those guys, always a hot, <laughs> new, sexy name. But Josh has been consistent. I mean, Josh had to go up against. Who you know Tate Martell was a sexy name he went up against. I watched both of them play. I always thought Josh was the quarterback for whoever he went up against. Um, so you know I liked him. He put Bosco on the map. That wasn't a school that it's a very well known school in California, but they are a national powerhouse now. They have never been finished outside of the top ten in the country in the USA Today ranking since Rosen took over as a sophomore. So they were never in the top twenty-five before that. So I think he put the school on the map and moving from Manhattan Beach to Belfar. But anyway, I mean, yeah, Sam, you know, <laughs> was a late bloomer, three-star kid, uh, just not a camp kid, really played basketball a lot too. He played, was better at basketball than he was at football. Um, he didn't live up to the hype of Travis Wilson, which is crazy to think about in your head right now. Like that's who he followed from Utah, and Travis was so much better than him, honestly, at San Clemente if you talk to their coaches. So <laughs> I think, like, he did a really good job of coming everything. Mason did, too. Mason actually was pretty prominent in high school, too. Um, you know, he won state player of the year twice in South Carolina and a NASCAR state title and four-star, but still kind of had a chip because he wanted to go to South Carolina. They kind of dubbed him a little bit. They didn't really want him too much, um, which is crazy to think about. The quarterbacks that they, they've had, how would they not want Mason Rudolph? Like, you know what I mean? So, I mean, is great now, but I mean, talking about before that, I mean, the guy, I mean, think about the quarterbacks. Nah, nah, we're good. Before. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, I, I, like I said, I mean, like, Jake Bentley's good now, but that was like all the quarterbacks before. I mean, Garcia was the best they've had probably, right? In the past 
10 years. That's so bad. <laughs> so I don't know why um, they didn't recruit him heavy, uh, heavier. But, I mean, so him, his story in Pittsburgh, which he's going to have obviously a while to go. But, um, yeah, like I said, Josh Allen's story um, with him coming from Central Valley and just overcoming every, a lot of odds. And uh, all those guys, man. So the quarterback at the top and then, like I said, the team, Arizona, uh, did really well to me at the top. Miami did really well um, until, like, the end <laughs> of today when they started picking the kicker from, like, New Mexico and stuff. But other than that, I thought they had some people fall in their lap. Um, they did a really good job. They got a lot of needs. A lot of players I liked personally, uh, like Durham Smyth and Nico Fitzpatrick and guys like that. So, um, and the Jags, man, to keep it in Florida. The Jags did a really good job, too. Um, let's say a couple picks here. and I think there was two bad picks guys on my board. Other than that, and they're signing so many undrafted free agents that were actually in my top like 200, 150. Um, I think they signed Alan Lazard and Quentin Meeks. I think both of those guys will make the team. Those are better than some of their draft picks, honestly. So, um, yeah, that's another. And I know Tanner Lee got drafted, Bill, and you hate him, but <laughs> but um. Yeah, I mean, other than that, that was their only bad pick, really. That was their only bad one. There was a couple questionable ones, but apparently it was only, I mean, literally getting like a poor man's Blake Boyles, but, I mean, other than that, yeah, that was a bad pick. But, uh, yeah, so I like what Florida did. Tampa Bay did it too. All the Florida teams did it to me. They all killed it. And the quarterbacks is something, I hope I didn't miss a quarter. Oh, Lamar Jackson, of course. Like, how could I Forget about Lamar's and story, man. Were, I mean, that's another kid I, were, I talked about. Who was either a two or a three star coming out? Depending on who you yeah, ask. Yeah, he was a three star quarterback. Um, and I, I loved him so much. I remember just like one of the recruits was telling me, like, this kid, if he can get it with Bobby Trino, is going to be a first round pick. And I was just like, I talked about it on your show. That's another thing. I was just like, hopefully yeah, he will. He He's really raw. I was like, he should gain weight. He was like one to see when I saw him in camp. He's another kid that just overcame a lot, like where he's from, Boynton Beach, yeah. and a lot of stuff around him. He, honestly, to me, when I saw him in the camp, looked like a five-star player, but he didn't never travel outside of the state of Florida. And obviously, you know, high school football is kind of an odd thing to do, is not leave their home state and not go to any camps and be in any seven-on-seven things. They didn't play any other sport, though. Um, just financially didn't really have the money to do it. So, um, but he, him, and his mom did a hell of a job. They still got him in the first round. I know he got a lot of flack for having his mom as age. His mom's a great lady. Met her in Atlanta, hung out with him, and I mean, he, you know, got into a situation where I like, you know, in Baltimore, and they did a good job too. They had a couple questionable ones, but for the most part, I liked their draft, and I think. I'm not a huge Joe Flacco fan. I never really have been too much, so I think that he has a shot to play sooner than later. Um, I hope Joe doesn't get injured or anything, but um, if he does or if he plays bad, then I think Lamar can come in and make some splash plays. And, yeah, I like him. I'm glad that he never switched positions, too, because that was another thing Bill in high school was like, when I saw him at camps, you know, these guys, I was he was I was still kind of new in the camp circuit, and everyone was just like, he's, just, he's, not, he's never going to play quarterback for, for Bob Petrino. Because they had Kyle Bowen, right? You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Kyle Bowen's six four, like two twenty five in high school. He looked like a quarterback that was going to be really like you know a Bobby Petrino quarterback. 
He's the good exactly. Yes, like about that's what bothers me like, about this whole mental picture. I, I've written about it, and I, I write about it more, but the whole mental picture approach to scouting. So a lot. Of, that's why I, I finally figured out why some guys are five stars who don't particularly produce and aren't, some of them don't even test all the levels athletes because they look like they should be good. So here's my thing. How did the, five, the former five stars do in this draft class? So none of the quarterbacks. Rosen was a four star. And then the rest Logan? Logan. Logan oh, right? they said, look, none of them. Oh, Mason Rudolph was a four. Um, Lamar was a four, four. rivals. Lamar was a four in rivals. We, I mean, I was at the rivals camp. He he killed it at their personal camp, so they moved him up a lot. But some people had him as a a three star athlete, not a four star quarter. It's kind of weird. Like he, but he never played any other position, so like I never had him as an athlete because he never played. They had him as an athlete because he was black and could run. I mean, yeah. you know the answer to that. That's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know why, but I I I, I try to keep athletes to guys that don't project a quarterback at all or have played multiple positions when I do rankings for high school. So I never had him as athlete. But, yeah, he was a three-and-a-half star, you could say. Uh, Mason was the four. Um, Baker obviously was a two-and-a-half guy. Um, Josh Zero um, twice, basically, uh, <laughs> for one, I guess, the second time. But um, uh, Kawaletta obviously wasn't any zero, like negative like right <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no I mean I love Colorado though like no one knew he was like Watford didn't right. know he was a couple of years ago um, right I don't know that Logan Woodside he was like a one two star guy you, right I don't he, know I, the I can't think of yeah. the other quarterbacks off my head right now that were drafted Etling got drafted whether we upset Etling was a three star quarterback so okay. he was um, the only possible quarterback in this class, I think, was Kyle Allen. And, you know, obviously he didn't get drafted. He just got signed. Uh, but, you know, um, Amazing. And I was close with him. He actually, I just talked to him, like, actually. So, um, he, you know, was disappointed, but, I mean, <laughs> he came out early, kind of his fault. Yeah, um, yeah, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, he was the number one quarterback in the country. Him and Deshaun Watson, ah! so they split, <laughs> they split uh, you know, hairs, I guess you could say. But, um, oh, well, Max Brown was a five-star quarterback, too. So, yeah, that's um, right. Of course he was. Right yeah. Yeah, oh he was a five-star quarterback. He's actually Man, getting he is, his uh, master's degree. Yeah, he's getting his, getting his master's degree. He's back at SC. He knows that football might not be. I think he'll get signed. Uh, I'm still looking up and see if he he's gotten picked. Yeah, I, I don't think so. But he know he's he's really good at finances, so he will probably be a very good accountant or something. <laughs> but working Wall Street. But um, yeah, he was a five star. I don't. Uh, I'm trying to think. All I can think of right now. But yeah, I know what you're saying though. Basically, it's just <laughs> that it doesn't always. No, no, it's not that it doesn't always. It's that it virtually never works out for five-star quarterbacks. I mean, when I think about Ryan Perlou and Mark Sanchez and uh, Jevin Speed and Colt McCoy and, oh, God, who are all these? I mean, just all these five-star quarterbacks that end up like, yeah, like Max Brown. They end up like like Kyle Allen. Yeah. 
I'll um, say Josh Rosen was a five-star quarterback, so that's yeah, uh, of one but we'll guy. That, but okay, Rosen was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Rosen was the number. One. He was. Uh, ESPN was a four, which is ridiculous. I'll never get over that. But um, <laughs> yeah, like that's just stupid off the field. They've all ESPN's had a beef with him since he was seventeen. Like that's why I wasn't surprised. Like I wasn't surprised when all this stuff came out. I told you that like years ago. So, like and Jim, oh, I think Jim on the show too. But like. ESPN dropped him from a number three overall to 40, like, because he didn't like Trent Dilfer. Like, I don't know. That's not legit to me. They didn't didn't get along. And Dilfer's talked about it. They're cool now, though. Yeah, they're cool now. And Dilfer's talked about it. Rosen kind of, sort of, has – he hasn't addressed it directly, but he's, you know, he said – Things that you could tell were supposed to address it, though he didn't. I've never heard him. I'll put it that way. Maybe he has addressed it directly, but I've never heard it. But he certainly talked about situations in his career, including the high school, you know, Elite 11 stuff. And like I said, he didn't, he didn't mention any names, but you could tell he was talking about things he learned from the experience about how certain people's personalities may not, you know, may not align with yours. And, you know, you may just yeah. end up. But it has, yeah. I love the little thing that NFL Network had this year. Uh, I guess they know the sports science from ESPN NFL Network, but they had them together, and, you know, they kind of just were talking. Them. And last year, if you guys watched Play 11, like, Trent brought Josh Rosen back um, as a quarterback coach. So that was cool. And he kind of was – Josh was like, yeah, dude, I was kind of like a – you know, no one, like <laughs> – I didn't listen to anything you said. <laughs> like, because he had his own coaches at Belfire and, like – yeah, Those guys weren't with him, and he wasn't used to, like, you remember Josh Rosen had only played football for, like, a couple of years at that point. So he hasn't really been coached. He played tennis his whole life. Everybody knows that. But, like, you, you have a private tennis coach, that's it. Like, you don't work out with anybody else, really, in tennis. So um, <laughs> he was still getting used to coaching. Um, he still is, kind of, and he's still kind of new to be that high of a recruit. Um, he made it though. He's one of the few, I guess, Bill Star guys that uh, Mike White got drafted. Uh, Luke Falk, none of the Luke Falk was an interesting story I've talked about before because he was supposed to be a four. Had some interesting stuff happen at Wesley Village, and didn't play there ever. Actually, he, you know, transferred back to, I believe he's from Washington, right, or Idaho, one of those two states. Yes. I can't think right yeah. now. Um, Obviously didn't like Wesley Village, a, a very, you know, high-end place in California and, you know, it, it, just didn't fit from, in. like, the same town as Jake, the Snake Plumber? Is it American? Right, yeah. Sport, yeah. Something like that? I don't know. Something right. like that. He's from, yeah, he's, he's from, oh, no, heeah, he's from Utah. Sorry. Utah. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, Spanish Fort. Yeah, he's he's from Utah. So, or not Spanish Fort, that's Alabama, but. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> he's, from, he's from Utah. Logan. Logan, Utah. That's where he's from. Um, Logan, yes. So, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He's from Logan. Moving from Logan, Utah to Wesley Village is pretty tough. Like, I've never lived in either, but I know about Wesley Village and I know about Logan, Utah. <laughs> so, you know, he had offers from, like, LSU and Arkansas and stuff, and he just – they pulled him because he didn't play. He got hurt. Um his senior year, and he didn't play his junior year with the Village, so he don't play for two years, I mean. But he was always a good quarterback. Mike White obviously wasn't, you know, he was a, he was like a one- or two-star guy, and 
Tanner Lee was the two, I think, and that's all. Alex McGall wasn't uh, really on anyone's radar, kind of a one-star guy. So, I mean, yeah, all these guys, <clears throat> excuse me, like, that did, got drafted or, you know, <laughs> kind of low. I mean, Richard Legal, Cooper Bateman, and New Solomon, all those guys are, like, high recruits. And New Solomon was four-star at Bishop Gorman before Martell, and Cooper Bateman was a five-star from Utah as well, actually. Um, Richard Lagow was a four-star, and everyone in Indiana was like, oh, my God, we got like, a four-star quarterback for once. And he didn't pan out. I mean, so it doesn't really matter, I guess, what school um, you go to or <laughs> what state you're from or wherever. they find you. And, you know, quarterbacks have it tough because you can only play one of them at a time. Um, so it's a little different. But, yeah, some of these guys don't work out. Bill, like you said, and, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens with them in the NFL. But, yeah, I was impressed by uh, the quarterback's pay from the top, just their stories. And then, like, those teams I mentioned were kind of fun. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm going to remember. And then just <laughs> David Akers, probably the most memorable thing that happened yeah. in the afternoon yeah. that was, like, not football-related. Or, I mean, it was football-related, but just trolling. My my mom's Cowboys. She's like, why is this guy like talking so much, John? Who is this guy? Like, why does he sound like the guy from uh from uh? He sounds like Charlie Day. Like, <laughs> huh. so did you did your mother completely forget about what happened last year in Philadelphia? She didn't. Well, I don't think she watched the draft last year. So, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think she watched the draft last year. I don't think you know. She she's a huge Lamar Jackson fan, so she watched it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but no, yeah, she, it was uh pretty funny. That was cool, but yeah, I, I, all the trolling was cool, kind of. I mean, I'm not a cowboy hater, but the trolling was fun, you know. I like some troll stuff, Bill. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I got to see a living legend, Jerry Kramer, who finally is going to make the Hall of Fame, you know, and his trolling was subtle, right? <laughs> you know, that was cool what he did with the whole ice bowl thing, but. Right. Obviously, I like Nate Burleson. He was, I mean, he didn't troll. He kind of just like gave yeah. a lot of love to the to the D man. That was cool. Yes, he did. That's a you know, a tough place. He's got a lot of stuff going on right now in the D. Yeah. So yes. I was. Though it, I don't know if you're a real estate investment guy, but property values are skyrocketing in downtown Detroit. So those people yeah. who bought up. Um, you know, empty buildings in downtown Detroit 12 years ago are going to make up like bandits in the next couple of years. They are. No, my, my stepmom's from Detroit, so I'm not a real estate guy, but I mean, I can imagine. <laughs> she told me a lot about that, that place. And there's a reason why all that side of the, I guess the family moved to uh, East Lansing instead of Detroit. <laughs> but, a little bit nicer. But um, yeah, I mean, hey, neighbor, listen, by the way, man. Super fresh. Like, I know this is all yeah. the bill, but, like, I, he looked like Axel Foley out there with a the jacket. Like, that was cool. Like, everybody was just well, that, that, was, that was obviously intentional. <laughs> the bill opening and the tailpipe. I mean, he clearly was going for a thing. I didn't know that that character was from Detroit, so. How, how could you not know that? I just, never seen I, I, I've seen one. I've only seen one of them. So did you not see the original? Because the original starts in Detroit. 
<laughs> yeah, I did. You know, no, I just haven't seen it in a while, Bill. It, it, I kind of that was a movie I saw like with my parents when I was younger, and I haven't seen it since. I need to rewatch it probably. <laughs> I was like fifteen okay. when I watched it. So, right. <laughs> I got you. I mean, I, I, I'll let you kind of slide. I haven't seen the movie in damn near thirty years, but I remember that. But I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you slide because uh, I've seen Avengers: Infinity War, though. So, man. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, good. And Jim did a nice little mock draft with the uh, characters from that as well. So, oh, really? I got to check that out, Jim. I've not seen that. <laughs> well, it's, it was one of Jim's most popular posts, actually. And I got into a, a debate with somebody about where you play Wolverine. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, wait, who plays Wolverine? Is that what you said? Who, where, where you would play Wolverine, right? If you drafted him, where you'd play him, right? Oh, uh, um, like, I don't know, defense. Well, obviously, and I mean, he's, I guess maybe yeah. like a nickel slot defender kind of thing. I guess I mean he's he's not very he's not a lot of length, obviously, but he's honestly, very honestly, you, play, you play you play Wolverine at edge safety. I think that's what you do. You have him rush the passer, drop into coverage. Wolverine's only Wolverine's only like five ten, right? Like he's no, short. Five, so foot, yeah, like, five foot five foot three and one hundred ninety five pounds, actually. Five three. Five foot three and 195 pounds. Yes. That is now, oh my I know, God. I know it's a fitness, but I have to know the heights and the weights of all of the super heroes in Villa. He's five foot three. Yes. He's five foot 195. Oh, he's weird, man. That's a weird body type. <laughs> yes. But Adnantium is kind of heavy, in case you're wondering. Yeah, I, I, I guess you do play him at uh, Ed Safety, like Jim said. I didn't know he thought he was a little bit taller than that. But, oh, okay. No, I agree. He is. He is. Very short, but very strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, maybe you can just, like, kick instead. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like David Bueller, like, from the CAU, strong, and the kicker. <laughs> but that would be kind of a waste. I mean... Berserker rage is not something that helps you at kicker. That's very wasteful. Special teams? <laughs> Just watch the tape Wolverine and get back to me and tell me you can't play safety because All right. I'm telling you. Just watch the tape. I'm being that guy right don't, now. I'm don't don't look guy. at the five three, five three don't scared the hell out of me. Just watch the tape, Donovan. Just watch the tape. <laughs> he better have some uh, good numbers at the uh, combine, Jim. Like, he better be running. What does he run? What's his 40? Looking like very pretty fast because <laughs> yeah, that's shorter than, that's shorter than my ass. <laughs> it's just really short. <laughs> he's very very really short, but he he's <laughs> explosive and extremely yeah. strong. Thanks for dropping that knowledge. That's like the best thing I've learned all day, Bill. Probably <laughs> like. If you have any other superhero questions about heights and weights, I can give them to you. <laughs> I don't know why I might these things, but I do. No, that's great. I like it. I might ask more. I will let you do your show and not talk about superheroes. <laughs> I might have more. Yeah. I might have more later. <laughs> so at some point, Jim and I will sit down and we'll do a more thorough exegesis of, I guess, the Marvel universe and how you might, how and where you might play certain people. I think they would make an excellent H back, but we'll move on. Um, and yeah, well, before. before, before Let's say right before you move on, Bill, I think Max Brown might be going to the Steelers, so 
Uh, he will stay in oh. Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Possibly. Um, so that's, I don't know if you care, but. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's interesting, as you said, you to see the fates of five-star quarterbacks because I almost not want to be a five-star. I mean, we'll, we'll see like, what happens with, uh, with Rosen. Maybe he'll help to be the first successful five-star since, what, Matt Rosen? Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was a five-star. Oh, I forgot about Deshaun Watson. Yes, of course. Yeah, of course. Deshaun. Yeah, Deshaun right. Watson was a five-star. So. He's, him yeah, and Kyle, Allen was ahead of, Kyle Allen was ahead of him, though. See, that's what makes Kyle it bad. It's like, it's like, I wish he was the one that was ahead of him. They make it a little bit better for recruiting guys. But he's a five-star, though. Okay, well, that's, that helps because the record had been kind of putrid for five stars. So, yeah, so so Stafford and Deshaun are are the current standard bearers, and now we have Rosen. So if all three of them make it, probably the, for the first time in NFL history, you have three successful five-star quarterbacks in the league at the same time. I don't think that's ever happened before. Um, I don't know about that. Yeah, I can't think uh I'm trying to think if there's any five star other five star quarterbacks, man. I don't think so. So, so. No, no, they don't tend to make it. That was my point. <laughs> there's some four. There's some four. <laughs> oh, well, Cam was a Cam was a five star. I mean, <laughs> oh, kind see, of. I, I, thought, I always thought him as a four when I was looking him up coming out. Now, what rivals had him as a five. They talk about it a lot because they're the only people that have. Him. But yeah, he was a four for most websites. He was a four, but that's because of character stuff. He would have easily been. Uh, a five, but they didn't really like him too much. Um, no, the no, people they did not. In high school, there was a lot of hate. Um, actually, because I've talked to coaches, and he probably rubbed some of them the wrong way. He had unkind things were said about him from the eight, from his teens onward. You know, so I thought that was interesting that yeah. you know coaches right. with, and obviously the whole Nolan Milwaukee thing, which. It wasn't out of thin air. I mean, there were people who felt some of the things that he said. He was just courageous enough to put his name to it and release it to the public. But getting back to this draft, uh, okay, so, Jim, you've talked about some of the draft classes that looked good to you based on production metrics and testing and, you know, people having hit certain physical thresholds. Were there any draft classes that stood out because they didn't seem to have a lot of those kinds of players in their draft. That you know, that's honestly a very good uh, question. I would probably say the best example probably the Forty Niners um, draft class. Um, okay. Because, you, because the reason why is because you definitely get. I, I mean, honestly, guys. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Mike. Uh, is it? I, I really need to know how to pronounce his last name, by the way. Donovan, can you help me out? How do you, how do you say? Who, who are we talking about? Uh, the offensive tackle, Notre Dame, his last name. Um, um, McGlinch, Michael McGlinchey. McGlinchey, okay. Yeah. All right, there we go. Um, oh, you're I not a fan of Mike McGlinchey. That's no, no, no. no. <laughs> I thought you were about to say something good about him. I was like, yeah, I like my <laughs> Um Whatever, it's fine. At, you know, late first, late first, I like him. Top 10, top 10 overall pick, um, not so much. 
So, you know, when it right. comes to him in particular, I just don't see the value there at that high. Of course, you get Dante Pettis, who is not super productive. And, again, it's more so market share production because he definitely has a lot of yards, but he's in an offense that has a ton of yards as well. Um, didn't really do any athletic testing. Fred Warner is not the most productive guy ever. Marty Spore is decent. Contavious Street is athletic but not productive. C.J. Reed is a pretty decent cornerback, but then the rest of the class, Marcel Harris is kind of all over the place. Julian Taylor is kind of all over the place as well. And then you end with Richie James, who I do like, but I just felt like the, the 49ers class in general, when you just look at it collectively, I just think it was not a very good use of assets. Uh, when you when you go to each individual pick, I just felt like each pick they took should have been taken like a round later. Um, right. To a certain... With the exception, I would assume of Ricky Jenkins, who you could not have gotten around later. Exactly. Uh, well, Richie James, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, obviously Richie James is a pick that I like, and Tavares Moore is definitely a pick that I like, but I just didn't like the the overall strategy, I guess, of the of particular uh, draft class. Um, another class that's kind of like that, too, is the Kansas City draft, um, because, you, you know, Breland Speaks is uh, decent, but a little high there. Dorian O'Daniel is not the most productive linebacker, uh, you know, for the most part. Armani Watts is actually my favorite pick of theirs to a certain extent. Of course, you get Reggie McKenzie as a guard, which I don't want to get into the converting a nose tackle into a guard type data work, but that just seems a little odd um, as well. And it honestly seems like sort of a pick where, you know, Reggie McKenzie – you're going to have to root against your son in a way, kind of, you know, like we're taking your son away from you, you know, to play for the Chiefs. So it's kind of a weird kind of thing to do. But, uh, you know, I, j- I just didn't like most of the picks Kansas City had, and it just really sticks out to me that there's, there's not a lot of high-impact players in terms of their draft. Okay. Were there any other <coughs> were there any other draft classes you found to be concerning or confusing or not well done? Well you know, honest honestly, and this is this is all due respect. I I I don't want to mention the Oakland Raiders draft yet, or I I mean I guess I might have to get to it eventually, but um I don't hate the class as much as some people do. So I know this is a little segue, but I felt like Colton Miller definitely, uh, you know, p- taking an offensive tackle, top 15, who has a couple question marks on film, is definitely a big uh, issue. But I do kind of like him just athletically speaking. P.J. Hall is very productive, very athletic. Brandon Parker is obviously the best athletic in the middle of Washington. So that just seems like – that just seems like a dud from, from you know, from the very beginning. Uh, Arden Key, of course, not athletic at all. Um, Production-wise, it's kind of iffy, and he has the off-the-field. I mean, Arden Key honestly just sounds like Mario Edwards Jr. all over again, and I do understand Mario Edwards Jr. had some production his first year, but he's been silent ever since. So 
this whole like, oh, we hit on Mario Edwards Jr. And I told everybody, all right, just wait, because that's just not going to happen. Long-term wise, it just hasn't really paid off. Um, but Nick Nelson, I mean, I like he's, – he's injured, of course, but I do like Nick Nelson. We get Maurice Hurst, who does have the heart condition, but maybe he comes and – you know, maybe that's a first-round pick, like a Jay Ajayi-type situation where he ends up being kind of like a Jay Ajayi player, you know, for us at the, until he can't play anymore due to the heart condition. Johnny Townsend's not too bad as a punter. And then the last two picks I, I didn't really like, but that's just Reggie McKenzie. So. But – um. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Raiders, there's a lot of stuff to not like and a lot of stuff to like. So um, I just wanted to throw them out there because um, I'm obviously a Raider fan. So I have to get my two cents. But I don't think the draft was that bad as everybody kind of makes it out to be, even though nice. I have been hard on Reggie in the past. Even did though you he see did the uh... typical Reggie pick, though. So. So go ahead, Donovan. No, I was going to ask you if you saw the uh... – List of uh, UDFAs they've had so far, because um, it hasn't been that great either. To me. I like Mark Marcus Ball could be something possibly um, from Ohio State. I think and Eddie, I like Eddie Panero. I like Eddie Panero from Florida kicker. He yeah. should. I thought he was gonna get no, Marcus no, Ball is just Ball. God. What a what a what a underproductive, talented kid at Ohio. Like he had every opportunity to be good. He just wasn't. Like, there's not even an excuse I can make for him. He just wasn't good. <laughs> I would say, like, oh, well, I mean? he wasn't very athletic, Donovan. So it, it was unproductive yeah. and unathletic at the same yeah. time, I mean, which is yeah. not the best situation. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen all the UDFA. I, I mean, I do like the kicker for, you know, I do like the kicker situation because right. I have done kicker and punter metrics. I'm getting into that now, which people are going to hate me even more because of that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I do like them, and you know, I do like the sort of punter combination. But um, yeah, Marcus Baugh. I mean, Marcus Baugh is Marcus Baugh. I mean, you're basically looking at a guy that maybe ends up being a starter if he learns how to block, but he's not a very good blocker, so it's kind of iffy with him. It's fair, yeah. Um, yeah, you guys got uh, Black and Wolf from Penn State, but not a huge fan of him either, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah. Is um is Bill still there? Yes, I most certainly am. So, thinking about individual picks, I'll start with you, Donovan. Did you have any favorite individual picks? You know, maybe a, a particular player in terms of maybe fit or for some reason uh, this particular pick selection stood out to you. And we'll start with the positives, you know, ones you thought were particularly good. Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned uh, when I started, I mean, for one, Quentin Nelson going to the Colts, I can't, I was going to, Get that because it's boring. But honestly, I mean, like that really was a good pick. I I still like twelve at quarterback. He just got to be healthy. What better way to keep him healthy than get the best um, offensive lineman in the draft? So I like that one there. And he's just that's the perfect place for him to go, man. He's like you know Midwest stays there and goes to the Colts is perfect. I feel like um, Santa Indiana, honestly. And um, God, the Bears, I'm scared of man. They did a hell of a job. Um, I mean, individually, just talking about Roquan Smith going to the Bears. 
right now, um, Bradley Chubb and Roquan Smith are my defensive player of the year candidates. I don't, I mean, <laughs> it's too soon, I know, but I like the fit that Roquan Smith is on your season. So uh, it's going to be pretty scary for the Packers there. <laughs> and the Lions and the, you know, like too. But um, I, like I said before, Josh Rosen and Christian Kirk for Arizona, I thought both of those guys were, Rosen was number one overall on my board, Christian Kirk was 10. So I think they got two top ten picks in my eyes. Um, and I think that Christian Kirk, I really wanted him to go there. because Obviously, you know, he grew up a Cardinals fan. He's from Arizona. Um, he played with Cade, actually, um, Kurt's son in high school. And they played receiver together. And, like, you know, it's just a kind of fun story for him. He grew up watching Larry Fitzgerald, his favorite player. So, and then Josh, you know, um, not moving too far from home either, staying there and just fit. Uh, he can learn a lot from Sam Bradford. Um, I think he'll start over him. Regardless, I mean, maybe injury or just outplays him in camp, but um, he can learn a lot. They both were, you know, pretty big-time guys in, in college, and I think their personalities doesn't seem like they match well, but I think it'll help out um, Josh a lot having a guy like that um, in the locker room and, and the quarterback room with him. So, and then Minka Fitzpatrick to the Dolphins. Uh, even the suit fit that night, you know, the all white <laughs> just fit in with Miami. Had the kind of short um, pants on, but yeah, I, I like that pick for Miami. And then, you know, I was kind of iffy on the Vita Vea thing at first, but then like thinking about him playing next to Gerald McCoy and like what they already have, I just don't really see how this pick goes wrong. He might not be as good as people think he's going to be, but I don't think he's going to be like a bust. I think he's going to be a, a pretty damn good player, honestly. There and then. I've been mocking Deron Payne for to Washington for a minute, so I did like yeah. that pick. Yeah, <laughs> Derwin, <laughs> Derwin, man, the, the Chargers. Like, I saw Ben Albright tweet out something about put your money on them for Vegas. Like, uh, one thing I do like is this is uh, a little bit of gambling, Bill. You probably know that, but um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Chargers are serious. Like, maybe not. I I know they're still a little young, but they have veteran pieces and. and God, their defense is going to be insane. But they're already so good, um, and they did such a good job. So Derwin James, I think, fits in, in L.A. Um, really well for them. Um, trying to think of the other ones at the top. I mean, there's a bunch, too. Um, I think Taven will play a good role in the Jags defense. They don't really need him necessarily, but definitely play a role. Uh, Sony Michelle for Georgia. I mean, if he stays healthy and should run the ball really well. I really wanted them to take a, a one of these top tier running, running backs, and they did. I was super happy about that. Uh, Will Hernandez, I think you know when I came in, I'm sure you guys are talking a little bit about him. Um, for one, I want to sign his dad to a deal. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that dude was that jack <laughs> until I watched the, the draft cover. <laughs> Good lord, man! <laughs> the biggest dad I've seen that didn't play in the NFL. He played soccer for Mexico. Yeah, like, he did. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Will Hernandez, I think, you know, fits well. And they, you know, they're, oh, they're trying to run the ball and be physical. And what better guy to have up front, you know, to help you out of there. So uh, I'm trying to think of Harold Landry, I think, fell to a good spot. Um, I know he fell, but I still think it's a good spot. And I'm just going to say it, man. I mean, I really sent – or not saying, excuse me, L.A. again. Nuwasu uh, getting him, too. I just, the Chargers, man, they, they killed it. Um, especially at the top. I don't remember the draft so hard in the, in the late day three, but in the beginning, uh, I mean, I loved every pick they made. And the lawsuit fits well there. I mean, he, 
you know, some most of the guys say they don't care about where they go. I think he mentioned that he would like to stay in California, and it worked out well for him to do that out there. So, yeah, those are some of the ones I like. But like I said, the two main ones for me are the, the Chargers and then the uh, Arizona with, with Christian Kirk and uh, Josh Rosen. Okay. Sort of the same question for you, Jim. In terms of guys who you think went to a, a great situation or a great fit, or maybe it's a favorite pick of yours for some other reason, what which which pick stood out to you? We'll start in in a good way. Um, in terms of good situation, I think Michael Gallup to the Cowboys is the perfect place for him to go to. Um, because he's a guy that has he's super productive, very athletic, and 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 great film all around. And he's going to a situation where honestly he's going to be the guy. Um, you know, Des Bryant ain't there no more. Um, I mean, what is Cole Beasley? Is he going to be the guy? You know, that's going to. I guess he's going to be the number one there. So um, I do like Cole Beasley. I mean, you know, no, yeah, I don't want to upset Cole Beasley, but. You know, Terrence Williams is not exactly going to be the guy either. Um, he's going to be good, but he's not going to be amazing. So, ultimately, I think Michael Gallup just fell into a perfect situation because I think he's he's going to be a guy that could end up becoming the number one wide receiver there and I think will perform well in that role, um, you know, considering what he, what he can do as a route runner and just his overall ability. So, I think he's a good situation with them. Um, I really like the the Mason Rudolph, James Washington uh, situation. I know I know what you I know what you said, uh, uh, Bill, about you know how the Steelers draft was like in the ditch and got out of the ditch and got in the ditch again. But um, yeah, I really like that situation just because one you you have Antonio Brown, obviously he yeah. doesn't have to mentor he doesn't have to mentor James Washington to, to not smoke the weed. He doesn't have to, you know, do any of that stuff. He just has to rub a little bit on him, you know, like, hey, hey, you know, here, learn this, learn this, learn that. And um, that's a that's an incredible one-two punch. And then, you know, when Big Ben eventually retires, which, I mean, who knows if he, when he retires. I know there's the whole drama thing with him. But, like, I just feel like that's a good situation because Rudolph is a guy that, based on my numbers, tested almost identical to Josh Rosen from a just on paper and he went to a situation where you're one hit away from you know being a starter there and with all those wide receiver courts so in many ways like the Steelers might I mean I'm not saying Mason Rudolph is going to be the future he could just end up being a stopgap guy you know but he could end up becoming you know the, the long-term starter there in Pittsburgh you know it's very po- it's very possible if he develops um, or maybe not develops, but just, you know, does what he needs to do, sticks around, competes. I think there's a good shot he could, you know, become something interesting there. Okay. Okay. And I guess, you know, we have to address the negative. Well, I'll start with you, Jim, then I'll come back to you, Donovan. Were there any individual picks that stood out Either because it seemed like the player was going to a situation where they were maybe redundant or unnecessary or, or just wouldn't work well because of something about 
scheme or situation, and you know, I'll then go to you, Dobbin, after after Cam Wade's in. What do you any individual picks that stood out as being odd or like I said, just not didn't seem to make much sense? Well, I do understand that that people are not going to uh agree hundred percent, but Josh Allen, man. I mean like he's based on every possible and again, I understand people don't like analytics and this and that. I just look at the fact that I'm basing my opinion on decades worth of information. And all that information says that Josh Allen is a project quarterback. He's not I'm not yep. saying he's not talented. I'm not saying he doesn't have a rocket for an arm. I'm not saying that he doesn't have potential to be a starter. What I'm saying is he's a project quarterback. And he's going to a situation where he's going to have to be the guy. You know, there are no other guys, like, other than A.J. McCarron, you know. Yeah. And that's not, a, that's not a great situation either. But, like, you know, he's going to a situation where he, he's being asked to be the guy and he does not have the goods to be the guy. And then it's the first year is going to be, well, you know, it's his teammates. You know, the wide receivers at Buffalo, they're just not any good. And then you get them wide receivers, and then nothing happens. Like, so I just look at it as, like, a, a really bad situation um, where, like, he's a top ten for Josh Allen. Um, and, yeah, he wasn't a highly touted high school recruit for, for obvious reasons. And it's not Carson Wentz situation here because Carson Wentz was actually good in high school. You know, and I, I have data to prove it. Carson Wentz was an 83 high school production guy uh, when he was in high school. Um, there definitely were question marks of him because he went to North Dakota State and he was, you know, had to sit behind, uh, you know, a guy for a couple of years who was not really Rock. NFL talent. And, yeah, yeah. red then, then fat. Which is definitely concerning. But, and I also might add that it's a little early to, to crown Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz has only played one good season – and like, I think it's a little early to crown it, but either way, like, I just, this whole thing is just hype. It's, it's like, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a boxer who gets compared to Muhammad, like to Muhammad Ali. And then another guy comes around. He's like, well, he had the same coach as that guy, but that guy hasn't even proven to be Muhammad Ali yet. Like it's like, he hasn't, he hasn't won a big boxing match yet at all. Like he just played kind of good one season and the Eagles went to the Super Bowl and won it because of Nick Foles. So which takes into question, is it the scheme or is it Carson Wentz? So like, there's just so many, there's so many layers of just, I don't want to say BS, but so many layers of just ugh, with, with Josh Allen that it just, it just really gets me, man. Like, and, and it's not against him. I mean, sure. You, you know, and I'm not basing saying he's a terrible guy based on what he tweeted out when he was a 13 year old. You know, I mean, come on. But <laughs> like, he obviously tweeted out some dumb things, which I tweeted out dumb things as well, um, which will probably come back to haunt me at some point. Um, probably because I like boy bands or something, maybe. But you know, something like that. But you know, <laughs> the bottom line is like Josh Allen in the top ten is just. Like Josh Allen in day two, okay, I'm a little, I'm a little feel, I'll feel a little bit better about that. But, but top ten overall pick, going to the situation he's going to, it just, it just doesn't add up. Like he's just got one pick in the first round, 
where I was just like, there's like, there's no, like, this just seems, I mean, even Rashawn Evans, you know, who I'm not the biggest fan of, fan of Lieber, you know, at linebacker yeah. for Tennessee, he could at least become a long-term starter for them. I mean, that's like the best case scenario with a guy like him. But Josh Allen, you're talking about a quarterback here, you know, where the franchise depends on this guy. You know, like if Rashawn Evans is just kind of eh, they can still win games with an eh linebacker. You can't win games if you have a bad quarterback. I mean, there's no ways around it. It's a bad quarterback. So, um, you know, like he's worse than Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, statistically, film-wise even, like he's worse than Deshaun Kaiser. And we saw what happened with Deshaun Kaiser when he was put in a situation where you, he had to lead a team that had injuries and had all kinds of stuff. So um, it's just it's not the best situation. Okay. And the same question for you. Don, were any picks that just struck you as odd, either because of something about the team or the scheme or the player that just didn't seem to make sense to you or didn't seem to fit? I mean, you know, New Orleans moving up for Marcus Davenport. <laughs> I mean, unless he turns out to be Ziggy Onsa, which everybody compares him to, I don't see why. Like, they gave him so much. And I know that's a team that's so close. Like, literally, like, outplayed, like, the Vikings. And we know what happened with the end of the play. But, I mean, that's a, that's a Super Bowl team um, with a quarterback that is late 30s. They got to win right now. Um they're not building for the future. I mean, they got some young pieces. It's cool, but I mean, they got a win right now. It's, you know how this league works, guys. Like, you, you, oh, we, you know, we we can win four or five years. No, that's not how it works. It's hard. That's why we love the Patriots so much, right? Or hate the Patriots, I guess. Some people, I love it because the consistency to do that year after year is insane. So, I think them getting Marcus Davenport, who I don't dislike, just think they gave up too much for him. Um, Obviously, Jim was talking about Joshua Allen. Joshua Allen, he, uh, you know, I mean, I liked it. Like I said, I met him this year a few months ago, and I love him so much. I, honestly, more than anybody else I've met probably this year for the first time. But he's into a, a situation he wanted. He, he wanted to start right away. I don't think it's ideal for him because of the, uh, the things that Jim mentioned, of course, with, the uh, data that he's collected and just the film. Um, the last time that I saw Josh Allen, the last two times, which was, well, I guess the last, I mean, the, the, the bowl game, the pro day, the combine, and the workouts with Palmer um, out in L.A., it's all been good. I will say that. So it's pointing up, but the tape before that, everything leading before that is not good. All bad, very bad. Not just bad, very bad. So it's going to be tough for him to come in. Um, he's going to start. Honestly, I think unless he just bombs it so bad, I, I mean, they want him to play. He's the face of the franchise now, and you know, it, it's kind of like a perfect fit in a sense because he's a blue collar kid. You know, everybody knows he grew up on a farm. He's going to Buffalo. It's like this place up in New York, but it's not you know bright lights in New York. It's like Niagara Falls, like over, you know. What I mean? So it's like I, it fits well on paper, but <laughs> I just think he'll struggle. I think he'll have. Some of the Kaiser is a good comparison. Um, Jim, I think that he'll play similar. Um, Kaiser showed some flashes, but when it came down to and they had to trust him in the fourth, he fumbled. There was always a turnover or something like that. Um, but, I mean, I'm definitely rooting for him. I hope he does well, but I just don't think he will, um, especially at first. So, um,
Oh, did we lose Donovan? Sounded like we lost Donovan. Can, can, you, can you hear me? Sorry. Oh, he's back. Sorry, sorry. I've got, like, headphones on. But, um, yeah, I just – I like Cole Miller a lot. I just think right away he might not start or he might struggle a little bit. He's a project pick, but he's one of the products that I'm worth, uh, worth waiting on, I feel like. Um, John Green has a very, very long contract. Um, he's not going to get fired anytime soon. So I think Cole Miller is kind of a draft and stash guy, if you want to compare it to the NBA. Um, I thought that he had, I thought he was a first-round pick late, first round. Um, I had him as, I think, 24 overall. But um, So he didn't go too bad. I mean, he's just he's not going to be able to play and start a left tackle right now. Like, and I'm obviously I think under you know most Raiders fans understand that, um, so that's going to be one for right now. But um, the other ones that just in the first round, I mean, none of them were like Austin Cobert at 33 was too high, um, honestly. And I like what Cleveland did for the most part, but no, um, <laughs> the you know Callaway scares me obviously, and I like Callaway a lot. I, I've they picked him higher than I thought they would, which is still not that high. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> that one's going to be a, a pick that is interesting, is all I can say, just because, like, they don't really need him to play well. Like, it's, 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 But they can't afford to be wasted picks, like, you know what I mean? But that was a luxury pick I thought a, a Chiefs or a Patriots or something like that would use, not Brent. Um, But I'm not going to harp on it too much just because it wasn't a like even a top 100 pick, but um, Dante Pettis at 44 wasn't a good pick to me. And I think someone was talking about that earlier, but, I mean, you're getting one of the top five kick returners probably in the, for the next seven to eight years, but, I mean, a slot receiver at best, that's fine. Jimmy Garoppolo can probably make him pretty good, uh, hopefully. I guess that's the point. We have a really, really good quarterback. Maybe he might be the best quarterback in the years. Who knows? But um, so he's got sky's the limit with him. Um, But, I don't love that pick there. There's other receivers. <clears throat> you missed, like, Anthony Miller that they could have got or uh, a couple other ones right after that. Christian Kirk was right after him uh, as well. And I think um, James Washington. You know, I like James Washington. I don't like James Washington as much as, I guess, most people, but I still like him more than um, Donnie Pettis. So, um, yeah, I mean, those are, you know, some of I mean, DJ Shark I thought was too high. I didn't have – I had a fourth, fifth on him. I don't see – I mean, I get it, you know what I mean, but, like, I just – I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's just too high. Uh, but it's not a bad fit, though. That's the thing. That's why I like to wait, you know what I mean, because he went to a really good spot, um, in my opinion, but just don't know if that was going to work. Um, also thought, you know, I, man, I'm super happy for Ty, man, Ty Lewis from Ohio State, but I didn't think he would get picked that high. I really didn't. I remember Bill, I was telling you, I was like, Tyquan Lewis, people love him a lot. Like, he's a love-hate guy. He's either going to go in, like, the second or fifth. I don't know. And I guess he went the last pick in the second, so 64. Um, I just thought it was a little too high. But, I mean, he might end up starting and being a good player for them. I'm not sure. It's kind of, I still feel the same. I don't know um, how I feel about that pick. It's just kind of a questionable one. Could have went different route. But, yeah, those are some of the ones that uh, I thought, you know. John Christian, too, that was another one that was kind of like – Washington was doing really well, you know. 
John Christian's had some struggles. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, half Lamar Jackson, right. I guess. Like you know, what I mean, but um, everyone likes him. I mean, he's, he's such a physical specimen, and he's, he's a great kid and everything. That's only gonna get you so far. Left tackle, right tackle, everything, but guard in the NFL. So um, he doesn't have that streak, though. Like he's almost like too chill to be an O lineman. You know, he Will Hernandez is nice, but he turns it on. Right, like <laughs> he can be nasty. Like he turns it on. He's well, no, I was just, I was looking at Will Hernandez with this, you know, the NFL draft network thing, and he seemed like such a nice, like soft-looking kid, but then he flipped it, like when he was doing the tire yeah. drills with his dad, like, or when I watch his tape at UTEP, and he's just dominating whoever. I don't care if I'm wearing a UTEP yeah. Miners jersey. Like I didn't get that with John Christian. Like I watched him, and like, and he's always been that way. He was, a, you know, top of group two in high school four-star guy and could have went to Miami and Florida State, but he went to Louisville instead, but just didn't have that mean streak, you know, that I wanted out of a big, what, 6'6", 299, 300-pound guy. He's just kind of like, he's chill. Like, he's too chill. Like, you don't mean to be an offensive lineman. He needs to be nasty, and he never was, and he might not ever be, you know what I mean? But, uh, I mean, Washington's a good team, so hopefully, you know, for his sake, that you know, we'll play. I just don't – that's the one I don't see him lasting on that team very well. Or in the NFL, honestly, that long. Well, it's sad to say it, but I just don't. Yeah, I, I have trouble with certain things. And I remember Giants fans getting excited when they got uh, – oh, God, what tackle was it? And I was like, wait. Did you not learn anything from the year? Oh, the kid there? from uh, the the kid from Flowers. Oh, I thought you were talking about Flowers. No, the one they just got, who is practically was it Jamarco Jones? Did they get Jamarco Jones? Yeah. Well, you know, I like Jamarco better than John Christian. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just not saying much. But... Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I mean, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about Demarco or Jamarco Jones the person, uh, honestly. So I know I, I usually do my homework really well on that stuff, but I don't on him. But um, as a player, no, I I think he's a good player. I, I had him in my top. Uh, I think he's like eighty for me overall, or like ninety in that range. Um, but John Christian was like like outside of the one fifty range, like one. I think it was one eighty two. Like I just. I get it with Jamarco Jones. They're kind of similar on tape. Um, I get that. I think Jamarco's a little bit more refined, in my opinion. But I mean, I mean, this is the thing though. Jerron Christian is the guy that went to the combine, put up a twenty-two speed score, and then didn't do anything else since pro day. You know, so yeah, that kind of place was perfect. It's like, yeah, I did. Like, I'm fine. Like, you know, I did well. But. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, what I'm saying is there's, there's a lot of people, as you know, Donovan, I do understand that people don't like analytics for many different reasons. But, like, my big thing is at least we can use analytics to agree whether a guy is athletic or not. Like, tangibly athletic. Does How much athleticism matters is a totally different discussion, a totally different debate. But if you're going to say that a guy is an athletic freak, or that he's super athletic and has this all uh, athletic upside, and he doesn't have that athletic upside on paper, then does he really have athletic upside? Or is there right. just something about his film that makes you think he has athletic upside when he really doesn't because either he was playing certain competition or, you know, or, you know, so on. Like, there's so many different variables to film. Like, you can watch a guy play uh, 
FCS program and dominate like Marcus Davenport did, and then you see him go against kind of better competition and kind of struggles a bit and doesn't have as much success as he did. So, um, you know. Yeah, no, so that's like a I, perfect, perfect yeah. way to say it, man. I watched the whole uh, – the first game I ever saw John Christian playing besides high school was versus Charlotte, who obviously totally outmatched. But I, mean, I was like, this kid's like – I know it's Charlotte. You know how you, you know, like, it's Louisville versus Charlotte. It's supposed to dominate. Oh, but, but good Lord, like, this looks, like, ridiculous. Like, he's really good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then you watch him versus Florida State and struggle, you know what I mean? So, or sometimes he looks good versus Florida State. It depends what play you're watching, you know what I mean? So that's why I don't like him. Because, um, you know, I was, he's, like, running with Lamar Jackson down the field on Charlotte, but then he's like, can barely hold his own and just sweat and Nani and those boys for Florida State. So it's just... I just don't think he has a streak. It's easy to bully people, right? From Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> we're playing against Clemson and Florida State, and penalties too with him, man. Like he gets a he he was the most penalized. Bill, I mean not Bill, uh, Jen. I don't know if I'm, you have this number, but I did see this where he was like top five most penalized. Um, offensive tackle in the country. I can believe it. I can believe it. I think it was. Because... I think he was one. I think he was one in Power Five. Honestly. Mm. Yeah, but it like, also might be because Lamar Jackson was his quarterback too, though. So like you're, yeah, you're constantly yeah, having uh, to kind of j- yeah. jerk people around, you know. But that's like, true. That's true. Yeah. But I mean, the whole Jaron Christian thing is just something that just doesn't make sense to me, just because he doesn't have elite height or length for the position, and he's not super athletic. So it's, I don't know, it's just weird. That's all I can say. Like, uh, either he has a really great agent or some team likes him because of his body type. Because that's the thing, because people like guys who have a certain look to them, I guess, you know, and they kind of go, hell yeah, you know, he looks the part, you know, kind of thing, and doesn't really play the part, but, you know. Right. Which I know is a common thing to say, but every year it shows up again and again and again and again. You know, where people just overlook stuff because oh, he looks he looks kind of like a, a good player. Yeah, I mean at Bessie, you know, he might start at guard. I mean, right tackle maybe. I don't. I mean, but with this pick, I thought Washington was really trying to get like a. I, mean, I know it was only seventy four, but that's you know, picking seventy four third round. There were people that had higher than this. Um, I can't think of the guy's name from Fox Sports, but. He said he got 12 texts from Jim that said he was a top 50 pick, which that would have been insane. Whoever's agent is was doing a hell of a job. Um, I thought he was going to go five, um, round five. Um, today, I thought, you know, he would be picked. Not yesterday at 74. And I, bet, I guess he was very disappointed he was drafted 74. Apparently, he thought he was going to go top 50. <laughs> I thought 74 was great if I was his agent. But, yeah, I mean, he, uh, you know, I just have trouble thinking he's going to be in the league for too long because of stuff you said, Jim. Like, he's not he's not athletic freak. He doesn't have any traits. It's just like, oh, this just stands out to me. I mean, like I said, he played well sometimes. Early in his career, he was better um, to me. But he kind of got worse as years went on. So, in terms of the ever-elusive impact rookie, an impact rookie means really people. I'll jump back to 
to you for a moment, Jim. Obviously, lots of things come into play on either side of the ball if a rookie gets a chance to play from health of the starters to who's on the roster. I get all that. But based on the work you do, and I guess you can throw some situational in as well if that helps you to get to the right answer. But if indeed, you know, you are looking at this as a uh, meal or whatever, uh, I will start with, you know, your entree. So if, uh, let's see. So thinking about the, let me see, you think, the, you know, like I said, the rookies that you think have a chance to be pretty much right out of the box productive, which ones seem to be, I mean, obviously it's Quan Barkley, I guess is a name that people tend to bring up, but okay, so let's stipulate, I guess, in this case, it's someone not named Saquon Barkley that you believe has a great chance to be immediately out of the box productive on offense or, and or defense. I'll start with you, Joe. Uh, I think all the quarterbacks, well, not all of them, but I do think Mayfield, I think from day one, um, you know, will have a good shot to to kind of get the reins there and kind of be the starter there. Even with even with Tyrod there, I still think that he he's going to see the field pretty early. Um, they're probably gonna they're probably gonna do the whole stick of well, you know, we're gonna have competition and all this, but I really don't think so. I think he's going to come in and be um, the guy. Uh, the Jet situation only because of the situation there. Like, um, you know, you have all those quarterbacks there where they've pretty much proven not to be much, hundred percent. Um, Josh McCown is still there, but like, I question that. So I think Darnold might be a guy that kind of sees the field early and Josh Rosen, I think sees the field early as well. Um, even though there is sort of a challenge there, I guess, because of, you know, Bradford and stuff like that. But, um, I think as soon as Bradford gets injured, it's the Josh Rosen show, you know, as soon as that happens, um, in terms of like other sort of impact guys, maybe like as a late. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of some of the late um, first players. I think Rashad Penny is probably going to be a, a instant impact guy. Um, I do understand a lot of people criticize that pick mainly because of the fact that they didn't watch Mount West Conference football, I guess. <laughs> uh, but I think Penny is a guy that immediately will come in and be the starter and have a pretty pretty dang good impact there. Um, I think he's going to be able to be the bell cow back there, catch the football, the backfield, kind of do whatever you want uh, a running back to do um, for them. And I think when you think of Seattle, they're very, very heavily run dependent in, in many ways. You know, they haven't really – they just haven't been able to, like, expand the offense past being so run-focused. So I think ultimately that's going to help Penny to kind of become – um, kind of an instant impact guy as well. Uh, hello? Yeah, right here. 
Same question to you. Um, Donovan, you're still with us? Yes, yeah. Same question to you. So of your early odds-on guys that you think have a legitimate chance, either on offense or defense, I guess we'll start with offense, to be, you know, if not actually the rookie of the year, but essentially, oh, I, yeah. don't, feel free to mention yeah, if you think one one one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah Mark, um, Mark is a good one, but <laughs> first and the other guys yeah. you think have a chance to contribute right away and possibly you know, even become starters. Yeah. I mean, I'll start with defense. I mean, like I said, Roquan Smith, to me, um, is a guy that for Chicago comes in right away, starts, plays, uh, doesn't really get banged up too much. I know injuries just happen, but uh, doesn't have a long list of uh, injuries. So I think he comes in healthy and plays. And he right now is one of my defensive player of the year candidates um, for rookies. Now, <laughs> in the league, that'd be a little extreme, I guess. But, um, yeah, so Roquan Smith. Uh, as one of those guys, Josh Rosen and Christian Kirk as well for Arizona. I do think, like Jim said, he's going to have some challenges uh, starting over Sam Bradford, but whether it be injury or just outplaying him in the preseason, I think he uh, comes in and does his thing and plays well. Bradley Chubb on defense as well, um, for just because, you know, he's lining up with Vaughn Miller and or opposite side of Bob Miller, and I think that'll be you know tremendous for him. Comes in and starts right away, day one. Um, kind of tough on the linemen on offense. They don't really win these awards like that, but I think have, I think with Lynch, you'll have success um, up front for San Francisco. Always and Quentin Nelson too. Just not gonna win the award, of course, but they'll have success for sure. Um, good. It's gonna, it's gonna be hard to stop uh, DJ Moore to me with Carolina if. You know, he's got a big catch radius. He plays with some, some, some crappy quarterbacks in Maryland, for sure. So I know Cam's not the most accurate dude in the world, but um, he's been productive with those bad quarterbacks, four or five of them in a season at Maryland. So I think he comes in right away and plays well. Um, Sonny Michelle, like I said, if, if he gets that shot, I think he will towards the later end of the season. Um James Daniels is going to be good. I guess he's moving to guard. Um, he's going to have to do that, but I think he comes in and plays really well. I think Jair will be good, but I think Josh Jackson is better than him, so I think that Josh Jackson will end up having a bigger impact for the Packers. Um, hmm. yeah, I've written, God, Connor Woods is in a good spot. Um, moving from tackle to guard for the Cowboys, too. I love the line class now that I know what teams are on, for sure. Um, man, Fred Warner. Like, I think – I don't know what's going on with uh, – well, Jim, linebacker from Alabama, I know he's got a lot of stuff going on. I can't think of his name right now, though. Um, Reuben Foster, right? Is it Reuben Foster? Yeah. I don't think – I don't know what's going on with him, but I think Fred Warner has an impact on that team. Uh, uh, yeah, Michael Gallup, too. He's got to be the guy, really. I mean, Terrence Williams is good, and he's probably going to be one. Uh, Gallup too, and then Beasley, since they just traded uh, another wide receiver. And I guess they have. Um, so they, they traded for uh, dude from the Rams. He went to West Virginia. I can't think of his name right now. It's in my mind. But uh, Tavon uh, Austin, I guess. Yeah. So, but Gallup's still going to be a very intricate part of the offense, and hopefully Dak is healthy enough for him to get the ball. Uh, yeah. And last one, I guess, would be. Andrews, I 
know they drafted Hayden Hurst too, but I think Mark Andrews is better, and I think he has a bigger impact right away. That's just going to be a threat easily in the red zone. For them. I mean, I, they've had some bad luck with tight ends. <laughs> Dennis Pitta, I liked him a lot coming out. He's always injured. Max Williams, I don't really know what's going on with him, but, I mean, not playing well, not producing on the field. So I think Mark Andrews comes in for a very much improved Baltimore team and has a bunch of catches and touchdowns like I thought he would. I mean, he's a really good spot for him. He's just going to have to battle with Hayden Hurst, I guess, for, for some time. But, yeah, those are the guys I think that have definitely a pretty good impact their rookie season uh, early on. Hello? You guys there? Jim, Bill? Yes. Okay, I was making sure you're there. <laughs> yes. So, okay, I yeah. guess I'll stick with you in a moment, Diamond. Running backs are always sort of a popular pick. Give me somebody that maybe some people aren't, or most people, most people aren't seeing as someone who might make an immediate impact that you believe might pleasantly surprise. Yeah, uh, I think Christian Kirk and Josh Rosen will. I think that a lot of the O-linemen, like Connor Williams playing at guard, James Daniels, and uh, Will Hernandez, like I mentioned before, will have pretty big impact. Obviously, Quentin Nelson and uh, excuse me, uh, Michael Lynch as well. Um, Roquan Smith, I think, is my defensive player of the year pick right now. Chubb's going to be great too, but I think Roquan Smith, is my defensive player of the year pick right now. Offense, uh, obviously Saquon Barkley, but outside of him, uh, God, like I said, a lot of the linemen, but really DJ Moore, right? I mean, DJ Moore, like I said, played with some really crappy quarterbacks in Maryland, to say the least, and four or five of them in this year alone. So I think him and Cam definitely hook up and be good. Calvin really is in a good spot as well. You always look at receivers as guys that can come in and make an impact. But Sonny Michelle is another running back that can as well. And, um, who did I mention earlier too? Oh, um, I mentioned uh, and Mark Andrews. Uh, I think he is better than Hayden Hurst. I know Hayden got drafted higher, but I think – I don't know about Hayden Hurst working out too well, but I do know about <laughs> Mark Andrews, and I think he comes in for that team, makes an impact for them, um, especially in the red zone. I mean, you want a guy to be efficient in the red zone. I mean, he did it at Oklahoma. He did it high school. So I think he'll do it in the NFL. 
and there is definitely issues blocking, but they still have a bunch of tight ends on that roster. They don't ask them to do too much right away. And I also like that they got, <laughs> I do like that they got the, all the Oklahoma guys on that team. All Oklahoma, Alabama players, that's why they drafted them. But I think Mark Andrews will be the one that comes in and plays really well uh, tight end right away. Okay, got it. Now, for certain positions, offensive line obviously being the the primary one. There really is no particular size or sins or what have you to figure out who's going to be fine, who isn't. So thinking back over that, say maybe the last ten years, you might be a little sooner. Who are some players that you wish uh, had been selected by your team or teams? And I'll stick with you, Donovan. Man, um, Packers had a lot of picks, man. And we we got a long snapper, Hunter Bradley. <laughs> I mean, he's one of the ones I've heard of, but still, I just... Like, I mean, you know, we got all these big wide receivers, which is cool. Like, we could have got Trey Quinn. Or the pick after was Richie James. I would have been fine with that instead of Hunter Bradley. Um there's a lot of guys I wanted. I mean, we did get James Looney, who I wanted a lot. So that was good. Um, other packets. We got the kid from USF. Like, I get it with him. Like, he could be really good. And St. Brown. I like the St. Brown pick. I'm fine with that at 207. But the kid from USF, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, he's huge, though. Like, 6'5", 235, 230. Oh, yeah, Marquise Scantling. I mean... I thought we could have went – I would have liked to get John Kelly, honestly. I mean, I would have liked that instead. Or Christian Sand from Arizona State. That's it. I mean, they, the Green Bay did a pretty good job. Cole Madison went a little higher than I thought he would, too. But, I mean, that's fine. I mean, he's a pretty good guard. He's been really good for a while. Um, Washington State had a bunch of linemen this year in the draft, but I think he was definitely most consistent. I know Cody O'Connell was good, too. He was nominated for uh, best guard in Atlanta a couple of years ago, but <clears throat> Cody Ma- or excuse me, Cole Madison was a solid pick there. I mean, but other than that, yeah, I mean, I think the Packers did a pretty good job. But a couple at the end I didn't like, you know, I mean, it's like a long snap of wasted pick. We could have got Hunter Bradley's on a draft free agent. Like, I don't think anyone was drafted that guy, personally, but, um, not going to be too mad about that. but <laughs> um, Jamar Moore went – we talked about him a little bit, I guess, Bill, right? Me and you on a different show, but I don't know. Like, I, I hope it works out. Like, I know they drafted so many receivers, it kind of doesn't matter. But, like, where they drafted him, I hope it works out. Because that's where I thought he was supposed to be in the beginning of the season. But he kind of panned out late. Last five games, Jamal Moore was 
pretty much non-existent for Drew Locke in Missouri. Um, testing numbers are okay. Um, pretty, pretty – he's got some athleticism for sure. I mean, he, he can jump out of the gym. Former basketball player, we all know that. He's six three and a half, two oh seven, but – I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he dominated versus, like, Georgia and looked good there, but there's some games. He just drops a lot of passes. Has concentration issues, maybe, um, deep down field. But, I mean, you know, working with Aaron Rodgers and that receiving call and Randall Cobb and those guys uh, will definitely help him out. Um, it won't ask him to do much right away. So, he's kind of a drafting staff guy for Green Bay. But, yeah, other than that, I'm good. I gave them, like, a B on their grade. Same question for you, Jim. Jim? Uh, he was here. Just a second. Yeah. Well, I thought he was. <laughs> yeah, if he was asking where I think he was asking where you were. <laughs> now he locked in. I like that. <laughs> Well then, well then. Uh, then he's I, trying to figure I, out. I'm yeah. <laughs> he's trying to figure out the UDFA's for the uh, <laughs> for the Raiders. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Well then, I will. I will ask you about your Packers. Um, obviously, there's talk about the, you know, the new regime and how they might be different, or if they are indeed different from, you know, the Ted Thompson draft. In your opinion, yes, it was definitely different. Like I said, all those receivers from Jamal Moore down, uh, getting the kid, Marquis Scanling from USF, and um, St. Brown from Notre Dame, the Jets are some big receivers. Um, a little bit different than we normally do. I thought we we're going to go out there, maybe Braxton Berrios or Trey Quinn or somebody like that. But uh, um, it was interesting. I think they did a good job there. But Looney was great. So, such a good pickup at 232. I uh, loved that one so much. That was maybe one of the steals of uh, the draft in the seventh and sixth round. Um, I want it a little clap at the end. Then we got Kendall Donerson. I, I don't know much about him in the OVC conference, honestly, but I hope he plays well. I wanted Christian Sam, too. I didn't get him. Or Richie James. That was a pick before us at 240. We got Hunter Bradley, and I didn't like that pick at all. That was really bad. But, um, yeah. Other than that, like I said, we did a really good job in the front. And at the end, we did pretty good, too. So it was a pretty good draft for them. I gave them a B overall. And I think they've got some impact guys for sure. Some of them are not going to play right away, like three or four. But obviously, Josh Jackson and Jai Alexander are going to play day one. So. Anything else that stood out to you that was different about this year as opposed to years past? Um, no. I mean, it was like I said, outside of the receivers, no, not for Green Bay. Uh, I, I mean, we we know what we need. Like, obviously, it was like we uh, we still have a flashback from that Falcons game, right? Where and the NFC Championship destroyed our secondary. They were so old and beat up, and, like, we just didn't have the depth, man. And you can't not – we can't do that again. It can't be like that. We didn't have the depth last year. It didn't have it the year before. They, they they beefed up, or they needed to be 
wide receiver, looking a little thin maybe next year. Not right now, but next year. So they got some developmental guys. Corner, they got one of the most pro-ready corners, in my opinion, Josh Jackson. And Jai Alexander is a very good corner, man, man corner. So they did a good job there. And I'm trying to think of their third. Um, can't think of their third right now. I don't know if they had a third. Not tra- they did a lot of trade. I know that Oren Brooks. So I think another guy that steps in. You know what yeah, I mean? Um, Oren Brooks steps in from Vanderbilt now, and he can play. So, I know he didn't have the best year ever at Vandy. I mean, I was watching some coverage, and then it's like a little disappointing. Going to get compared to Zach Cunningham a lot. I get it. Didn't play as well as him at Vanderbilt, but he's still a really good linebacker and super smart. Very seemed to have a great background, too. I read about his family. But, um, so, I, think, I like Oren Brooks and what they did. It was kind of similar to what they've been doing, besides the receivers, honestly. Okay. Um, I'll check one more time. Any signs of Jim yet? Uh, okay. I guess maybe Jim had to run. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 You had a few favorite selections, obviously, and you felt like, you know, you guys at least, for the most part, addressed some needs, it sounds like. Yeah, definitely. Definitely did that. Um, I like the Green Bay's draft, man. I really did. Uh, I can't complain. It's right. It went upper echelon, top five, but it was right there behind it in the second tier to me because – got needs and they still had the like project picks that people kinda like love the fans, you know what I mean? Like like everyone loved the St. Brown pick, right? He might not ever play and get a reception for the Packers, but <laughs> there's still that glimmer of hope that once you have me full and you got your Rogers, so somebody can catch the football. Um we can wait on him. We don't need him right now, but we have a couple contracts coming up next year. And we had a lot of injuries. Packers are so banged up the past two years. So I do like what they did, but that conference is tough, or that division is, is a killer, man. I think it's the best in the NFC. I know the East is really good right now, too, but the, what the Bears did, they were a top-tier team in the draft this year. And if that kid, Trubisky, ends up being an uh, upper echelon quarterback, it's going to be scary. Um, Minnesota, I mean, they're probably the favorite to win the – I think they're better. Honestly, I think with Kirk Cousins, though, they can match the Eagles now. I know the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. But with Kirk Cousins now, I mean, quarterback, that's different, you know. Um, in my opinion, I think they can compete for a title. And then the Lions, you know, they're still a solid team. They still have a franchise quarterback and a good offense, uh, stability. Um, disappointing a little bit last year. New coach, so they're kind of the question mark. But other than that, I mean, it's tough. You know, Eagles, Falcons, you know, all these teams, the Saints, <laughs> the West over there with the Rams and 49. I mean, it's tough. And then the I think AFC is a little bit weaker. So um, the backers don't get to play in that conference. So, so um, it's tough. And they, they've they got a bill. And they got a Aaron Rodgers, you know, I mean, you you, you got to help this guy out. Um, you can't do everything for him. You saw what happened when he's out. Team's not that great. 
Honestly. Yep. So I think obviously you want to keep twelve healthy. Twelve healthy, they always have a shot, right? I mean, but I don't want him just to be healthy. I want him to be the best he could be. I mean, he's getting older, man. And obviously, he looks young. He's in shape. Um, Dane Danica Patrick now, you know what I mean? So he's doing well. <laughs> but, um, you know what I mean? But, well, you know, that's kind of a downgrade. A little bit, just saying, but, um, <laughs> whatever. Um, Looks-wise, don't know the lady. But, uh, I mean, he's, he's – you know, you got Kaiser and Brett Hundley. We saw what you got uh, Hundley. He'll be a long-term backup guy. Kaiser, I don't really know yet. I would like to see more of him. I don't want to see him play, um, except preseason. <laughs> I want to see Aaron play every snap, of course. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think this build around 12 uh, is what they try to do. Defense is what they focus on. He needs a defense. Like, that's just – I will never forget that Falcons game. From years ago, I'm sorry. Like, it just was so bad. Like, that was the Packers, like – that's what they are. Is that game still to me? Uh, very, very solid offense, top five offense, but one of the worst defenses, especially with the pass in the NFL. And <clears throat> Josh Jackson and Jared Alexander are come in right away and fix that. And so is Owen Brooks. So hopefully they will. <laughs> or somebody's not going to have a job next year. They'll make the playoffs. Mike McCarthy, maybe. Even though I love him as a coach. And they're kind of on his butt right now. Okay. Yeah, I I think that this is a sort of there's a few teams for which this is a extremely important draft. As in, you know, it decides whether they take the next step towards contending, or in some cases that they continue to to move in the right direction and for some teams you know it might be the beginning of the end for them as a contender if they if this class doesn't work out i mean this is an extremely important class for my team you know this the steelers might start to struggle if they don't fix some of their weaknesses and obviously this is probably their last year with a certain running back you know who has made it clear less than thrilled with the way he, he got he got the uh, franchise right tag again. Yeah, after Troy saying like that three. he was planning to hold out if he got franchise back. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I mean, that, I just pay him like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. That's your team. Like they're not. You know. Like he's good. He's the best right back in the I've seen in the past few years. I don't know. Yeah, I get it. No, Pittsburgh. Ben is uh, thirty. What eight? Thirty-seven. So. No, he's not thirty-seven. He's thirty-three. He's thirty-five or thirty-five. Five. Yeah. Well, Eli's thirty-seven. That's why I thought he was, but he's younger. Yeah, but, but yeah, but remember, Eli's the same draft class, all four years. Yeah. Right, the same draft class, yeah. but Ben's a year and change younger. Okay. Well, yeah. So he's but thirty-five he, he might re- or thirty-six. He keeps keeps flirting with retirement, but. Yep. I mean, yeah. he's still got to be. Well, obviously, still at least one more season, possibly more. Yeah, he's still one of the best quarterbacks. People, but yeah, that yeah, but the the window is quote unquote closing in Pittsburgh, so they need you know at least some of the players. I mean, we, obviously Ryan Shazier is not going to play this year and if ever again. Uh, God, so, I, hate, I hate that man. I hate that. I know. I know. 
but they need some players to produce immediately from out of this class. So some of the picks concerns me, as, as I'm sure you know. Um, I think it's a vitally important you, class. What, now, what did you a, give the grade for the Steelers? Sorry, I, I wanted to I mean, hear. I, I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if I've given it a grade as yet, but I think it, you know, I don't see how it could be more than a C plus at, at best, and probably less than that. I mean, I was, I'm surprised you're saying that because I know you like James Washington a lot, Mason Rudolph, but I guess outside of them, but I thought you'd give it a little bit higher. Well, if you're once again thinking of the team situation, if you if you need to have guys hit the field and play. Right away, how many of the guys that they get can do that they have can do that can actually contribute immediately? Yeah. Not enough. Uh, if you're talking about a team that has a one or two year window, I'm yeah. just worried they about. Dra- they, they draft a lot of good players, but they did draft people that because I love Chu Okafor, but I love him a lot more than most people. I think I had him like 40. You do, but you like him way more than most. Yeah, but he also I know is not ready to step in right now and start. No, he's um, a project. He's a project. I think he's a project worth waiting on, but I get it for Pittsburgh. You want to win now? You don't. You got to wait on Mason Rudolph's not going to play. You well, know? yeah. If you're um, if you're waiting on him, that means that you know he's part of the Mason Rudolph Steelers. Yes, that's what yeah. that means. Um, Marcus Allen is kind of just the guy to me. Like I don't think he's going to be great. Like he can make the he'll make the team and he'll. Contribute. We could have had your guy uh, Krushank. Like, yeah, that's I. I remember thinking that when we got Marcus Allen. Like, yeah. oh, fascinating. Well, Troy, Troy man's version of the guy. Yeah, Troy. Uh, I can't think. His teammate, the other safety, the, the very fast Caucasian man. <laughs> is how I heard him describe. Oh, Troy Absey. Troy Absey. Yeah, yeah. He he. Uh, I thought he was gonna go to the Steelers too. I thought they were gonna have two safeties. Pittsburgh at one point, but um, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of your other picks, man. I can't think of the Pittsburgh draft right now. As long as I know by heart. Oh, you got Josh Frazier, too. But yeah, oh, <laughs> don't bring that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, that was uh, yeah. Nothing called like yeah, drafting uh, backups in college. In college. <laughs> oh my god. We're yeah, drafting that guys that couldn't get on the field in college. I mean, I knew he was going to get drafted. Like, but why? Honestly, but I knew, like, you know, that was one of those, Nick Taven probably was like, hey, like, this kid could have transferred anywhere. He stayed. He was a, they named him captain for the senior day. So, like, you know, that was probably, like, he called, he made some calls. Nick Taven did a lot for him. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't make calls for the other guys, but probably for Minka. And then Josh Frazier the most because he didn't. Rashad Evans like those guys are good. Like they didn't need him, but like <laughs> for Frazier, I feel like he made tons of calls. Like hey, like because I mean if he transfers to Southern Alabama or whatever, like some school like that, like he starts and he probably still gets drafted. Honestly, so I don't think that was like that bad of a pick. You could have not drafted him though, like. Honestly, <sighs> he was an undrafted free. He's not going to be good. I'm not saying he's going to be good. I'm just saying, like, he, you know, some people, when they have good agents and good people around them, helps a lot. 
Yeah. I think Frazier yeah. got helped out a lot. Like, oh, he's such a great kid. He stayed at Alabama. He was captain at senior day. Like, that stuff doesn't really matter. Um, well, not to people like you. Not in pro football, it doesn't matter. I'm happy no, for him. No, no. That despite yeah. the fact he was a reserve, they were respected and loved by his teammates. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but he's not going to play much for the Steelers at all. No. So, yeah. Um, and I, I just explained this is a team that has a one or two year window. <laughs> the idea right. of getting depth. Maybe. Like, that's the best-case right. scenario. No, no, I get it now. I just had to – I kind of had to, like, re, like, think about your draft first, and I was like, okay, now I know why you give it a C+. Well, and then Edmonds, too, like that. <laughs> you have to wait on him. Like, I know you probably – you've seen a lot more of him than me. I know he's a VA kid and Korean Tech, but his brother's great. Like, brother definitely deserves his to be. brother's awesome. So but is that what we're doing not, the, the brothers of awesome players? Hey, at least, uh, God, those guys are on, like, CNN this morning, man. Like, they're killing it on TV now. Like, they're, like, the brothers. They're the best brothers well, ever, is what they said on CNN. Because <laughs> I think the only well, two brothers get drafted the, you know together what? in the first round well, in any we're sport. We're going to draft people's brothers, and we should have drafted um, Shaquem Griffin if you're just going to yeah. draft awesome brothers. There's an awesome brother in body. Edmonds was a third-round pick. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, that was yes, that. Yes, so, yes, yeah. That. No, I didn't. I didn't even have him that high. I just thought most people were saying like he was a third round pick, because a lot of people still were looking at him. Mm. I think he had two private visits, um, and they were like third round, you know. But then first, I was like, whoa. No one. You know what though? You guys didn't get a lot of hell for that. I think it's because like it was a cool story or whatever. But like. A lot of people weren't like the dra- draft people were draft draft Twitter was, but like the mass people were not like they were like yeah that's a pretty solid pick it was a little bit of a reach but I was like that's a really big reach Massive that's a horrible reach. pick yeah, yeah like even and I, like I said I know you like have seen more of those guys than me Probably I was very upset well, I mean is Marcus Allen better than Edmonds? It's just upsetting. I mean, this is a class where there's lots of really good defensive backs who have great tape and are good athletes. And I mean, like, all the boxes are checked. We went after a guy where one and a half of the boxes are checked instead of all of the boxes. That's what bothers me. You're taking a project, a project safety that early when there's guys who are ready to be ready to play at a Pro Bowl level immediately were available. Like, you're drafting there. I mean, either trade out of the pick if you just really don't like anybody, you know, which is what it felt like. It felt like, oh, we wanted someone else. They're not available. Oh, well. (laughs) Or maybe I think the Steelers might have feel like, I feel like Kansas City kind of did this too, like, they kind of pick like they were like they're fine like they already think they I mean which obviously the Steelers and Chiefs are both playoff teams but like there's still weaknesses though there's a reason they got they lost to the Jaguars twice last year I mean like I don't think they're better than them did they get better than Jacksonville or, or uh, the Patriots the Patriots my problem here that is wrong this is a team 
that has one goal, right? I mean, every team says they Super Bowl or bust, but this is a team that's truly Super Bowl or bust. And yeah, they're in the contention they're, like every year. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> but that's that's not good enough. Like it's one thing if you're a team that's on the rise or a team that's rebuilding. You you cross differently when your team is right on the precipice and you need really three or four key players out of that draft to be ready to go when they should be the best player of their position the moment they sign, right? Not third best or second right. best, or in the case of Josh Brady, fourth best. They should True. be the best player yeah. at their position the moment they sign. Right. We didn't get me in the that's my. That's why I mean, because the Packers and Steelers are kind of the same boat. I think, but like, you guys are a little bit better. But like, we, I think we did a good job. Of, we did draft projects when late, like day three, six, round six and seven. But we also drafted like, like I was saying, Oren Burks and like Jair and like Jackson. Those guys play right now. You guys kind of just all your guys. Were, I mean, except James Washington, he's gonna play, you know, the slot, but or your third receiver or whatever. But I mean, other than that. And you got some good UDFAs, but, you know, those guys you don't know. I mean, so. And I, mean, I, I do think Matthew Thomas can make the team um, and Quadra Henderson. I don't know. Quadra, you know, obviously going to be a returner. Matthew Thomas is going to be a special team um, for now. Matthew Thomas could be <laughs> a starting linebacker in the NFL. Like, he could be, but it's a, it's a project, the same thing. So, I mean, I mean, you're dead on for sure. Greg Gilmore another big-name guy. But, well, I don't mind getting projects as unfactored free agents. I mind getting projects when I draft them in the first round. That's when I don't like it. Fair. Yeah, totally fair. Dude, if we've gotten Terrell Emmons as an unfactored free agent, I'd be like, oh, that's awesome. It's a great, great yeah. pickup. <laughs> I just yeah, you like guys have, you guys have gone – you guys went pretty big-name on the UDFAs, like Hawkins and LSU and Gilmore and Matthew Thomas. <laughs> But, I mean, yeah. like you said, which I know you're not the biggest Matthew Thomas guy, but there's some people that think that he can, you know, definitely. I think he can make the team. Him. I think he'll he could be he a reserve. Drafted, yeah. uh, I mean, I thought he was. if somebody had taken him late, yeah, that makes sense. But I, I don't I think he's a, Yeah, I don't think he's... <laughs> I don't think he's going to fail. I mean, I think he's going to manage to contribute and be a special teams player and maybe even eventually more. But once again, there's a reason he's an undrafted agent. I'm fine with that. I mean, we got him where it makes sense to me. I'm good with that. I'm mad about a couple of the picks that I've already mentioned where there were clearly better players available. You're telling me that we couldn't have found a way to use Will Hernandez or I mean, oh, the list. Oh, the list. Or it's just sicky, or I mean, there's so many. It just makes you angry when you're picking there, and there's so many good players, and you don't get any of them. Yeah, well, I mean, did you guys even draft the offensive lineman? I don't think you did. I, I feel your pain. Well, I, I, I understand your pain. I don't you feel it. <laughs> <sighs> I, you know what? I mean, like I said, I thought 
you know, the only way this draft works out tremendously is if Mason Rudolph ends up being a top-tier quarterback in three years. And then you're like, you, people will probably not remember, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, like, Chu Sokafor is a starter. James Washington is a starter. But like I said, that's not going to be for years, honestly. So, yeah, if you look at it that way, it's not a good draft. An immediate impact draft is what they – Cincinnati, I feel like, was the same too, Bill. They needed, like, their window – I don't know. They keep signing Martin Lewis to extensions, but, I mean, I still think their window sh- small, and that division is not getting any easier. So I thought the Bengals were a team that, like, they – I thought they hit on some – some picks, really. They really did hit some home runs. I don't know how you feel about the Bengals draft, but I thought I thought it was pretty good. It's kind of a bottom 10, like 10-11. I, like, I liked it better than ours, if that's what you're asking me. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I mean, it's like small, you're talking about small window teams. I just feel like the Bengals have a small window, too. Um, they are older team. <clears throat> They're a really old team. I know they have some young guys. They're pretty old. I mean, A.J. Green's not going to stay in Cincinnati either if they keep, you know, losing so much. He'll just leave and go to another team. Um, Dalton's there. You know, everybody has their issues about him. But I thought Darius Phillips is a good pick. Yeah. Um, Chuck's teammate <laughs> from Western Michigan. He might be a little bit better right now than uh, Drew's before. But, um Obviously, Samuel Hubbard. I think Samuel Hubbard went about where you wanted him to go. Well, that makes sense. I have no problems with him but, going, you know, 77. in that situation. Yeah, that 25, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when people were talking in the first round, that was insanity because he's never going to be special at anything. The first round should be people who are special at something, you know, who, who are rare, who are hard to find. He's none of those things. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Samuel Hubbard, I think, was a guy that I hate to keep talking about it, Bill. You know how it works, man. I mean, this is a business, too. Like, not just – like, a lot of people, the Sam Hubbard, the character, I, I, off the charts, like, number one character, it, like, sure. in the whole draft. He, so he won yep. that. He will do anything you want him to do. If you ask him to go drive and get you some – 7-Eleven right now for the <laughs> he'll go do it for Marvin Lewis like he doesn't care like so I think that's why like he got pushed up a lot but yeah his play definitely deserved to be not I mean I thought he was a top 50 guy I thought he was around 40-50 range but him falling to 77 and going to you know his hometown team I guess is a good thing and Willie Jefferson was a good pick too um and he went where he should have went same range. So I do like the Bengals draft. Um, offensively, they just kind of – well, they got Mark Walton, so that's okay pick, but they scare me off in how they draft. <laughs> I mean, they didn't go for talent pretty much, but they don't care about, like, if it fits or if the injuries or character issues. They got Devontae Harris. I know you love him a lot too. Um, oh, yeah. Well, Devontae Harris? I mean – Devontae Harris is a project. Everyone says he's a project, too, though, so it's kind of like... But here's what I'm saying. He, look at where he went as opposed to, once again, Evans, right? 
they're still he went, around. Uh, like 150-ish range. Back. So if I got Memphis there, you wouldn't hear a peep from me. Not one peep if I'd gotten him there. You wouldn't hear a peep from me. The point is that's not where I got him. <laughs> so I keep sort of harping on that. So yeah. well, wait a second. Um, so, so I don't have a problem with taking projects where it makes sense to take projects. There's a whole seven rounds in the draft for a reason. So you can get different kinds of players at different times in the draft. My problem comes when you're taking players in one part of the draft where you should be taking a different kind of player. <laughs> you know, there's a kind of player that you can take, you know, where I have no problem, and I mean no problem with taking um, projects, you know, uh, late day two or... Uh, you know, obviously anywhere in, in, in day three, almost anywhere in day three. My problem comes right. with, like I said, when I'm taking, you know, projects where I should be taking a different kind of, there's there's a place for projects, and that place isn't the first round, I guess is what I keep coming back to. Not there. Not this. Not there. Not then. Yeah, I get. I no, I I totally understand. Like I said, with my with my team, we did exactly. I think what you wanted is get our guys early in the top 150 that we were going to play now, and then with our other picks, which you guys didn't have that many picks either. That's another thing. Like you didn't have many picks to play around with. You only had six. Like a lot of these playoff teams have like ten picks. Like like we had ten. I think we ended up having eleven. So, like, the Steelers couldn't mess around. There are some guys that could have definitely have them. I, <clears throat> so there's still some UDFA guys. But, hey, by the way, how has Quinn Blanding not gotten picked yet? I just want to know. Has no one signed him? Or is he just Athletic not, like... <laughs> Athletic I mean, but he hasn't, he hasn't gotten signed yet, though. Yeah. Now, there's guys I, getting signed. Like, I don't even know who they are. Like, <laughs> I know it's testing True. Them. They're trying to move. They're trying to move in the linebacker. Yeah, that's the new thing now. Hey, you didn't run a great time. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> you know, that's that's how they handle it nowadays. Oh, you're you you ran a, a bad forty. Now you're a linebacker. Problem solved. That's how they approach it nowadays. We'll just move you to another position. Yeah, I, I know. Oh, I, I was hearing this story where the Eagles were going to draft him, but they drafted the rugby star guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan Matalala instead of Clint, which like I that guy looks like a freaking monster. He should be on Game of Thrones. He might be if he doesn't work. But like <laughs> he's like he's eight, like three fifty five, and runs like under five flat, which is insane. But, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they were choosing between him and Quinn Blanding, like, I would think the Eagles would go with Quinn Blanding. I mean, they've done a really good job of drafting so well, but, I mean, I don't know. High character, productive, bad testing, great character. I don't know what it is. That's just an, probably the best name I've seen out there that hasn't gotten, <clears throat> excuse me, signed yet. 
but yeah, you know my feelings about Quinn Blanding. I am I'm a fan. Um, I, I I've been acquainted with the family since I was a teenager, uh, and obviously you know competed against the father Kevin. So I mean, there's a to me there's lots to like there. Yeah, he'll get picked up by somebody. He's probably wants to go where he's you know obviously has the best chance of um making that team. I mean, a lot of guys just sign and they just oh whoever calls me first. Like that's how because I mean I've been around I've been talking to any you you know you're around a bunch of UDFA's just because I know you do a lot like smaller schools but a lot of these guys, now those are guys are probably a little different but I know the big school guys I talk to I mean, they they usually just like you know I mean whoever I feel comfortable with in the process and they call me first. <laughs> you know what I mean? So a lot of those guys don't work out too well, but I mean, some of them do. I just yeah, the UDFA class, Bill. Like honestly, it's so good. It's the best UDFA yeah. class I've been around since I've been. And I, I maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's just good on paper, but good. I mean, there's so many good undrafted agents. And now that I know more of the smaller school guys. Some of their big name guys were on the board too, and then some of the small school guys. I mean, some of the really small school guys. You know, I mean that they're really good players left. Well, some of them are still left. You know, everybody hasn't gotten signed yet. <clears throat> Excuse me, but there's a lot of players I just had seen. These guys have been on big boards for a while. Other people, and they just didn't get picked. I mean, I still, I'm kind of shot Alan Lazard, honestly. Um, or Holton Hill. I mean, I know he has character stuff. But I mean, <laughs> you're seeing like people top 100 and they don't get drafted. That's just kind of rare that that many people um, <clears throat> don't get drafted. But I guess it happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens with with him going forward, and you know, some of the other guys who people had high hopes for, but. You know, off the field uh, concerns. In some cases, medicals. I mean, there's a few guys who fell a lot of medical and fell yeah. far. You know, because of you know something. Sometimes things they could control, like their own behavior, and sometimes things that were beyond their control. You know, like we said, like medicals or not testing super well. You know, we'll see what the future holds for some of those kids. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think uh, there's been some really good signings uh, so far. So, I mean, yeah, I think there'll be some def- definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, definitely like that. I'm not surprised that Chase Lynn went to the Chiefs, right? <laughs> not, a, not a huge surprise, no. <laughs> yeah, it made sense to me. I don't know if he'll find the nightlife to his, to his standards, but. He'll hang out with Tyler Bray, I mean. Oh boy! I don't know. If that's a good thing. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, yeah. Um, were you surprised by two guys, Bill? Can I, if I can ask, um, Tavares sure. McFadden, who just got signed by Four Niners, but were you surprised he didn't get picked at all? I am not surprised by that. When you're okay, a cornerback okay. run. Almost four seven. I mean, here's what I'll go back to. Remember Leonard Johnson 
from Iowa State who gave Des Bryant the flux when he played against Des Bryant. Des Bryant's two worst games his collegiate career were against the same kid, a, few, a, a former junior college undersized corner named Leonard Johnson, who eventually went to Tampa Bay as an undrafted free agent. But Leonard Johnson was short, you know, short-armed, you know, all the things that you aren't supposed to like, but had was tough as hell, had great technique, and just just do the hell out of Des Bryant. Right? Then, unfortunately, at his pro day, he runs you know, like 4.69 or something, or 4.71 or something crazy bad, and goes undrafted because he's a fighter. He hangs around the league for a couple of years, but, you know, every once in a while, you'll find a guy like Josh Norman, right, who runs in the high four sixes, the man to still be a good NFL corner. Malcolm Butler, well, he wasn't quite that bad, but his, you know, his testing wasn't great, and he was a small school guy on top of it. Now, Ison Stanton's a big school guy, which helps a little bit, but he's just not a good, good athlete, you know? Um, right. I do. You're not a good athlete. I get a corner. Tough. Yeah. And now you have to prove I people either that you can play safety or or you're Josh Norman, right? You're that rare, slow corner who can still be great. Yeah, or, I mean, somebody mentioned <laughs> he's going to be playing with him now, Richard Sherman. So Yeah, but Sherman wasn't that slow. No, Tavares was, was slow. I mean, his, he improved a little bit on at his pro day at Florida State, but it wasn't – it was still not that good. It was like a 4 five, nine. I think, which is better than the four seven one. Yeah, like which you know, he's, he's, what six two 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 six two two two. Yeah. Um, okay, that one I wanted to ask you. I thought he was still get picked, honestly, just because he he, has, he does have some good tape. Um, from last year, especially well, the year before last. Um, this year, uh, uh, average tape, but for all, everyone at Florida State. Pretty much, <laughs> like Cam Acres, I guess. But um, and then the other guy, who's another uh, creator, who was it? Um, I can't think right now. I lost my. Uh... Oh, Tolliver, other corner from a big name school, LSU. And yeah, you know he also didn't get drafted. I don't think. You no, know, the Bears signed him, which is the Bears keep doing very well. I'm scared about that, but yeah, Kevin Tolliver. Were you surprised that he also? Then get picked or not? Not super surprised. No, I mean he's a player that I certainly do like to a certain extent. Um, you know, obviously his tape is better than his testing. You know, another guy who who just didn't test super well. There's things to like about him. You know, as I've, as I, I've gone on record saying, uh, he has. You know, like I say, he's played well. He's looked good at times, but. People don't like corners who aren't great athletes. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. If you're not a great athlete, if you're, I mean, if you're an average athlete, but your tape is great, people will somewhat let you slide. But if you're a below average athlete at the position, no matter how good your tape is, you're going to go late. And then if there's 
any other issues at all, you know. So that's a bad combination. You know, you're like you're you're kind of dead in the water if your tape isn't great and you didn't test well. Now, Tolliver has some good tape, but it's not all good. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not great all the way through. Yeah, I and mean, obviously he's got the. I think the character stuff like drops in. I think he wasn't going to be drafted high anyway, but his character stuff is just like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's got multiple stuff, so that's yep. a reason I'm not surprised because he, you know, LSU didn't really want him back. Honestly, he's also. 23 was kind of old for a junior, but uh, a true junior. It's a, um, it's a very old junior, yes. Yeah, I was like, I didn't know he was 23. Like, because I did him, you know, we did him out of high school. I didn't, he was like 20 years old almost. But, <laughs> uh, which I know, like, Ridley, too, but it's different. Because um, I know Ridley's circumstances were different coming from different countries. But, um, parents from a different country. But, yeah. Um, <clears throat> It, yeah, attitude problems and injuries and average, I guess you would say. Um, <laughs> testing numbers do not help if you're a corner. No. Especially no, when a you're a bad combination. Yeah. Like, so tape for him. I mean, you would have thought, like, Dante Jackson, like, who I know he's not a huge fan of either, at least, like, he tested well. <laughs> His attitude is great. Like, you know, I mean, definitely a leader. You know, locker room and everything. So yeah, I get it. Those are just two guys that I you were talking about five stars earlier, obviously Satter and Tolliver, though. Tolliver was good I mean, I cannot tell you how much everyone can't miss. Like McFadden was kinda of like always not good testing. Jim has his testing numbers from high school, not that great. Um <clears throat> he was really good, but the numbers weren't great. But Tolliver yeah, I mean that's kind of a guy, you know he's come his family played football too, so it's not like he's Coming from out of nowhere, a football family just didn't really. Uh, I mean, the Bears, like I said, is a pretty good fit for him, I think. But gonna have to fix that attitude playing with Nagy and uh, <laughs> those guys in that secondary real quick. <laughs> yeah, he's the leash will not be a long one, at least in part. Once again, you know. That's why players like to get drafted and drafted high because then the team is less likely to touch you quickly, you know. But once the team gets you late, you know, there's not a huge investment there. They can cut you and not really feel it. You know, and there's loads of things not to like about. Like I said, he has some good tape. Uh, It just hasn't been super consistent, you know, which... You don't like when a guy isn't super consistent. There's no coach out there saying, man, I want you to go out there and be inconsistent. Like, I don't care what else you can do. If you're not consistent, there always going to be a little bit of a question mark surrounding you. And he's one of those guys that definitely yeah. has a question mark surrounding him. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean... There was a few big names. That was the main position I was looking at, though, in the flash for those guys specifically. It's just like there's a few corners. That was the main position to me where, like, the top name guys completely So I think, like, they start taking risks on wide receivers and, like, running backs and stuff late. But, like, corners is just like, no, 
not taking a risk on you. Like, I saw the small school corners start flying off the board. Right. Around five. Ryan Carter from Clemson didn't get drafted. To McFadden didn't get drafted. Tolliver didn't get yep. drafted. Those are all. But you remember you know, me telling you this was a historically good small school corner class, right? You did. You and uh, there's a couple other people that do small school. You specifically did say that. Um, I know, but, yeah, it, it definitely became true. So, kudos. I yeah. the back. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, it was true all year. I mean, Teron Johnson, Devontae Harris, Danny Johnson, uh, Tremont uh, Smith, uh, forgetting some, but there's, I mean, there's a bunch of guys who are going to play in the league for years who are going to come from a guy who didn't get drafted but got picked up as an undrafted agent by the Arizona Cardinals, Tavier uh, Thomas, I think is going to make that team. I mean, there's a lot of really good. Uh, Demontre Wade, right? Um, Demontre Wade like from uh, Murray State. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, Right. Like I said, there's still some out that we haven't mentioned, but there's a bunch of really, 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 really good corners and safeties coming out of this small small school this year. And I, I said, thank you, know, you Bill. Some days... I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You helped me out. <laughs> well, I... No, you know, I mean, because like, there's, you know, like I'm, I do recruiting, so like I'm looking at Power Five and then like a little bit of the like mid major schools. The small school guys are like the end of the process. With you and guys like, I mean, like Damon Talbot, I guess, and those guys like. You guys always do it from beginning to end, so I can just like, hey, st- steal your notes. <laughs> Not steal, but like, I can pick your guys well, there are, that I like, and right. And I don't mind if I'm, <laughs> it doesn't belong to me anyway. I mean, it's, it's information that I gathered from watching players. It's not like I'm working for a team or something where I have to keep it close to the vest. I share anything that comes across <laughs> my way. Yeah, you know, it's for whoever you should be, wants you should be working for. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I knew this was going to be a great class uh, because, first of all, last year's class was good, but I knew this one this one's going to be even better because I was watching guys, and of course, unlike you know the big schools, small schools guys don't come out, so there was a tremendous amount of juniors who were bawling out Braylon Cook. I forgot about Braylon Cook, who were just bawling out uh, Phil yeah. Parham, just a bunch of juniors bawling out. At the, at the small school level. Because I watched this kid, it's like, man, what, what year was he? A junior. Junior. It's like, man, I had a list of like 15 junior DBs that I've watched last year that I loved on tape. And I was like, wow, man. Now, once again, you, you have to test well. It's not like if you're at LSU and you test poorly, you might still get, or USC or you might still. But you, if you are coming from FCS or D2 school, you need to kill your testing in addition to you know, being productive and basically doing everything that can be done. <laughs> you have to do it all. You know, you can't you can't not have done something at a high level if you're planning to uh you know, to make it from the you know, from the small school level. It all the boxes have to be checked. So yeah, I uh, but there were so many kids I saw who checked all the boxes. Like, man, this guy's got everything. I can think of no reason why this guy wouldn't at least be a late round guy, right? And so I just kept making right. all these notes. Yeah. Oh, this kid's good. Oh, this kid's good. Oh, this kid's good. <laughs> you know? And it was just, it was comical how many of these kids I was seeing. I just thought, man, this kid's good. Oh, man, this kid's good. 
You know, it's just yeah. kid after kid. So I knew this was going to be yeah. a great class. <clears throat> yeah, the, the process works. I mean, it just it just takes a little longer. Like, those kids don't want to wait, you know? Like, honestly, it doesn't matter. I'm sure, <clears throat> you know, the kid we're just talking about from Illinois State didn't mind waiting until no one had them on their boards probably until this process started. And then fifth-round pick, um, they don't really get to those guys. The NFL's laid on them. It's not just us. Like, I don't feel bad. Like, they don't get those guys until they get private workouts. Like, yep. you know what I mean? Individual workouts. And they see them and they're like, okay. Um, they're good. I just noticed, like I said, this year specifically, like, how many small school guys are drafted over corners, um, big, big, bigger school corners. And I'm not, I'm not talking about like, Because they're better. I'm talking about, like, LSU. <laughs> what well, LSU, Clemson, Florida State, those – Ryan Carter – it's very small, so I understand. He's only 5'8", so I, I kind of get why he didn't get drafted. But you're talking about Anthony Everett, Tony Brown, you know where they went. They won championship, two championships at Alabama. Um, Tony Brown started for Alabama. He still didn't get drafted. Um, Tolliver, you know, five-star crew didn't get drafted. And then uh, the other kid, McFadden, we're talking about. There's more that, you know, um, come from bigger schools that didn't get paid. They're better, like you said, though. Um, <clears throat> corners, and I like it. I'm not. I'm not mad. <laughs> just, it was very, Greg Stroman. I think I drafted him very, very late. His he got drafted in seven. Yeah, the uh, other corner from uh, uh, Facion didn't get drafted. I don't think. Yeah, Brandon Faison did not. Brandon Faison did not. Grant, but but Greg yeah, Stroman. Grant did. Haley. Yeah, from Penn State. He was another. You know, he's, he's a little bit smaller, so like I said, I just kind of figured he was. But his tape is just... He did. Yeah. Jordan he's Thomas, from, which is cool. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Thomas from Oklahoma, Um, who I, I don't like him, like, honestly. So I don't... I see why he didn't get drafted, but he didn't. He, he, has, he can't even, like... His shoulder is so messed up anyway. Um, But like I said, yeah, I was happy for those... Uh, Smaller school, small school corners. Um, did Levi Wallace get picked? I uh, I don't remember. Cause like, I, yeah, I remember like at one point they were talking about like Alabama has no well, for one Alabama. I think they did set the record for draft picks, but their corners though, like I thought everybody from that secondary was about to get picked. Yeah, I don't, no, he didn't. He didn't get drafted. Yep. He got signed. Already, yeah. but he didn't draft it, huh? No. Tony Brown, Anthony Everett, and Levi Wallace. Neither of them got drafted. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Well, thanks for answering my questions. <laughs> no, no, no problem. No problem. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm – I'm happy that a lot of the guys that I really liked did at least get picked up, you know. Unlike, you know, with a big school guy where you're you're pretty much sure that your guys the guys you kind of fall in love with are gonna get picked up. You know. Every once in a while there's some Alabama guy that, you know, I get into it with, he's like, You really don't like Alabama players and I know it's not that. I it's simply I simply see them for what they are. I don't care about where they went to school. Like it's it's not a personal yeah. thing for me. So, you know, if I'm saying I don't like Rashawn Evans, it's not because he went to Alabama that I don't like Rashawn Evans or that I don't like him early in the draft. You know, if I'm down on some of their D-backs, it's not because they went to Alabama. 
moving them to a different school wouldn't make me like them more. Yeah. Well, what does that matter to you? Like, I mean, like, I mean, people, people don't know you. I mean, I know I've, I know you pretty well from doing all these shows, I guess. But yeah, I'm, no, they say that about everybody. Like, or not everyone, but I'm saying like, this. You know, like, right. oh, people you know, personalize. He's from, he's from this school. You don't like him, or you. People do that to me, man. They'll be like, "Oh, you're a Pac-12 guy." I'm like, "Dude, I was in Georgia for like seven years. Like, and my family's from here. Like, I SEC football is like the best thing ever to me. Like, I'm a high school recruiting guy. That's all I do is interview SEC players. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. it's not like Pac-12. Like, this. I don't even. I don't even. I I didn't even have Sam Darnold in my top ten. Like, I don't care about that. Like, if you're good, you're good. Oh, of course. Um, like, am I, do I watch USC football more? Yeah. Somebody like Deontay Burnett, I was like, I thought he should have got drafted. He was really good. He didn't. That's fine. I'm not mad. Like, it is what it is. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I don't get why people are so, like, it's different if I was always online. Like, dude, I know you're not. It's, like, hard to even figure out, probably for the most part, who your favorite teams are. If if I didn't know you, like, I know you like the Steelers. I don't even know who your favorite college team is, honestly, because you don't really show any bias, honestly. So, <laughs> but, but which, uh, Jim's, Jim's the same Which one. is the way it should be, I think. <laughs> it's, you know, no, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it, yeah, I show my bias sometimes a little too much, but, um, I mean, you know, I get emotional. I'm an emotional guy. <laughs> but, um, I get that. I, get that. I respect yeah. you anyway. But, no, yeah. but, yeah, I still don't. But I'm not, like, I don't think you've ever seen me. Like, home God, home this guy's a USC home. No, I'm not. When I was a kid, maybe like a teen, like in high school, like I would have told you Matt Lyon, Reggie Bush. Like you, no one could have told me they were burning the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But I was yeah, also like exactly. 16 yeah. when they were in college, so I didn't know. Like I just saw they were the players from my favorite school. But now, like I don't care. <laughs> UCLA, Josh Rosen is my number one quarterback. Somebody was talking about me being a USC homer. I was like, my number one overall player is from UCLA. And Josh Rosen hates USC too. Like, of course he does. <laughs> but he hates USC. Like he, because I wanted him to go there so bad, but he didn't. Because he didn't like the school. He didn't like the people there and the hoopla and blah blah. But like, I get what you're saying. It doesn't matter. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was a little surprised that um, Tony Brown didn't get drafted. Like, I'm pretty sure he is surprised by that. And that guy. He's a pretty, I mean, a pretty long, gifted corner. Um, very six one, two hundred. Very good season, junior season. Sure. I mean, most of the guys that came out early though this year, I feel like actually made pretty good decisions. There's a couple that didn't. Trent Thompson was. I kind of feel bad for him, honestly. But I mean, I, you know, it's hard to feel bad for somebody that that was a good decision. But I mean, I think Matt Miller talked about it like no medicals. Great character, good senior, good junior season too. Like just not <laughs> drafted. Like you know, what I mean, he just didn't. He wasn't complete. I guess you know what I mean. Wasn't complete yet. He, he played good this year. Just, yeah, no, I understand. I mean, like I said, it happens. Well, that's why he should have stayed, though. I guess, right? For <laughs> senior season. Yeah, it just happens, you know. You can't really control. <clears throat> she can control that.
Yeah. When you think about the most surprising, you know, undrafted, I guess that would be one of them. Um, I'm trying to think who else I would put in that sort of list of. Cameron Kelly um, from San Diego State was. I'm surprised by that. In my draft, it was. Yeah, I guess it's probably. I'm trying to think sort of. Not sure it's one of them on the list, yeah. Yeah, I was looking, I mean, looking at my board. Uh, Godwin, uh, if it was okay for which you know, somebody already snagged him up, of course, but um, yes, forgot which team uh, trade to tweeted out. Tampa Bay, yeah, that's what team got him. Um, duh, of course, trade would tweet that, but so yeah, that, I mean, you know, that's gonna be tough. And they drafted some other safety too, but he, I think he can make the team for sure. Um, like Holton Hill, I mean, I get that he has character stuff and he yeah. smokes, yeah. but like Holton Hill, I mean that, like Puna Ford, I'm not that surprised by his teammate, but Holton Holton Hill, I was surprised. Uh, your boy Hercules Mat- Matafafa, um, yeah, was a tad yeah. They, I just they don't know what to do with him. Like, <laughs> like that's what I saw a tweet. Yep. I saw someone tweet like, well. Where, where does he play? Like defensive end or what? I don't know. Like so, still surprised. I would I would play him in the three four as a strong inside linebacker, and then in certain downs, I'd let him you know put his hand on the ground and rush. That's what I would do with him. Yeah, someone will figure it out. Somebody for sure. Will. Somebody will. Um. Trey uh, Vaughn Henderson, I was a tad bit surprised by. I know he's Hawaii, but still. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, a decent player. It wasn't like yeah, shocked. He's a decent player. Yeah, I wasn't just, like, completely shocked. Um, Cameron Kelly, like I said, I was, I was personally offended. <laughs> um, just because I had it really high. But I get, I, I get why people don't like him, too, though. Um, People loved him, man. It wasn't just me, though. There's a lot of, like, those guys at Draft Tech had him, like, really high. Um, <sighs> Lota Lili didn't get drafted, did he? No. No, he didn't. And deservedly so. He Not, yeah, I mean, nothing to write home about. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. To be honest. Everybody likes them, but they really don't. Like, I think it's all you know, like, to people have to talk to into them a little bit. Yeah, exactly what I mean. Um, PJ, no, PJ Hall got drafted. What am I, that's crazy. Talk. Sorry. Oh, um, he got drafted in the second. Yeah, hi. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, Lizard, I was a... Like, was acting all shocked, and I was like, watch. <laughs> who, who was acting shocked? John Ledger was acting all freaked out or shocked. Oh. I can't believe he went. Like, has he watched? I think he's going to want to be able to watch him. <laughs> That's what I gave this. Yeah, I've watched him. He's good. I mean, people were, yeah, I don't know. People were, somebody, somebody was on my Twitter. I don't know who he was, like, honestly. But it was like a retweet person. But they were shot by Breland Speaks. I was like, dude, like, Breland Speaks is good. Like, I know he's got, like, a weird body type. He's, like, 6'2", 285. But, like, 
And he plays yep. in, which is kind of weird, but like, he's good. Like, Ole Miss supposedly he's going to be playing linebacker, so that, that's apparently the yeah. Point. I mean, that's just odd, but like, I'm not surprised he got drafted that high. Honestly, still, I was at the Cal Ole Miss game. I mean, he dominated. I know it's Cal, but I mean, he was great, and he looked good on tape for the whole year. He's a one-year wonder for sure, but um. Yeah. Yes, he was. A lot of those old Miss kids gave up. He wasn't one of them. No, that's true. He did not look like he didn't really want to be there, which some of those kids, as you yeah. said, looked like they were just waiting yeah. for this. Uh... Transfer or enter the draft for the past two years, honestly. Um, even, even, I mean, A.J. Brown didn't, and Bruce Spieth didn't. That's it. And I like other players. You know how much I love Shea Patterson, but even at times he looks like he does not want to be there. Um, Jeffrey Holland was a, sh- a shocker to me, honestly. I, you know, I, <sighs> somebody somebody said, I hope he doesn't get dropped to, like, the day three. <laughs> and I kind of forgot. Like, I, I just assumed he got drafted, but then I looked today, and I was, like, round four and I was, or five, and I was like, man, like, how is it happening to me or him? Not me. Every year. Every year. Because he did, he tested well. And, like, he's from a big school. He came out early, I know, but he's a little undersized. I get it. But, like, that was one that you're like, okay, that's kind of a sleeper day three. And then he was being drafted at all. Like, um, I'm just always surprised when it's a guy like that and he doesn't have any, like, medical or off the field things that I know. I mean, by, by this time, you're probably going to know. Um, if somebody had told me, Bill, three years ago that <laughs> Jeffrey Holland and Kevin Tolliver, who were five-star teammates together in Jacksonville, wouldn't get drafted, I would have laughed at you and bet you a lot of money <laughs> and lost. Because yes. <laughs> if I had told Lord, you that, I mean, if I had told you that, um, like, Therese Fountain would be drafted and those two wouldn't, you would have just you would have not be able to contain yourself. Oh, yeah. I would have been like, okay, like, sure. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Holland, especially Holland, like, Culver, eh, like, he's always kind of just, like, really bad attitude. So I could see him. I thought he might get kicked out of school or something, which, you know, kind of almost did. He probably should have because he's great and bad. But, um, you know, bless Miles, mother. But <laughs> but Jeffrey Holland, yeah, I would I would have bet a lot <laughs> that he would have got, and I, I'm still like still kind of confused by it, honestly. Like I would love to see or talk to someone, um, and that's why that he hasn't got picked yet. He still has a sign, so. That's interesting. I thought he'd be well. No, signed. he did. He, I think he, he got signed. signed. I was say, the Broncos. Yeah, signed he, pretty quick. He like. just got signed by. He just got signed by the Broncos. No, he just got signed actually not long ago. Well, it was like a, a couple hours ago, I guess. I missed that. But yeah, so the Broncos. That's a good fit. Yeah, that's a good that's fit. Good fit. It's a good fit. He can make that team. Well, he'll make that team. Yeah, he should make that team. They love their pass rushers, right? They do. Well, the edge guys up there. Never have the chip, I, chip Lindsay's going to make it on the Broncos, too, I think. Um, and they actually got Lobo to lead. 
who I was talking about earlier. On the Broncos, I don't know if he'll make it because of medical and play. But, um, yeah, uh, kind of surprised still by Alan Lazard, Stephen Richardson. Um, not too – I guess Stephen Richardson's good three-tech with somebody, but he didn't make it. Um, I'm surprised Josh Adams didn't get drafted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Notre Dame players are flying off the board early and middle and late. You know, um, he didn't get picked. Kind of banged up a little bit. Um, yep. There's another guy that I thought I could draft um, Marcel Frazier. Yeah, yeah he Marcel Frazier. He shouldn't have got but drafted. He's, he's, he's basically Chad Thomas all over again. He suddenly looks like he'd be, he'd be a good football player, but you watch him, and it turns into just a bunch of waiting for him to do something. That guy. Yeah, Eric man, said it best. He was like, this is the most frustrating player. He said Eric said it was the most frustrating player he watched on tape <laughs> during the whole process. Because he was like, man, like, I was looking at this guy, and I was like, this dude looks like a freaking bodybuilder. and He's, like, very athletic, and he don't do anything. He doesn't even try. Like, he's giving up on plays and, like, yelling at referees. I think Jim said it, too. He was like, dude, like, have you watched this tape? I was like, yeah, like, I have. Like, I watch a lot of Missouri because we do lots. But, like, I had to rewatch. I was like, yeah, he does give up on plays a lot. Like, once he gets beat in that first launch, he's done. Like, That's it. That's it. Thanks for playing. <laughs> the Seahawks got him. Which I, that's a per, of course the Seahawks picked him right. Like Pete Carroll thinks he can fix everybody. Yep, right. He does think he can fix everybody. <laughs> Which he's done a good job at it. He's done a good job at it over the two, past two decades. But Mar- he probably was like, yeah, you know, Marcel Frazier gives up on plays. Whatever, I don't care. He doesn't care about his teammates. Kind of lazy. Has a bad attitude. Yeah, he's you got know, a, what I get. What what was that report about him? He's Oh, he, he shut down interviews halfway through the season after they lost the Georgia game, which I think was like the fourth game of the season. He wouldn't talk to him. Yeah, Brandon Kiley, um, who I've had on my show, covers them. He was just like, yeah, he shut down media. He wouldn't talk to anyone. And like, so, when, so other than being unproductive and immature, you know, gosh, what a great combination. Yeah. But uh, as you said, Pete does have a decent track record of, <laughs> you know, basically reaching the unreachable, teaching the unteachable, and he figures he can do it again. Yeah. He does. Also, he's only played football, I, guess, I think, right, for like three years? Yeah, four? Yeah, he was a basketball. Another one of those guys was a basketball guy. Yeah. Um, and like his junior year of high school or something, he started playing organized football. Yeah. Something like that. He's, no, he's, he started playing junior college. He didn't even play in high school. Oh, he didn't play basketball at all? No. Wow. <laughs> he was track and field. Jeez. Well, that explains a lot. That's why he's so And I think up. that's why, like, yeah, he – I told Eric that. He was like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Like, he's only been playing football for four years. That doesn't make it okay. Antonio Gates no. doesn't play college football. I mean, as long as he doesn't play college football, he's still a toss. 
but you can tell he feels like a guy that hasn't played much football because he really doesn't seem to get the, you know, hey, football, you know, is supposed to be hard. You know, I don't think he embraces that yet. You know, the grind. Yeah, I mean, it's embraces the quote-unquote grind. The grind. The grind, yeah. I mean, it, he's frustrating. He is a frustrating book. He, Arkansas Tate, good Lord, like, he looks like a monster, right? Yep. He's sad. I mean, he destroyed, he, like, wrecked Allen's career almost. Like, he, he got knocked out of the game because of Frazier. He had seven tackles for loss and three sacks. Like, that's versus Arkansas? Like, <laughs> like that's crazy. Like, and then BYU. What? I mean, he destroyed Tanner Mann's production. In one game, it's seventy. Yeah, two, two, yeah, one game or two. BYU and uh, he only had five sacks. They yep. four of them were BYU. BYU was one, and then three were Arkansas. Yes, and then he shut it down or whatever, whatever he does or didn't do. I mean, that's it. Like if you show yeah. people the right tape and don't show them the rest of it, you're thinking, oh man, what a steal! Why did this kid go in the first two rounds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I remember Brandon Kylie telling me like Marcel Frazier can be a top fifty pick. Um and he's at every practice, so I'm like, Okay, well let me look out for him. I looked at him, I was like, Yeah, he does look like a top fifty pick. But then I, Georgia yeah, game was Isaiah Wynn literally made him give up. The word is like, stunned. The kids like to say stunned. He got stunned. You know. He got stunned by yeah, he got stunned by when like when I think there was another um, late season game, it was A&M, I think, um, they played. And A&M gave up a lot of sacks. As yeah, they're, they're they're like, but, not good. You should have. You should yeah. have nuts to get that offensive line. And he didn't. He, he, no. he, he got benched. Yeah. And Barry Odom, is a D, you know Barry Odom. Like, Barry Odom, is he was the D-line coach for Pinkle for, like, I remember ever. Barry Odom as a linebacker. Yeah, like Odom, Odom's developed all these Missouri pass rushers for the past 15 years, and he really focused on Frazier, I think, and yep. thought he was going to be really good. Frazier to have a breakout season. I remember reading all the stuff where he was being yeah. used and all the preseason. I was excited about him, too, coming into the season. Yeah. And yeah, especially I with saw, Charles Harris. The year I before. saw him yeah. have that freak show of a game. Against Arkansas, and I got a little excited, and I was like, okay. Everything in the preseason said that Frazier worked harder than he ever had before in the past, and, you know, as you said, Odin's going to make his next special project and, you know, be a first-time traffic, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, halfway through the season, as is his way, he basically stopped playing football. Yeah, so, <laughs> pretty much. Um and I did, I did, I did say he only had five sacks. He had seven and a half in the bowl game. I forgot they made. He actually played right. in that game too, yep. which was his last game. So he's like, yeah, you know, I got to put on a little show. But <laughs> a lot of those Missouri guys are like that. Jamal Moore is the same. You know, we drafted him pretty high, uh, the Packers. But same way. I mean, he had games where I was like, man, Jamal Moore looks like, you know, top one hundred guy, which he almost was still, but. Um, he, the only consistent player on that team, time. the Georgia game, man, like, <laughs> I know Georgia's secondary was probably the only weakness on the team, so, you know, got to take it for what it's worth, but Jamal Moore just destroyed it. Um, yes. 
Drew Locke was just throwing, throwing. He was throwing to him like go route. Just keep running. I'll throw it to you. Like, <laughs> like it worked for the first half, and then you know Georgia's defense. Rokon's like, nah, you know this ain't working. This ain't gonna happen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, he's frustrating. I mean, like like I said, but, I mean, yeah, Seahawks is another team. I mean, he fits on the team though. A loose personality and underproductive. Pete Carroll's going to try to fix them. Let's see what happens in a couple of years and maybe a couple months. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I don't want to talk about too many. I mean, there's just I mean, there's a few interesting guys. This is like all I've been doing is watch tape. There's a few like J.C. Jackson from Maryland. I thought he was going to get picked. Everyone kept calling him like the sleeper. Draft Twitter loves J.C. Jackson. Uh, Justin was odd. Dudes, for reasons I'm not sure I understand sometimes. Like, that, I, I said, sometimes Chester will fall in love with some odd dudes for reasons I'm not sure I understand. Like, sometimes I'll understand it. Well, this guy has this one particular quality that's outstanding. Or, or maybe they saw this one great game that he had. I get that. I, I was like, remember when everybody was super excited about um, Kyle Van Oy? Man, Kyle Van Oy, look. And then I was the super game, excited. <laughs> yeah, game, I was one of those. Right. The first, we're all watching, like, it's like, drafters all watching together and tweeting about it. And then the first game of the season, I think it was against San Diego State, um, clearly the best player on their team was the Giancho. It was, like, it was hilarious. It's like, wait a second. Everyone thought about Kyle Van Who is this kid? Because the Giancho, you know, had been only on, like, special teams the year before. I think he'd been, like, 29 snaps on defense to his career to that, his career to that point. <laughs> I mean, literally 29 snaps. And then, um, you know, but he shows up and just is just wrecking, wrecking uh, San Diego State. Just, they can't do anything with him. And, of course, I guess part of it is because they didn't really have him even in their damn scouting report. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> and that's what we were saying. Like, who is this guy? And he, from that point forward, you know, I tweeted out, this guy's going to be a first-round draft pick. <laughs> I remember tweeting that out because it's just amazing, like, where he come from. Who, he was like a mystery man because the year before, literally the year before, they were they didn't figure out what position to play him. Originally, they were going to try to make him to, I think, a tight end. You know, they were trying to figure out what to do with this kid. And then they figured it out, obviously. <laughs> Because the analytics, like, I'm a little behind on because, like, 
Ethan Young, like, he's, like, 19. So, like, he's so good with numbers. Like, that's all he knows is analytics. So, like, <laughs> like so that's cool. I know Jim's kind of both. Like, Jim watches a lot of tape. Like, Ethan just doesn't – Ethan doesn't watch that much football, too. Like, he's just really good at numbers. Like, he's – his major is statistics, and he's working for UCLA now, and, like, he's just all about numbers. Like, and I'm not that much in analytics, like, but it's cool. But that's the young guys. I feel like they just they're like very flash reaction. They don't wait on players either. Like to be if they're bad, if they're bad, if they're good, they're good right now. Like there's no getting better or worse. Like <laughs> so J yeah, J C Jackson is I don't know. I mean I wish he But it's over I kinda wish he's Yeah, I mean for, you know, he Florida didn't work out because there's <laughs> They have so many cornerbacks at Florida when he was there. So I'm glad he transferred to Maryland. I thought that was a good home for him. But, you know, it just – he's on the – he got signed to the Patriots. So I think he might make the team. They use so many DBs that he might actually make it. But I'm kind of surprised they signed him just because, like, he's a great athlete, but he's not smart. He gets burned a lot. But I guess Bill Belichick, you know, is the undrafted free agent. so. He take, he's taking a chance on an athlete that he could probably make a smart play. Um, just fine, because the Patriots, you know, they can do stuff like that. <laughs> the what with all that good stuff, yeah. Yeah. J.C. Jackson, a little bit of surprise, a little bit. Other than that, yeah, I can't really think of too many. There's some guys that I know that personally are disappointed. Um, Austin Roberts from UCLA. Um, I don't know why that kid left early, dude. I don't get it. I, I don't get why a bunch of these kids leave early. Like, yeah, but like Austin early. Roberts was not ever going to be a top pick. Like, there, he wasn't – there's was never, like, there's no – he is what he is. Like, he's not – like, you know, he's an undersized backup tight end, like. Didn't even start. And, like, Chip Kelly would have used, like, he would have been a lot better off playing a chip system than uh, Coach mm-hmm. Morris. Mm-hmm. And his dad's on the staff, right? His, dad, his, dad, his dad's in the NFL on the yeah. Chargers staff. He's a running back coach. But his, I think his, like, uncle or something is on the staff still, like, as a strength and conditioning or something like that. One of the staff. I don't know. That was just an odd one to me. Like, Khalil McKenzie was odd. Because, I mean, it's like, you don't, you know, he's fine financially. Like, I know he still got drafted, but, like, yeah, I, I just thought he would have stayed. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt is a really good defensive coordinator. Don't know if he's going to be a good head coach. We'll see. But, like, just because your coach leaves on me, you got to, like, leave college. You know, you can transfer to <laughs> different schools. <laughs> I don't know. You know, hey, whatever. Yeah, Khalil, what is it? They moved up for Khalil. He didn't go to the Raiders. I thought he was going to go to the Raiders, but he went to, I guess, apparently they were about to draft him, and the Chiefs moved up. <laughs> Which was, That's hilarious. That was, that was probably one of them. <laughs> that was fun. That's hilarious. Yeah, I saw a tweet from, like, somebody. I forgot who it was. Like, on the NFL Network, they're like, yeah, well, it looks like uh, we're about to have a story about McKenzie. Reunite with his dad. Chiefs move up and draft him. That was pretty funny. <laughs> it was. 
it was. That was they just went up and snagged them. Yeah, nope. that was, that was, there'll be no father's son reunion here on our watch. Yeah, that chief locker room is some 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 interesting uh, person. <laughs> well, he's playing guard now, anyway. So I mean, he's not playing. Yeah, the chief drafted him as a guard. So yeah, I don't know why they think that's gonna be better or easier or whatever. Never played guard in his life. <laughs> we'll see how it works. Best way to learn in the NFL, right? <laughs> in the AFC West. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah. He, I mean, it's another guy uh, drafting stash maybe. You can't really stash too many guys in the NFL. This isn't like, there's no D-League. So like, it's the only thing. Like, I don't know how many private squad people you can hold. I, I don't know the numbers, so. Can't, seven? Can't be too I, think I think it's seven. Is it only seven? Oh God, that's even lower than I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not good. Um, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure Darren Carrington was pretty, pretty, pretty disappointed. But I mean, off the field and drug issues. Yeah, it's not ideal when you've got um, off the field and drug issues. He was probably, JT was probably disappointed, too. Pretty sure. Um, shoot, probably Jamar King, man. He probably thought, you know, like, I'm a backup one from Alabama. What about me? Hey, why just, <laughs> why not, why just, you know, the Steelers pick? Like, what about me? Whatever. Lord help us. Will Richardson, Will Richardson didn't get drafted. I don't think. Did he? I thought he did. Yeah, okay, maybe I, mean, I might have missed that one. Not early, but I'm pretty sure he did. Joel Osman didn't. Joe, Joe, Joe Osman did not get drafted. But he got picked yeah, up knew, uh, by. He did. Yeah. Uh, I knew a second ago who it was. Um. I have to go back and check, but yeah, he got picked up. All right, well, that's good. Yeah, Demario Richard got picked up too by the Falcons, which I was happy about <laughs> for him. Um, where did uh, Tim Settle go? I know he did get drafted eventually. He got drafted. Um. Hey. But yeah, um, you were asking about um, it's too subtle. I know you got the uh, the Redskins. Oh, could be definitely wrong with that. 
say. I just can confirm. But yeah, Tom Selleck got picked up. You should have came in. I picked up that draft. Yeah, you should have came back. For sure. Yeah, so there's Tim. Uh, he is in. Yeah, he is in Washington, where he and Brett okay. Strowman have been. Yeah. Um, <laughs> brought we'll stay close to home. Yeah. Yep. Jeff Bedette got picked up by uh, Minnesota. Which I know, like, I know, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised he didn't get drafted, but people kind of like, it was like a weird late push with him. I think it was because of, like, him and Baker were, like, roommates or something. I don't know, like, because I was like, Jeff Bedette is, like, not that good. Like, <laughs> he's just a receiver. I mean, he was cool, like, receiver. I mean, he always, like, came into the clutch with Oklahoma. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> he wasn't even the best receiver on the team. Like, all those underclassmen, and then you know Didi from a few years ago. Because I was not surprised seeing it picked up. <clears throat> no, people were talking about the Browns getting in late, but I was like, I don't think Baker's making that much pull yet. Like, <laughs> on receivers, he can just we just tell the uh, yeah, like don't I know they? I don't think so. They gave Johnny that much pull last time though, because he got. One of the A and M wide receivers picked up, but that didn't really work out too well. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much it. I mean, oh, other guy. I mean, Ralph Webb went to the Patriots, which is good. That was smart. That's a up. great landing spot for him. He's a great kid and a super underrated little running back. While we're on the subject. Yeah, he could he could make the Patriots squad, man, for sure. He looks like all their other running backs, also. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you five foot nine? Are you quick? You have good hands. Come on down. Will in the block. <laughs> well, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Very short. Yeah. I mean, Very that, short. I want to do that. That's a that's a good signing so far. I think I, the Alan Lazard one, though, man, I just think it's going to be a weird thing where, like, he ends up better than DJ Shark. I know that sounds crazy, but, like. <laughs> it doesn't sound crazy. First of all, DJ Shark's not that good. Um, well, I, yeah, I said, well, I said that on Twitter. People were like, dude, like, there's a reason he didn't get drafted. I was like, yeah, like, okay, like, I get that. But he's a premium, like, undrafted free agent. Like, he's just some scrub guy. Like, you know, I mean, none of these guys are scrubs. But, you know, I mean, he he's good. DJ Shark's not that great, like. Don't blame, I mean, I know Danny Elling was horrible, but he did get drafted, so. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, which also kind of bothers me, but I'll live with it, I guess. I mean, figured that one was coming at some point. But, uh, yeah, DJ Shark, Alan Lazard, why is DJ Shark so much better than Alan Lazard is what I want to know. Like, besides, yeah, I mean, he, obviously, way faster than him, but, like, other than that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's a huge – I mean, neither of those guys are guys that I think are great, but if you're just deciding between one or the other, you know, hopefully, well, one, find better choices. But <laughs> if you've got to choose between those two, why not Lazard? 
The only real difference yeah. is that the shark's smaller and faster. Yeah, so a lot. I mean, so somewhat linear, <laughs> limited. You know, height, weight, speed, blah blah blah. Yeah, I like Lazar, man. I had him pretty high in the preseason, so still kind of crushing a little bit, but it's okay. I get it. Um, <laughs> Quinn Meeks, too. He went to the Jaguars. That I mean, the Jaguars didn't get drafted. There, my friend. Yeah, I mean they they're signing some studs, man. I mean they're signing like premium guys to me, like guys. There's no brainers. Like the immediate signing guys, like the priority guys. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, Quinn Flowers on the Bengals is weird because I think he actually like could make the team, but he's not going to be able to play quarterback. Like, no, he's not going to be playing quarterback. I mean, as much as I love I, to see black quarterbacks get a fair shot and all that good stuff. <laughs> That he's he's not. I watched not. him up close and personal at the the Shrine game, and yeah, I said okay, okay. I'm not going to complain when they move him to another position. He he needs to do something else besides try to play quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I mean, do you kind of get the same feeling about uh, JT, or do you think he could play quarterback? I think he's a about much better. JT Barrett. Well, JT doesn't really have the option, so he better play be able to play quarterback. Uh, I mean, if I they were talking about him moving to running back or whatever, I, mean, I don't think he can move to any other position. I think he's a quarterback or a CFL quarterback. I mean, I think those are his two choices. You know, he's playing I, quarterback either down here or up there. I just don't see another <laughs> option for him. Yeah, he's not that athletic as people like want to make He's a decent athlete, but... Yeah, you, you can't very be good. a decent athlete. <laughs> you know, they're not just opening the doors for guys to be decent athletes. You've got to be, you know, Terrell Pryor. I mean, that's the kind of guys that – Julian Edelman. Those are the guys that succeed when they make the transition from playing quarterback guys. I mean, Pryor's a freak, and Edelman is – while he's not a freak, he's an exceptional athlete, particularly – what do you have, a six six three, um three cone or something? And yeah, the Super fast yeah. three pound. That's not who JT is. JT nah. is either a CFL quarterback or he's an NFL backup. Those are really the two options that are out there for JT Barrett. So, yeah. He wasn't even the fastest quarterback at the um, combine. <laughs> nope. <laughs> he was one, yeah, Josh Allen ran faster than him. But, I mean, and uh, somebody else did. I forgot who it was. But, um, Danny Elliott, well, I think Elliott ran pretty fast. Surprisingly, I was really surprised that he Because on tape, I mean, obviously Danny Elliott doesn't look like it, very athletic to me or big. I didn't see him out running a lot of people on tape, if that's what you're saying. Yes, I agree with you. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, but the Quentin uh, Flowers, yeah, he can play a uh, different position. He's <clears throat> definitely athletic to play receiver or safety, which I've seen, and probably going to take a while for him to play safety, but <laughs> um, we're running back or something, but special teams, for sure. I do like that he went to the Bengals. I feel like they're like a team that is definitely like open to 
moving around people like that. Some teams aren't, but I think <clears throat> the Bengals are for sure. No, I, I I have a good feeling about him surviving. You know, making it from at some position somehow for somebody. Great flowers we're talking about. Like I said, JT is a quarterback yeah. or bust. You know, either you know down here or up there. He's going to play quarterback. And he's going to he's going to do anything. He's going to be playing quarterback. That's that's it for him. There's I don't think there's any other place he could go. Uh, position one. Do, do we get Louis Perez on the team yet? Louis Perez gets signed? You know what? I should check. I'm pretty sure he's been signed by somebody. Um, I hope I guess so. it's probably one of the techs. Because I'm looking at the quarterbacks, and I'm like, it's starting to get like a lot of quarterbacks are getting picked up at this point. Okay, all of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pretty much. So, but I hadn't seen his name yet. Houston, Houston, I know, liked him a lot. So I hope, like, because I'm doing work in the. I know Jeff was saying Houston. I feel like Houston. Houston signed Nick uh, Shimanick, though. So probably not. Yes, that's right. They did. They kept him home, yeah. I I, I like that. Their backup quarterbacks are trash. Like, Grant Weedon should not be there. True, though. That is true. And Brandon, I don't know how Brandon Wheaton still. He's old and not good. Like, <laughs> but not um, using a great combination, is it? Yeah. Like, and then he's their backup quarterback. That's not. I really feel like the Texans should have should really address that. They got. Well, they got. Who else is the other quarterback? Uh, it's like. Ryan Fitzpatrick or something? I don't know. Maybe not him, but like somebody like that. It might be. I think it is. That, I mean, and there's they you know Nick Schimanek can make the team. I mean, it's like they they might trade for Christian Hackenberry, but like is that enough? You know what I mean? Him and Bill O'Brien together would be cool again, but I don't know. <laughs> but Bryce Petty. Too. He's on the block. One of them is getting traded. Yes. I'd rather have Bryce, Bryce Petty than... Honestly, like, I, I'd rather have Bryce Petty than Christian Hackenberry, but I kind of, like, would not at the same time. I just want to see, like, if Christian Hackenberry is good. Like, I know he's probably not, <laughs> but he hasn't played at all. It's making me angry. Yeah, there's a reason. I mean, he's been bad in preseason, though, so, yeah. I've seen him. He's been bad seen enough of them. every way that a person can be bad. Yeah, when a team refuses good. to play someone <laughs> yeah. in games that don't count, that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. You can't. That's pretty bad. Because they know the only chance they have of being able to move him in a trade is if no one ever sees him play. They know that if someone sees yeah. him play. Oh, no, no. Yeah, we don't like, oh, hell, no. Hell, no. We don't want to trade. Yeah. We won't get for it. We won't give you a bag of donuts for him. <laughs> no, you're right. I, that's why I was like, I don't get the Houston thing. Like, all right, give it up, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Houston had so many chances to draft um, Christian Hackenberg. You know what I mean? Everyone was like, Philip Bryan's going to draft. Didn't do it. At this point, I think, like, that's over with. You know, even as, even as a backup, like, I think. I don't think – I mean, I would 
probably rather have Brandon Whedon over <laughs> Christian Hackenberg. Um, even though I don't, I hate Brandon Whedon. I've never liked him ever, but <laughs> I would still <laughs> at least like, you know, at least he's played in some games. He started a lot of games. He's a veteran. Hackenberg has no idea what's going on. It is Ryan Fitzpatrick too, so they do have some veteran backup quarterbacks. You know, two, two, two older older men at that position. <laughs> older. I just don't. The Sean Watson's probably like, dude, really? Like, these are the guys I got to hang out with in the quarterback. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's probably I mean, hard to get these guys to listen to the weekend. Yeah, I mean, he might not mind Fitzpatrick. I mean, you know, he seems like an interesting guy. He's smart and all these little weed He's smart and went to Harvard. <sighs> yeah, yeah, 48 yeah, of the yeah. Wonder League. Yeah, like, all right. We can keep him, but we didn't got to go. We didn't is very, very uh, different <clears throat> than <laughs> That whole team, really, like, the whole offense is so young. And, like, they're all from, like, Georgia and Florida, I feel like. For some reason, they got a lot of like all the guys from that team from the south, like you know Fuller and like Hop and uh, yeah, all of them. Like we're all the uh, you know, a lot, as you know, a lot of really good football is played and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah of, course. <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, those guys gel like together well. I just feel like they and it's like and then you got these like Brandon, he's messing everything. <laughs> I don't like him. Get rid of him. Take him off the team. He is a um, <clears throat> very, very, very Republican person. <laughs> very, very uh, I've heard of these things about him. Yes, Mr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not saying I care about that. It's just kind of like funny. Because I just feel like that team, man, I don't know. Well, the only, I mean, if you pop in there, probably loves Brandon Weeden. I didn't think about that. <laughs> but, yeah, like, got to have this guy on the beach. <laughs> they did draft Justin Reed, though, which I found interesting, you know, his, his brother yep. is, yep. you know. But yeah. the whole taking the knee thing, dude, like, I'm so tired of that, honestly. Like, when I heard Guy well, was, like, taking uh, – I was like, oh, God, like, is this why he's falling? I'm, I guess that wasn't the reason, which I'm happy, but, like, Why? Why? Like, I just, I just want to, like, I just don't care. Like, I don't care. Why is it such a big deal to these people? Like, It's only a big deal because it's depriving people of the opportunity to control young black men. Let's be honest. As long as you're controllable or quiet or docile or unassuming, no one has a problem. Not a problem. Right? Even if you do the occasional bad stuff, no one complained about Michael Irvin. It was Michael Irvin, you know, he was doing stuff, but it wasn't stuff that they cared about. Yeah, he might be doing cocaine and partying with hookers, but, you know, he was, but he wasn't taking any stands against anything. Exactly, yeah. You know, right. who, no one knows what he was anti. He was pro-hookers and cocaine, but he was definitely <laughs> anything that they cared about. Yeah, and they care a lot about this, obviously, because it's still being talked. I mean, I had, like, today, like, some one of the players had tweeted out, uh, not even a top guy, like Allen or whoever, who his tweets, you know, obviously it's different from the seven-pound guy, but, like, 
one of the guys, I think it was the West Georgia kid, um, Harrison. Like, he tweeted, like, and I don't think that's the reason, like, he fell or whatever, but, like, somebody was like, dude, he tweeted, like, something about, he tweeted, like, hashtag Black Lives Matter. Like, what? Like, that's, I really going to say that's the, that's the reason he fell. Okay. Are we doing this right now? Like, well, <laughs> Harrison, Harrison had some character stuff already coming. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's why he had to transfer in the first place. We'll talk more later. Um, okay. I don't think he's a bad kid, but he clearly made some questionable decisions in his younger days. I think he's grown up. We'll find out. Um, he's talented. He's physically speaking probably either the most or no lower than the second most. Ta- I think he might be the most athletic tackle in the class, actually. Because um, Colton Miller would be fast, very disappointed in you for saying that. West Club is <laughs> close between, it's yeah, close between yeah. the two. But I think I think Harrison had the better vertical. They're, they tested pretty close to each other. Have to buy. I'm not looking at the anything, so I probably I might be wrong. But my memory was that they were close together in all the testing, but Harrison had the better vertical, I think. Because Harrison couldn't complete all the testing. Um, I think he could only do what happened. I'm trying to what happened with this. But, but yeah, he's a, he's a good athlete. I mean, and he's a guy who still needs to get stronger. Um, but hey, let's be honest. How many guys do we think have a chance to be a really solid starting left tackle? The answer is a small yeah. number. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Right? It's a small number. Very small, small number of dudes. You know? I don't even think Colton's going to be that great. I think he's going to be a right. And I like Colton. I think he could turn into a, good, a very good left tackle, but the odds of that happening are low. Like, honestly, like, um, I think McGlinchey will. And yeah, as a right tackle, right? I think Mugenji ends up being a right tackle. I don't. I, I, I think don't he ends think. up being a right. I could see him being a, a left tackle, but I mean, not for long. I mean, you know what? <laughs> I take it back. He's more of a right. I get it. He's more of a right. I take it back. Harrison didn't complete. He, oh, he right. He, I think he pulled up after the forty. I think he didn't even complete that, but because he only ran. It was when he was able to do fifth, which was on the 40. Okay. Well, I mean, he's still a very athletic guy. I mean, I, I, I've seen his day. I actually saw him play, and he's good. Like, I didn't know he had the character stuff. I mean, I know some guys end up for smaller schools for different reasons, but um, all I'm saying is, like, yeah, you know, he, he had to leave Texas. He, he and Texas did not get along. He got suspended yeah. twice and was eventually dismissed from the team. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't do my. Homework character wise on him. Um, yeah, I mean it. Just that, that that stuff. I'm sure he did what he did, but like, as far as taking knees or standing up for like social activism, like, dude, like, it makes me so mad. Like, well, I try not to think too much about it, just because well, like. But here's, but here's the thing: the guys went to be doing it for fun. You know what I mean? It's not like they just woke up one day and said, "Gosh, I think I should just jeopardize my career on a whim." You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's – I wish people would just think through this. Guys don't just wake up one morning, you know, being a young millionaire <laughs> and say, let me just jeopardize all of this 
this game I've been working all my life to play at a professional level. Let me put all this on the line uh, just because. Just, you know, because my eggs were running this morning. I mean, come on. Think through this. Now, yeah, like, Darius Geist comes from a place where the police aren't your friend. Let's be very clear about this. He has seen some unpleasant interactions and may even had some unpleasant interactions when he was younger, but with the, with the police. This is something that if you know his story, you know that that's a fact. So, yeah. You know, his, his best friend got shot. Um, correct. Not by the police, but he got, it was, a, I don't know, it was like a crazy story, but the police were definitely involved. Like, and he like, oh, this dude was so scared of the police, his friend, he ran to a different gang. That's how scared he was. The police. That's pretty bad. Like, so, <laughs> like, they are running the police away. This man chose the other route and got killed. Like, that's bad. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't imagine. Like, I didn't grow up like that, but I know people I did. So, like, that's insane. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine, like, what, how that is. Like, that's, like, these guys, I know they don't get that, but, like, they should at least, they might not get that, like, but they should get what you said the first time. Like, these young dudes aren't going to jeopardize what they've fought for it's such a hard thing to do and like for for nothing like you just don't wake up like yeah i want to pick a knee like just because i'm a brat like like literally went to a camp like two weeks ago seven on seven i got so mad but like you can't you know like what am i gonna say like there's nothing i can really do at that point but like this guy over here this guy's like oh like i wish these kids would stop taking knees like so like immature like that's not are you kidding me like <laughs> immature, like, are we really going to put that in the same category as immaturity? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> these are people who, empathy is maybe the most difficult of all of the human, like, when you look at the, the spectrum of human feelings, the one that's maybe the most difficult to master is empathy. The ability to truly whether or not you can actually understand or feel, but to at least attempt to understand and feel what other people feel. It is difficult. It's not even bother to try, obviously, but it is not understood by the rank and file of white America. Let's just be honest. The actual relationship that young black men tend to have with the police. Even rich young black men don't usually have a friendly relationship with the police. Sad, but true. So, we, yeah, and most of these guys didn't grow up rich, you know. I mean, there's a few of them that had nice upbringings, but for the most part, they came from tougher areas and they saw some things, including being called things that you would not like to be called. They saw friends of theirs get slapped around, roughed up, insulted, you know, all kinds of things. Occasionally, even physically, and obviously, you know, other abused various ways. So, when people say, I don't get it, I don't understand why they're doing this, well, one, I mean, do you not read? You know, like, it's it's not like it's hard to find the, once again, when people say, I didn't know this happened, right? I remember back when, I'm almost sure when Ronald Reagan was a presidential candidate, and he was talking about, you know, he didn't know there was a race problem in America until blah, blah, blah. It's like, here's how I know that can't be true. Because when he was growing up, the newspapers in the area where he grew up would literally 
have stories, numbers of stories of lynchings, almost like we see baseball scores. Lynchings were so damn common when he was growing up that they were, they didn't even bother writing individual stories sometimes on lynchings. They would just report them and give you the numbers of lynchings. Yeah, we had that's a, insane. In America, when he was a young man. So and he was an yeah. aspiring journalist. So either he was the world's worst aspiring journalist when he was a young man, who just failed to be aware of what was going on around him, or he conveniently forgot about yeah. the world in which he grew, where lynchings were frighteningly common. So America has a blind spot, right, when it comes to race. You and I both know it. We turn yeah. this oh, belief. Yeah. It's strange. It's like the person who doesn't want to go to the hospital or see a doctor because they're afraid they might find out that they're sick. Yeah. America to pretend everything. Oh God, that was. You're so right, man. You're so right. Slavery was so long ago. You know, you want to know how long ago slavery was? My father was raised by his grandparents, Sarah and Thomas Carroll. My father's grandparents were born to slaves. They were the first people in their family to not be slaves. Those, that's my father's grandparents. Yeah, so, yeah. My, you know, my, my great grandma's still alive. You've commented on like pictures out there up on there, like, dude, she's told me a lot. <laughs> you know, like that's on my mom's side, so they're from Georgia, like Florida, Georgia. Like, she's ninety-five. Okay. You know what I mean? So she, I mean, she wasn't born in the South, but well, still, like. She was from, she's from Michigan, but so she as in she didn't have it as bad, like growing up. And then she moved here because they burned down her family store, which like they were the only black people to have a, a store where she lived in Michigan. They burned it down, so yep. she moved here, and it was hell. Like you know what I mean? But it was so much cheaper to live than having money. So like, kind of yep. yeah. She's ninety five, dude. She's still alive. Like she'll tell me like, yep. cool. It's crazy talking to her. Crazy talking to her. Because, like, yeah. she, like <laughs> everything's just so weird. Like, I just feel like I'm in, like, this historic state when I talk to her. Because she'll be like, well, when I was, you know, she's, she's older. Sometimes she forgets stuff. Like, she'll say, like, you you need to watch out for, like, a white person. Like, why? Like, she's my friend. She's just like, you got to watch out. You got to watch out. But, and I didn't but, get that at first. Like, when she told me that I was, like, 15, like, I think I brought, like, my friend home. Like, not a girl, just a dude. Like, she was just not, you know, she didn't care, but she told me when he left. You know, be, be careful. careful. Watch Ask about his pants. Yeah, and it's just like, I'm like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's weird. Like, and then, like, I, I, where I grew up, too, like, like I said, like, it was, it's mostly, like, I grew up in Temecula, like, like, uh, yes. Mostly white, middle class, the, the hard, suburbs, the rough hard white. streets of Temecula. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's, but then like I I did, I had never been to like my mom's side. It was always just my dad's side. My dad's side is a little bit more prestige, prominent, they pretty pretty good jobs. Like my mom's side is total opposite. Like gangs, drugs, violence, like south, like grimy south, man. Like just imagine you could think about it. Like, and I came here and I was like, dude, this is crazy. Like I didn't know that like anything about racism, honestly, because, like, I didn't really have to... I mean, like, people were, like, you know, the white kids in my class were, like, racist jokes. Like, it wasn't, like, whatever. Like, I, didn't, I thought it was just, like, oh, I'm the only black person in the class, like, whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I was the only black you person. Did, you did what black kids do. You find a way to excuse <laughs> it or ignore it. That's what we do. Right. 
I get it. Yeah, but when I met my family from here, like, <laughs> total opposite. Like, they grew up just totally different. I mean, like, my, one of my favorite cousins, man, like, he was in a gang. Like, Bud, like, got shot five times, survived, like, in the newspaper. Like, you wouldn't, if you met me, you'd be like, what the hell? Like, how's this, like, we're first cousins. Like, it's just, it's, that's what it is. But I didn't know that side of my family, so it was, like, really weird. Like, they're like, dude, we deal with racism all the time down here. Like, you got it easy. Like, you're, they always call me soft, man. Like, you know what I mean? Because like, yep. I came down here playing football, and you're like, you know, he's like some West Coast kid, you know, playing all these little white dudes. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, honestly, like, right, right. That's how it works. They talk about your taste for snow bunnies and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all that, all that. We're listening to like Lincoln Park, like. They're listening to, and I listen to Wayne and like stuff too. When I was little, like I listened to like music they didn't like even know about. So like, it was all that was weird, like culture shock. But like, mainly just like my great grandma, man. She like, yeah. <laughs> First time she just told me to watch out. I was like, what the hell does she mean watch out? Like, just, like they're white. Like, what do you mean watch out? She's like, white. White people do a lot of bad stuff. So I was like, yeah, like not really. Like, <laughs> I was like, did they? Oh, that was, like, the worst thing I said ever, probably in my family history. I was, like, 15, though. But, like, oh, wow. I was, like, white people are great. Like, they do all this, like, everything. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they haven't done anything. I was, like, you know, like, you know. They had slaves, but, like, <laughs> that's it. I didn't really even understand how bad slavery was. I'm honestly being so truthful. Because when you grew up around, like, middle-class white people, like, they're not going to talk about that. Like, the schools I went to, like, they're not, there's a lot of Hispanic kids at my school, too, because it's California, but, like, their racism is a little different. It is different. You know what I mean? Because, like, people will say that, they'll be like, well, you grew up in, like, San Diego, there's a lot of Mexican people, like, they got discriminated against, too. I'm like, yeah, but, like, it was way different. Like, like, I couldn't go to people's parents' house. Like, Mexican people didn't have that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And this is like, I'm like, I'm not, like, I was born in like 80, like, nine, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not old. Like, it's not like I'm, like, that, that's not, it's still now, man. Like, if they get pulled over by the cops, like, I don't know if it's my last time. Yep. It doesn't matter if I'm in college. It doesn't matter what kind of car I have. It doesn't matter where I'm from. They're going to see a bigger black man with a beard and be like, okay, well, Young black man, beard, <laughs> heavy set guy, like okay, like scary, intimidating, like <laughs> that's insane to me. Like people don't oh, get yeah. that. Like, that's that's the crazy part. Like I know obviously you do, like but talking about like if I go to a camp and I'm talking to these guys, like you know social issues are gonna come up. I'm always one of the youngest and one of the only black. So <laughs> they were talking about stuff and like. Barton Simmons and those guys, like, I'm not calling his name out because he didn't say anything, but, like, his guys, they're dumb. Like, they don't know. Like, they're just, his guys, his younger guys are just, like, dude, like, I don't see why these black people are taking knees. Like, they're just being immature. Like, they're, like, black people are fine. Like, there's so many rich black people. That was the argument. Like, legitimately heard them say Yeah, like, they're, like, obviously, obviously they threw the Obama thing in there, like, 
we've came such a long way. Like, we just had a black president for eight <laughs> Like, the most generic, like, yeah. most generic. Yep. Yeah. I was just like, mean. dude, like, are we still doing this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're doing it hard. They're doing it hard. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, if they don't do that, they have to deal with it. It's like, you can either deal with the fact that there's a bear in the room, or you can throw something over and pretend it's furniture. They would prefer to, you know, block off that part of the room, not even look in that direction, than to deal with the fact that there's a bear in the room, right? This country has a bleeding, weeping sore that has been on it since before it was a nation, right? This goes back since the, to the very beginnings of the beginning. We, we're, we're standing on ground that was seized violently from other people. Let's not forget about that part. So for all this talk of, you know, all the wonderful things that have happened here in this nation, it is a nation that was seized violently from other people. Right? Let's not forget yeah, that. that yeah, people don't want to talk about that either. Everyone's dismissing the Native American people, and that's like always. So, so we're talking about a place that was violently taken from someone else who was already here. Then these people who desperately were seeking freedom from oppression, what's the first thing they do when they get to the new country? We start oppressing someone else, right? Uh, not even just the Native Americans, not even just the, the captured Africans, even each other. I mean, there was all these, you know, heresy trials and the witch trials and the this. So. This is a country with a very complicated history. And even yeah. the American Revolution, even the American Revolution, people don't really understand how divided the country was. It wasn't like all of a sudden all the colonists were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's get free from England. No. The vast majority at the time that Rosen began were not for independence from England. There were a few parts of the country, mostly in the northeast, you know, Boston, Philadelphia. But even there, it wasn't unanimous. But, the, but in those places, there was a strong feeling for, for full independence. Most of the United States, by far, especially in the south, wanted just to have a better situation with England. But they didn't want to be free from England. There were, I don't know right. what you know about the Revolutionary War, but there were battles fought, especially in Georgia and South Carolina, where not a single British soldier was present. Did you know that? No, yeah. I mean, I, I did not know that. I, I do, I'm pretty good at history and stuff, but like, I did not know there that. There were battles, plural, multiple battles, the largest of which being um, Battle of Kings Mountain, I believe, where not a single British soldier was, it was all Americans versus Americans, Tories versus the quote-unquote patriots. So this is a yeah, civil war. People don't seem to realize that. The American quote-unquote Revolutionary War was actually a civil war, especially in the South. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So there's a lot more going on. Yeah, I was just disappointed. Like, I mean, it it was a younger guy. Like, I talked to him. I wasn't just going to, like, just have a full conversation on the table. I'm not just going to, like, not say anything, like, like, I said, so, I mean, I was just like, you know, like, 
Because, you know, like, they look, they were, like, kind of looked at me for confirmation. I was like, no, nah, like, I don't really agree with you. That's like, not true. Because he was like, yeah, because, like, at this point, like, they knew me. Like, they, they didn't know me, but, like, they, they, I've been around them for a couple of days. Like, it was a weekend camp. Like, they see me eat lunch with these guys. They know about me. You know, I'm from, like, follow me on Twitter. <clears throat> I'm not some civil rights activist. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But I'm also going to, like, not sit there and, like, <laughs> let people just trap. Like, say stupid stuff, you know what I mean? Like, this kid was, like, younger than me. He's, like, 22, 23, like, and he's, like, wow. we got into it, like, we, we talk, like, the that's, like, I know everyone's, like, when the older generation dies off, it's going to be, like, fine. Not really. No, like, I mean, it's going to no. be better. Be- no. It'll be better, like, but, like, as we get older, everything hopefully will get better, but, like, it doesn't mean it's not going to die. Like, it's not going to go away. Like, here's my issue, Donovan. The exact same thing was said when I was a teenager. Do you realize that? Literally, the exact same thing was said. I remember when I was 16. Do you not feel like it's better early, at all? It, well, it's better. But people say, oh, when the generation that's, when Strom Thurmond dies, when Jesse Helms, they would name specific people sometimes. You know, when yeah. these guys are gone, it'll be better. As if they couldn't see Ted Cruz coming. As if they couldn't see, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, there's a bunch of fairly young, very racist people in America. <laughs> uh, I mean, especially right now. Especially right now. Like, Cause it's cool. Not cool. It's become cool again. Now, it's become kind of yeah. cool to be racist again. After it wasn't. That's the crazy part. Like, mm-hmm. like that's the, that's why I was talking to this kid because I was like, dude, like, you know, he's younger than me. Like, he's a UCLA kid. Like, he's covering UCLA place. You know, I mean, West Coast kid. Like, I talked to him. He's from Calabasas. Like, I get it. Like, he went to Agora Hill High School. Like, I know I went to, I know I went to Vista Marietta, like, Generic cookie cutter middle class school, but like this kid coming from somewhere totally different. For one, he's a white kid, like coming from Calabasas, like you know what I mean. Like so, yeah, I've been out, and he, yeah, like super nice, like one of the nicest cities in like California, like it's and super most nice. Yeah, like he's really, like, come on, man, like I was like, bro, like because he, he was like, yeah, I know stuff, like you know, I went to high school and like I'm like, dude, like you went to high school. I was like, where'd you go? Everyone says they went to high school in L.A. Like, where did you go to high school? Like, <laughs> Gore Hill. He says Agora. <laughs> like, yeah. he said Agora Hill. I was like, I Agora Hill in Calabasas? That Agora Hill? Okay, cool. Like, cool story. Like, so there's like five black people that play football at your school. And now you want to tell me that, like, <laughs> you know about, like, the culture. And he was like, I took African-American studies at UCLA right now. I was like, that's cool, man. Like, that's fine. Like, I didn't even take that class. Don't need to. What you did, like, you need to, right? <laughs> I get to go home every night. He was like, I'm taking African-American studies at UCLA. Like, I was like, that's cool. Like, UCLA is a great school. And they probably have one of the best professors for African-American history. Like, that's fine. But, like, you go learn about that while I go live it. And they come back to me, like, this dude's living at his parents' house in Calabasas, driving to UCLA, like, get out of my face. Like, <laughs> I wasn't going to take anything. From I, got, I was getting kind of pissed off, like, honestly. He was just like, well, good. He wasn't, like, he wasn't making me mad because he wasn't being, like, angry. He was being, like, snarky about it. Like, oh, like, I live in L.A., like, <laughs> I'm from Calabasas. Like, uh, I take African American history class. Like, so he's got this thing figured. He's got it all. His neighbors are black. He's grown up, grown up, grown up with them for like twelve years. Like just stupid stuff. 
like generic. Like it's like he's almost doing it on purpose. But like, I don't think he was at the end of the day. But like he was like, Yeah, my neighbors is like they're black. I've been friends with them for twelve years. Like they don't complain. Oh. They go to work they every day. Like, you they have a good <laughs> just like you. I'm like, dude, that's like, that's like if people say, well, my social status, my friend so and so never talks about racism. To you, who do you, yeah. do you think, who do you think we talk to about this? If you think it's you, you guess wrong. <laughs> yeah, it ain't some freaking twenty-two-year-old blonde kid from Calabasas. <laughs> like, yeah, they're gonna talk about discussing the problems of race with. We go home to our wives, to our friends. We go to the bar. We go to the barber shop, and that's what yeah. we talk about <laughs> about the stuff we deal with. We do not go to you. Yeah, he's like, I don't know, man. He's like, ah, you know, like I interview all these kids, same kids I interview that we've all been interviewing. I'm like, dude, they're not gonna say anything. They're in high school, like they'll get their scholarship taken away. Like, obviously, they're not gonna say anything. Like, they're 17 year old kids. They don't. You. Yeah, like, we're not here for that. Like, we're just recruiting guys. Like, we rank them. Like, of course they're not going to say anything bad. They're trying to say everything perfectly. Like, that's why it's so hard to gauge if they're good kids or not. Because, like, it's a lot of fake stuff. Like, honestly. Yeah. Like, so. It's funny. I got news. Of course, this is a different deal. But I got news some, something that jo- somebody about Josh Rose. And they're like, well, you know, well, Aaron Rodgers has earned the right to blah, 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 blah. And whatever it was, and you know, he's bringing up others like he said, you know, Tom Brady's been pretty, I mean, not truly, truly open, but he has some fairly strong political views as well. Do you have a problem with that? And they were like, well, once again, you know, he's been in the league for 75, he's a champion. So, you're doesn't matter. Someone, right, so that your issue isn't with someone having certain thoughts or feelings. It's they have to earn having these certain thoughts and feelings. Is that what yeah, you're saying? And they kind of start to backtrack and Okay. It's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. Like, we all know Tom Brady is a Trump supporter. Like, that's fine. Like, yeah. he's never really been anything different since we've been knowing about Tom Brady. But, like, Josh Rosen's not. Josh, Ro- But Josh Rosen's dad voted for Donald Trump. He also almost got picked to be, a, like, U.S. surgeon by Obama. His dad is just into economics and thought Donald Trump would do a good job. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, and his mom is super, like, con- like she's the opposite. Like, his mom... He's a feminist and always wrote a Democrat. Like, I know a lot about Josh. Like, he's not yep. – it's not a show. Like, Josh has been this way forever. Like, he's not – It's like, over. It's over. He has – This is who he is. Yeah, he, he has his but own – But that's what I was explaining. Like, the person saying, you know, you shouldn't blah, blah, blah. So what, so what you're saying instead is you should stop being his authentic self and put on an act because that's what most of these kids do in order to make sure that you like them and that they don't – that their draft process goes smoothly as they put on an act. Is that what you'd like? Instead of him being who yeah, he really is, and then they stop responding. <laughs> like I guess they were done. It's so dumb. It's you know what else is funny? I was talking to um, I was talking to Evan Brennan, like the, you know, Asian Evan. I was talking to him like about this, like yeah, dude. I've 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 followed Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa on Twitter for a while. Joey got lucky or saved because he talked so much shit about Obama on his Twitter. And erased it all before he entered the draft. Like, I saw it all. Yeah. I didn't want to screenshot it because I'm just like, it, no one would care if I did it. But, like, dude, Nick Bosa is still, like, you can go back. Like, I don't think he's erased this stuff. 
Like, they're a super Republican family. Like, so is Tate Martell. Like, their family is super, like, his, I think his dad, like, donated money to Donald Trump's campaign. Like, so, but no one's going to say anything about that. <laughs> yep. Like, Joey, Joey went top five. He has no character issues. Because he doesn't. Like, he doesn't have any character issues. But, like, it's right. the well, same thing. It's having your own thoughts and feelings should never be a character issue anyway. Yeah, like, Nick Bosa was, like, I mean, it was mainly about, like, Hillary for Nick Bosa since he was a little younger. But, like, that, I got, the stuff he was saying during the election was pretty bad. Like, he's talking about women not being ready for president. Like, he comes <laughs> in the draft next year, no one's going to fucking care. Like, honestly. Yep. Because... Trump's probably Trump's gonna be president still, and the owners are voted for him, so like they don't care. Like you know, what I mean, that's what I don't get. Like Rosen wore the hat on his golf on the golf course. I get it. It wasn't the best decision. He said that too, but like honestly, I know Josh Rosen. Like he'd do it again. Like <laughs> he would. Like he said he wouldn't. He would. He said he would take that back. Like he did. He did say that on on Eisen's show. And I kind of believed him, but then I was like, nah, like, you know what? No, he wouldn't. Like, he would do it again. If he wasn't in the draft, he would. Was, like, he was just a kid going to UCLA, he would definitely do it. All day, every day. Yeah. And both of, both of them, they don't like Democrats. Don't like the no. left. That's fine. Don't like, but just be real about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, be... 100, like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> the political stuff has just gotten, got, I mean, I know they're not quarterbacks, so it's different, but Joey Bosa is the face of the Chargers franchise. It's always been this way, right? Um, the, the difference is that, one, there's so much more information. When the Cowboys were the Cowboys, right, during their great runs in the 60s and 70s, they had a racial hierarchy on them. Part of it had to do with pay. Part of it had to do with how you were treated by a coach. Now, I'm not saying he didn't love his black players, because he did, but he didn't trust them. <laughs> I'm oh, I've heard that before. Or very, or very, few, or very few of them. Um, I've heard he, that about Gil a little bit. And some, yeah, some others as well. And so it took some time before he would allow a black player to be a captain or things like that. Now, he, he loved some of them. He loved Cornell Green. He loved Drew Pearson. Don't get me wrong. He loved them all, in fact. He was, you know, a, a, he was a big man, but he was definitely a man of a certain era who had, had very limited social interaction with black people. I think I feel pretty safe saying that. And coaching was the first thing that brought him into contact with black people, playing and coaching. You know, he played for the Giants and then coached for the Giants and then uh, obviously got the, the Dallas Cowboys job when they were brought in as an expansion team to try to block the AFL out of Texas. And that was the reason Dallas got a team. So um, he, it took him a while, like I said. And there was he would get rid of guys who asked certain questions, you know, about money or about certain things. He would just get rid of them. Now, this is back in another, another era. There was no real free agency and you could literally blackball people. I mean, really, in those days, if you said, hey, this guy's out and I don't want anybody to pick him up, that was it in those days. <laughs> you know, it was a different era. But I'm not saying he was a bad person, because he wasn't. He was a good person in a lot of ways. But he was very much a rigid person. 
Frank was a rigid person. He wanted things done a certain way. So we don't, no one discusses right. money, right? We don't do that. No one does this. No one does that. You know, um, so-and-so is a team captain. You don't question how I choose my team captains. You know, like he, he didn't brook any discussions. Oddly enough, Vince Lombardi, for all the things that people think about Vince Lombardi, he was actually pretty open-minded about a lot of things. Like when people asked him about the Vietnam protests, he said, hey, you know, I think we should listen to the kids. That's what Lombardi said. Now, it wasn't yeah. widely reported because people didn't really care, I guess, about what Lombardi said about politics. But he was actually very open-minded. He never forbade his players to speak on things like how politics and rights. Now, he didn't encourage it. We didn't forbid it. He didn't cut guys because of it. You know, people always think of Lombardi as this, you know, hard ass, and he was in terms of football. You know, <laughs> he wanted all he wanted was perfection, but he didn't tell you certain things. Now, if he had a black player who was dating a white girl, he would express concern, he, and he did. Sometimes, I mean, yes, yeah, Wisconsin too, man. I mean, that's not <laughs> L.A. or. San Francisco, so, I mean. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, Green Bay is obviously, you know, a small town. And, yeah, he had a, a black player, at least one, maybe two, at one point or another, was dating a white girl. He would bring them in and say, hey, you know, I've heard such and such. He wouldn't say you have to stop. He would say, you understand that this is going to make it harder, such and such. So, yeah, um, and there was a black player that he traded who said that it was because he was you know, with a white woman, and he later married her. We don't know if that's true or not. But he was he was better than a lot of playing coaches about this guy, if they don't put it that way. Um, there were coaches that wouldn't even consider having a player on their team who was dating a white woman, right? I mean, wouldn't even consider it. Like, that. Talk about, you talk about character. That's like, nope. I don't care if you're Jim Brown. And Jim Brown, of course, did date some white women, but... Like, it didn't matter where to play you were. There were teams in the 50s and 60s. That was it. If they heard that you were dating or had dated a white woman, boom, you're off the board. You're off the whatever it is. We won't have it. Yeah, I can believe I mean, that's one of the only – I mean, that's something that definitely has got better. But, I mean, that there's still so much. Like, like you were saying, that's whatever you talking about. Like, right. Okay, yeah, that's loosened up. Like, it's no longer – People don't stare as much and not as much as said, and you don't feel like your life is in danger, I'm guessing. I mean, you would know better than I would, but... I'm uh, I mean, no, I don't... I mean, I know, like, it's weird because, like, growing up on the West Coast, I dated more girls that were, like, of color <laughs> down here. I don't know if that's weird. I guess it's not. Like, I don't know. There's more black people here, though, so it's weird, but like, I don't know how... That's not me. It just kind of happened that way. Like, I just not... <laughs> but anyway, like, I, you know, Asian girls out there, like Mexican, black, or whoever. Like, but I didn't really date. I had a one white girlfriend when I lived in California. Now, I think all I've been with, like, and no, that's not bad. I'm just saying it's weird because, like, I had like a girl, like I was dating for like two years. Like, I was at a gas station by my house. This is by campus. Like, I literally like right by campus. Like, not thinking anything of it. This old black man comes up to me. So awkward. Like, comes up in my car. He's like, "Hey, man." Are you good? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. What's up? I thought he was like, he wasn't even like homeless. Didn't know what he wanted. He was like, you got to be careful. Like, they used to hang people, like, for doing that. And I was like, what the? Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, like. But she walks back out, and he just walks away. And he was like, stay up. 
He's like, stay alive. I was like, oh, my. I told her. She was just like, do you want me to say something to him? I was like, no. Like, he's not coming from, like, a, a negative place. He's just, like, old, older black man. Like, he's, like, 80 years old. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's right. No, but, like, the funny part. People die for it. That's why. The funny part of the no, he said I saw him again. Like I talked to him. Like I asked him. Like I was, I was by myself. I didn't want to make it awkward for her because it probably was pretty awkward. But like <laughs> I was like I talked to him. He was like my friend. Like he got lynched because he was in Oregon. Yep. Like yep. so he's like from Alabama. It's like Montgomery. I don't know. Like weird. Like <laughs> not weird, but like just for me, that's still kind of like you know. It's different. Like I'm, I'm not. I wasn't like sure how to handle that in the situation. So like, well, that's yeah, why people that exactly. because they've seen people die. Yeah, like I've never really feared any. I mean, I see so many like, especially you know, being from from the West Coast, like so many mixed couples. Like mm-hmm. all, I mean, for all all these couples. I mean, not just black and white either. Like I mean, a bunch of a lot of my friends back home are Mexican and white. But all that's happened yeah. in 30 years, in like literally 30 years now. It went from being something that was super, super rare, something you never saw, at least not in public, in the 50s, to something that you occasionally saw in the 60s, but not very often, to something you saw smathering of in the 70s, but you weren't safe. Bad things happened. It was the 80s, right? It was, yeah. it was, right, it was the last 30 years, and went from being something that was super rare to now like a trend almost, you know? Like, look at all the commercials you see now with mixed-race families on them. When I was a kid, you never, ever saw mixed-race people on television. I mean, like, mixed, not mixed-race. We used to see people with mixed-race on television. Like, the person would be on television. But, I mean, would yeah, but not where, oh, with, like, mom's black and dad's white or dad's black and mom's white. Never, ever, ever. The first mixed-race couple, and I know this for a fact, in the history of American broadcast television was on the Jeffersons. Um, Tom and oh, what was that? Uh, Roxy, uh, what was her name? The actress' name was Roxy Roker. But, um, but yeah, it was a white dude named Tom something, and then his the character's name was Tom, and I what his wife's name was. So they were the first mixed-race couple in the history of American broadcast television was on the Jefferson. Wow. They were the Jefferson. That was, Jefferson was not that long ago, so... But that was the first time it happened on American broadcast television, the uh, mixed race couple. And then, you know, the the big American film was Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, right, with Sidney Poitier. Yeah, uh, you know. That's and the first one I kept it. Of, it was the first one that was a major Hollywood motion picture. They've been like little independent films. Um, but like, you know, in the 50s and, 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 and early 60s. But this is a in the late 60s, when Guess Who's Coming to Dinner came out, that was a major Hollywood motion picture, and that was the first one that to put it, you know, to be that, to be about that, and to have it on a major motion picture from a Hollywood studio. So my point is that this was a big freaking deal when it happened. So this is within, that's about 50 years ago, and it was still super rare and taboo, and people didn't even like to think about it or talk about it. And that movie was banned in large parts of the United States. You couldn't see that movie in Mississippi or Alabama. Like, it wasn't even shown. I'm not joking. Look it up. No, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> it wasn't shown. Oh. It was 
banned, right, from about basically anywhere south of North Carolina, that movie was straight up banned. Banned. You couldn't see it. It wasn't legal to possess it. That's I'm not joking. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm not, crazy. not a joke. <laughs> I'm yeah. a joke. Man, you better not. That's why I catch you in 1968 with a copy of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner in, you know, uh, Durant, Mississippi. <laughs> He'll never be seen again. So America has only been trying to become comfortable with the idea of people who are not all the same race being together with each other, at least romantically, for about for a little over 30 years, right? Started saying, okay, okay, we can do this. Okay, we can do this. Okay, we're not going to react violently. We're not going to stare. We're not going to yell insults. We're just going to, okay, all right, we're going to eat our dinner. We're not going to stare at them, right? This is, this is 30, 35 years ago. So it began to change. Like you weren't in danger. Right, you weren't. You probably weren't likely to get beaten up or spit on or insulted. That's you know a little before your life, your lifetime, but not way before your lifetime. Within no, I mean, two, two years, I, less than two years before your lifetime is speaking to change. So if you'd been born twenty years earlier, you would have a very different view of these things. I know <laughs> that's the crazy part. Like, I mean, I, right? It's, just, it's not a big amount of time. It's just a short amount of time that these things. No, my mom is. Uh, yeah, my parents were pretty. Like they were, they were pretty young when they had me. So I talked to them, and especially like my dad, just because like he, <clears throat> no, my mom too. But like, I feel like my dad went through more. My dad's very like, he doesn't play around with that type of stuff like racism. He doesn't really. He was in the Navy, and he said there's just so much racism. Mm-hmm. Like. And so, right. it, was a, and it was kind of weird because, like, with my parents, like, I figured, like, my mom would be the one to go through most racism because she's from, like, Georgia, like, middle Georgia, not, like, Atlanta. She's from, like, a little bit south of that. But my, dad, and my dad's in California, so I'm like, oh, you know, it's kind of opposite. But he's like, well, it wasn't California. It was when I joined the Navy at 19. It got super racist. Like, for him, it was bad because, like, he hadn't been experienced that much. And then it went from, like, zero to 100. Like, you know, he was like, the Navy yep. was super racist, like, yep. super racist, like the military in general, like, and I, I mean, you, I wouldn't, like, I was young, so I was like, I wouldn't think that, you know, like, you think of the military as a teenager, like, you're like, everyone's together, and like, everyone likes each other, they're here for protecting yes America. No. Yes like, and no. So, <laughs> here's, so, I remember. And you were, yeah, obviously you were in the military, so. We busted up, I mean, by we, I mean some of the black soldiers helped to bust up a ring of straight-up white supremacists, Nazi sympathizers, on base at Fort Bragg. And there was a decent number of them. And what eventually got them in trouble, and and many of them got uh, bad discharges, Article 15, these idiots were selling. So one of them, them, they had little things they would do to raise funds for, uh, they were affiliated with something called the Nationalist Front. So they were affiliated with the NS, which was a British sort of neo-Nazi movement that had started trying to establish it. So, I mean, I say you remember the skinheads. So the skinheads, white supremacy has had different flavors or whatever at different times. And 
what happened was when punk hit, most punk rock was anti-establishment, but it wasn't racist. However, there were some that were, and the ones that ended up associating with the NS, the National Shrine in England, which is where punk was born, those skinheads, um, some of them were pretty popular. And, you know, with bury stuff, sometimes not even bury it, sometimes it'd be pretty obvious, but stuff about the Jews or stuff about whatever, or stuff about, you know, white power. And so that stuff began to show up in America in the mid to late 70s. But it was small. But certain things, including this whole feeling that somehow, you know, the white man wasn't being respected the same way or whatever. You know, the the odd thing is there's this huge fear amongst white people, some, not all, but but a shockingly high number of white people, that somehow if they're not clearly in control, then somehow they're a victim. You know what I mean? Like they can't have an in between. What? What? No, what that's so would, true. What I talked to. Uh, yep. What I was saying, I talked to an older white guy. I was saying like, oh, I, I was gonna say I, I asked him why he thought white people were racist, and he was just like, he's not. He was like pro, like you know, everything standing behind uh, social injustice stuff. But he was like, I think white people are scared to lose uh, power, like in the country. Yes. To, oh yeah. Because minorities are terrified. Yeah, I mean. Well, that's stupid. Like, <laughs> no, you say that, but if you've been oppressing other people for generations, somewhere in the back of your mind is the thought that if you let loose of the the machinery of power, the levers of power, the 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 oppression machine. And just see what happens. But what happens if they turn the machinery on you? That's always in the back of your mind if you've been oppressing people. Right? Right. The slave master isn't free either. The same way that the warden of the prison and the, the prison guards aren't really free either. Right? In order to lord over other people and control them, you have to also, to some extent, enslave yourself as well. And so there's been this pressure, you know, once again, the white man's burden, but there's been this pressure that they put on themselves to maintain control because somewhere in the back of their mind is the thought that, well, if ever we let them up, if we ever took our foot off their throat, if we ever, because you know what they would do. That's the thing. That's the really the fun part. Because white people hate being oppressed. They react violently to being oppressed, right? I mean, look at what the the look at Northern Ireland, right? Okay, the British Empire, yeah. right? It's one of the most powerful things the world's ever seen. And so, not even all of Ireland, just a little piece of Ireland says, "F that, we're going to fight you to the death." Right? <laughs> White people hate oppression. A bunch of English colonists, not even all of the English colonists, just a small percentage, at least at first, the English colonists decide to tell the. British Empire, at the peak of its powers, F you, we're not paying these taxes, come get us, fight us if you want to, right? And, of course, we, we're, they're getting destroyed at first. But that's the other thing that people don't often report accurately when they write about the Revolutionary War. It's how, it, it wasn't so much that the Americans wanted 
Vietnam so long. So long as Vietnam. We didn't like lose the war in Vietnam. We won every major battle of the entire war in Vietnam. But he mentioned but what the Vietnamese knew is he eventually lose the will to keep going. And that's what it was with this. Most of the major engagements, not all, but most of the major engagements were won by the British. But eventually, other than that, they were at war with France. They're they're having other wars going on. The war got very expensive, super far away, and it's not like now we can get on a plane. You know, in order to ship troops and material, it took months. You know, or well, weeks. It took several weeks on a ship. That might not even go exactly where you need it to go because you're dependent upon the wind. So eventually, they say, you know, it lost popularity. Like sometimes a war loses popularity, like with Vietnam. And they were like, look, you know, let's cut our losses here. We've got to worry about what France is doing. We've got to worry about this. We've got all this stuff. You know, hey, now India is starting to get a little weird on us. Like, you know, once you get the giant empire, there's all sorts of stuff to worry about. So eventually they decided to just cut the colonies loose, though it wasn't a popular decision. Um, and England was quite divided about the colonies, quite frankly. Um, now, because the king, who, though he was the king of England, he wasn't really English. His English wasn't even good. Most people don't realize that George III, his native language is German, and his English was poor. And so they used to think he was stupid. People would make all these mean jokes about his intelligence. He doesn't understand English that well. <laughs> that's what it really was. It's not true. It's true. Look at it. Um, his, his native language was German. So he, he kind of sort of understood English, and he worked on it, you know, but he wasn't English. He was German. So he never really understood the, the colonists because he didn't understand British people. He doubly couldn't understand these new British people who were living across the ocean and were acting this weird way and, you know, <laughs> I mean, it just was, it was, I hate to make it sound like Germans are all the same, because they aren't. I mean, like anybody else, they're all very individualistic and different. But the Germans, their cultural mindset is different from the cultural mindset. No, it is. One one of my classmates now at school is from there, and it's like, Dude, it's like talking to, he's always talking about Germany, (laughs) like what they use, like, like, how the country's so, like, they are so, like, strong, like, like, they, they just, they all think the same, almost, like, and I'm not, like you said, it's not all the same, but, but, they kind of are, it's like Russians, dude, like, they, I, I just don't know, I don't have much experience with Russians, that's the only difference, the Germans, I do, and, man, I love them, like, one of my, one of my good friends, one of my good new friends, but good Lord, like, I mean, everything about Germany, Germany. Yes. What we do is so great, blah, blah, blah. What we do yeah, is blah, 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 Yeah, they do. They love yeah. Germany. They do. They really do. And they think yeah. that everyone should be more like them, like they are. Yeah. Frankly. He was like, yeah, you know. <clears throat> he was even like, yeah, we we treat black people in Germany better. And I was like, ah. Uh, sometimes, but not all the time. I mean, like. But think about it. Think about it. He meets. Now, black Americans are generally treated quite well in Germany. Uh, but not all Africans are treated that well. Um, the, yeah. It's complicated. As, <laughs> but, <clears throat> but for a long time, even once Germany, you know, not counting the whole Nazi thing, because that was not cool, but, but 
before that and after that, there were Africans, you know, living in Germany. And the Germans used to like to pretend that everything was cool, sort of like we talked about white Americans. But when you talk to black people who were black Germans, they were like, no, it's not cool. What are you kidding me? Yeah, that's what I was telling him. He was like, dude, we left black people alone. Like, we really didn't even like care about them. I was like, ah. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of not true. Like, right. Like, didn't care. Like, makes it. That's already bad, though. Like, what do you, what do you mean? The they, what do you mean they didn't have lynchings and stuff like that? Which is true. They yeah. That. Well, he's right. Yeah. Or true. lynchings or whatever. With except yeah. the whole Nazi thing, but if you if you if you ignore <laughs> that the nineteen thirty three to nineteen forty five period, you know, which is hard to ignore because it almost destroyed the whole planet. But if you get rid of that somehow, right, which is what I feel like to just ignore, like just don't pay attention to that. Um, but if we somehow decide not to pay attention to that, because that that was bad, you know. <laughs> but if we, but let's just say we don't pay attention to that. Let's pay attention to the fact that it was very difficult for blacks to say you say you're a, a young black person in Germany. Let's say you're born five years after World War II. You're born in 1950, and you want to be a broadcaster. You want to be on television. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure, you're good television. Okay, right. Yeah, Good that's luck. cute. So, yeah, they didn't have lynchings. They didn't have some of the stuff they had here, but it was very difficult for a black person in Germany to get into certain things, to do certain things, to be accepted in certain fields. And your friend probably won't want to admit that. But because the numbers of black people were so small, it never rose to the level of the kinds of things that happened in the U.S. because we had a much larger black population. You know, you literally could ignore black people, and many Germans did. But that doesn't mean it's okay like, you know, yeah, you know. I, I mean, you know, he and he wasn't saying it like that. He was just like, you know, like he was like, did you know, like the black people are well accepted in Germany? They always have been. I was just like, yeah, that's not really true. Mm-hmm. He, was no, like, no. Mm-hmm. he was like, no, dude, like you're fine. He was like, you ever hear about German soccer players getting like called monkeys like in other country? But I was like, dude, like if that's like your bar, like. <laughs> That's not <laughs> like you know. Eric Boateng is one of the best soccer players in the world. Obviously, he played for yes, you know correct. Uh, for, for for Bayern, but like I'm guessing he was talking about him. Could you know like he loves Germany. He lives there and blah blah blah. Like okay, that's cool. Like he's not Drogba getting monkey and getting what called monkey every time he goes on the on the, on the field and like in bananas. I mean that's like your bar though. That's not good. Like I'm glad they don't do that in Germany. Is what I told him. Like, I'm glad that they just let him be black. If he messes up, though, like, we'll see what happens. Because <laughs> every time black people mess up, we're fine, you know? Even here, like, honestly, like, if we're, we're going to talk about famous people, we're fine until we start messing up. And it's like, ah, I knew he was up to something. <laughs> you know? That's how I feel. Like, I was, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that whole thing, I mean, with, like, Bill Cosby, like, I know that's bad, like, what he did. But... Yeah, that's bad. That's, that's No, it is, it is. I'm just saying, like, these other people that are, like, they got in trouble for the same thing. I'm just like, man, what? But they're not going to go to jail, are they? No, he's, like... he's in, he's in real <laughs> trouble. 
He's in some very, very I real mean, trouble. like Harvey Weinstein seems to be doing the same stuff. Or has he's done not going to die in prison. Is that, what you're, is that what you're pointing out? He's not going to die in prison. Or my, my dude from House of Cards, man, which I love. I hate that. That's like, honestly, yes. like, Kevin Spacey's my but guy. Kevin Spacey's like, right. He's a super talented actor. And he did terrible things. He's not my things. guy. But... Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's probably yeah. not going to die in prison. Is that, I think, is what you're heading with this? Is... I mean, it's just like, yeah, like, I don't, I'm not condoning that. It's just that, no. like, it becomes like, I just wanted, like, really to say, like, even back to the UCLA Calabasas kid, like, he was making it seem like if you are black in America and you make it, you will be fine. Like, that's not true. Like, all you have to do is make it. He, he didn't mean as an entertainer, too. He meant as, like, he was like, my neighbors are black and they have great jobs. Like, it's a, like they don't have problems. Like, is, which is That's awesome. not true. But this is not true. Like, it's awesome that you have these successful black neighbors who have this, as far as you know, wonderful life, which may or may not be as wonderful as you think it is. The only point I'm making is that he, he has no idea what they actually feel or think or what they what their lives are really like. When's the last time you actually asked them? Not that they were telling you to be asked, most likely, but when's yeah, the last time but... you asked them about what their day-to-day lives are like, how do they feel about such and such? Do they have, you know, a situation with their job where white coworkers take, you know, credit for their work? You know, there's all kinds of things that, I don't think he would know about what even these people who probably have decent lives, but I don't think he has really any real idea of what they go through on a day-to-day basis. No, I've really come to realize as I got older and been around so many different places from east to west or whatever like that, especially my age, the white people. I I hang out with like racist white guy or anything, but it's a regular white, average white guy or woman. They're naive. Well, they don't care like as much. Like as I was hoping for combination. Like, yeah, yeah. I think some of it. I mean, like my like my girlfriend. Like she's younger than me. Like, but she's only twenty one. So it's a little bit of a gap, like six oh, years, right? Jesus. So like, so and plus she's from a family background that's more prestigious than mine. Like so, if I there's some stuff she doesn't get. Like she's not like weird about it. She's just like legitly naive. Like yes, but it's still like I have to explain it. At least she's willing to like learn about it. I mean I guess I, I don't remember like oh like the guy, like the guy that came up to my car, like I was talking about you gotta be careful. She was like, I'm I'll go off on him. I was like, No, like don't go off on him. Like <laughs> he's not being rude. Trying to save my life, honey. <laughs> Yeah, like, if it was a white guy that said that, I'd be like, yeah, like, <laughs> if he okay, was, like, okay, uh, right, yeah. like, I'm out, like, I'm going to leave, like, it would save my life, so, like, this guy was just being, you know, or, like, I told her, like, my, my grandma, like, my grandma, I, you know, my, me and my great grandma are really close, I mean, she's really older, and I don't, like, really know, like, I'm not around her, like, the more my grandma is, and, like, Grandma's pretty, like, she's the grandma, man. Like, she's just grandma, like, you know. Like, <laughs> she's grandma, like, she's, she's southern grandma, like, and bringing girls that are not black <laughs> around her is, like, something kind of weird still for her. So, like, 
she was just like, you know, kind of standoffish a little bit. But I was like, she's not a racist. Like, she's like, she likes white people. I was like, dude, yeah, she's fine with white people. She doesn't care. She's concerned. Like, <laughs> like my grandma says, be careful. My grandma's seeing, like, young black people get shot on TV, like, every day, like, or beat yeah. up. Yep. Like, she's seen this, like, from birth still. <laughs> so 75 years? Like, yeah, of course she's going to be a little hesitant. Like, that's not really, like, it's, it's going to be like that way forever. It's going to be like that way for me. Hopefully my kids are not the same, but, like, I can't say that. So, yeah, well, like I said, this is, I remember distinctly people saying, oh, it's going to be better in the future because X, Y, Z, and we won't have to deal with this, and we just need this current crop of racist people to die off, and then everything will be fine. And I was thinking, I know I know why you think that, but there's literally nothing backing that up other than your beliefs, you know. That's the only thing holding that together is your belief that the next automatically once these people die, you know what I mean? <laughs> then everything will be cool because the people that replace them will just automatically be cooler about everything. It's just an assumption. Yeah, I remember my professor saying that. Like, and I kind of like at the time, since it was a while ago, like I, I kind of believed it. I was like, yeah, like kind of right. But then now, I'm like, nah. Because this is, again, like, before, like, Donald Trump took over. And I'm not blaming him directly, but, like, but the correlation, I, you know what I mean? <laughs> he hasn't helped, right? This was, oh, like, six years ago, so. He was, oh, it was just Obama's president, and it was just, like, everything was cool, like, whatever. But, like, now, like, it's not the same. All these radical, like, it's young people, too, like. Yes. The it's people that are, like, in Charlottesville are, like, my age and younger, like. And younger, yes. These are people the age, college, you know, college student, grad student age, people for the most part. Yeah, I watched the whole, like, thing on it. I mean, I'm, there's plenty of documentaries, but, like, I watched a really good one with uh, O'Brien. I don't know her first name, but. Um, oh, Solid and O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I follow her on Twitter. She's awesome. Yeah, hers was great. Like, she went in, like, tough. Like, they were, like, going in on her. Like, they didn't care if she was from Santa or not. Or I think she's she's, she's half black, right? She's, like, half white. Like, they didn't care about that. Yeah, she's a a mixed race. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. They didn't care. Like, straight up. Like, (laughs) I think she mentioned something about it. They're just like, yeah, like, that doesn't matter. Like, you're still black, like pretty much, to us, because these are radical, like, people out in, like, the sticks, and they're just, like, crazy, but they're, like, educated, like, these are, like, going to be our, like, the businessmen that are trying to hire us, like, this isn't, like, some KK, no one's in the KKK anymore, like, I mean, I know the numbers are going a little bit, but, like, those people didn't even like the KKK, like, they look down on them, right, yeah, the KKK is not the problem. There was a time no, when the like, the problem, but no, nowadays the problem is people that sound and look reasonable, right? You know, that's the worst part. Yeah. Yes, correct. Now, these are not people who are wearing hoods. These are not people who are um, 
you know, <laughs> murdering people. Yeah. However, they are equally, if not more dangerous <laughs> because of their, their reasonableness, because they they feel like you can, you feel like you can deal with them. You feel like you could, you know, we could sit down and talk about it. We can work with them. It's, it's seductive almost, right? That these people seem, they seem like they wouldn't be bad folks to, you know, deal with. And yeah, it'll be fine. So there's this, you know, thing that we tell ourselves that these seemingly intelligent, reasonable people, it'll be fine. We just need to such and such with them and then, uh, you know, we'll talk about it. It'll be okay, right? All this stuff. And, you know, they don't seem like crazy people. <laughs> but that's the dangerous thing. It is the the very reasonableness, the what the one of the Nuremberg trial uh lawyers said, the banality of terror, right? It's not that these people are these raving, you know, demonic, you know, horns coming out of their heads, tail trailing behind them. These are normal people. These are bean counters and, you know, people who would have otherwise been driving trucks or teaching school or publishing books, but because they bought into this thing that gave them a life purpose, right? So now your life purpose is the white race. And whether you call yourself a Nazi or not, whether you call yourself a white supremacist or not, once your life's purpose, and people say, well, why is it okay to to be uh, for black power, to be power made? Why is it okay to have a black history? Why is it okay to... Well, oh, God. Uh, my favorite. <laughs> well, here's, here's the spot. We all, right, white lives matter or whatever, all lives matter or whatever. Well, there'll be no need for any of those things that I just noticed or just mentioned if it weren't for the fact that there was the need was created. The need for, the need for HBCUs was created. The need for a black history month was created. The need for black lives matter was created. This is something that exists only because it had to exist, right? Because there were things and are things going on that necessitate its existence. White America carved out for itself a place inside another nation that had existed for centuries and centuries and centuries. Didn't ask, you know, didn't ask, didn't say, do you mind if we wipe your culture out and place ours on top of it. You know, there wasn't any real discussion of it. You know, it was more like, uh, hey, let's sign this treaty. It says we'll go to this point. We won't cross it. We'll give you this amount of such and such. You know, we'll give you, we'll trade you this, that, and then boom. You know, and then like two days later, it's like, wait a second. Did you just sign a treaty saying you wouldn't come over here? Oh, we'll sign gold. You know, so we got to get the gold. You know, it didn't say that in the treaty. It said, this is our land. Oh, well, yeah, but. So, thousands yeah. of every single one of them violated. Like, people talk about the nation of law. Well, for some of you, it's a nation of laws. <laughs> kind of, sort of, a nation of laws. Until you need to break one of the laws, then it's not so much a nation of laws, then I guess. So, white America lives in constant fear, 
which is funny because, you know, who should be less fearful? But they live in constant fear. That's why they need to build the wall. That's why they need to do such and such. That's why they will say all lives matter. You know, that's why they need to say, why can't we have a white history month or a a, a, uh, a white cultural society at our university, right? It's like everything is a white cultural society. We live in a white cultural society. You don't need a white cultural yeah, society. Yeah, like, I don't, this stuff is not that hard for me to understand. Because some of my, like, my friends that are white are like, yeah, like, that, like, that makes sense. Like, if they heard you say that, it'd be like, yeah, that's true. Like, or they'd be like, yeah, that sounds stupid. All that's not not stupid, but it's just like, oh, you get it. Like, all I have to do matter. No crap. Like, it's just we're focusing on the ones that are being oppressed, like, right now. Like, that's it. Like, but it's not like, why? I guess, like, they don't, they don't want to get it. Like, honestly, because it's not that hard of a concept. Exactly. I know some of this that is, is like, some of it's brought down from it's generational. Like, if you grew up, if I grew up with my parents talking crap about white people all the time, I probably wouldn't like white people that much. Better chance of me not like white. But, so I get that. So, but but you can grow out of that, like, ignorance, I guess. But, like, hopefully, you know, like, <clears throat> I see, like, Ben Natal, like, he posts so much stuff, like, on Twitter um, and does so much, like, for the culture, I guess you could say, like, or out there. Like, he's out there really doing stuff. Like, you know, being, like, oh, <laughs> like, redhead, like, Pasty white guy, <laughs> like that's cool, right? Like, I wish yeah. there was more white people that like stood up. Though I can feel like white people just like don't. Like some of my friends, like they'll know stuff is bad or wrong. They won't say anything. Like they're not gonna let someone get like their ass kicked or like someone say the n word to like a black person. But like, oh, because they know I'm like, dude, even if like they don't like, if you see something wrong about like. The way someone's been mistreated, like just say, like you, they have to stand up. Like I'm not saying like we have to have white people to do stuff, but like we kind of do in a sense. Like this is turning like the opposite way. Like I didn't think because Donald Trump was president, it was going to be like this. Like honestly, like, uh, like I, and all, you know, I, I knew like I'm not. I didn't vote for Donald Trump. Like I'm not a huge Trump, Trump guy. Like, like honestly, I, I I actually loved Donald Trump growing, um, oh. because he was just, like, some dude on TV to me, like, but talking to, like, my aunt, who was, like, really into politics, like, she works for the, um, for the government, like, and she's in the private investigator now, and, like, so she knows, like, politics well. She's gonna, like, do that for a job, so, like, she was, like, he's never been good, like, he's always, you know, kept black people from living in this, like, housing and stuff. Like, I didn't know that stuff. Like, I almost, like, I, I was, like, honestly, I was, like, yeah, I mean, I could go for him. So he started saying yeah. stuff, like, you know, that I didn't like, and that's why I didn't vote for him. But honestly, if he hadn't said those things, like, I would have probably voted for him, honestly. Because wow. I just was like, yeah, this, I was like, man, our country, like, you we don't have much money. Kanye. I know, uh, yeah, I know. I love Kanye still, though. That's my favorite rapper, man. So oh, well, I've t- I've t- I haven't told you all my Kanye stories, but yeah, I mean. I mean, I told me about the one where you met him and, like, but, I've done it a couple times, but Kanye's always been Kanye. Even before he was rich, before he was famous, he's been the same dude. So one thing you have to say, he has been consistent throughout. He's always been this guy. Not with politics, though. I feel like he definitely changed with that. Like from going from the Mike Myers thing to now, like I mean, but I get what he's doing. Like I mean, for one, it's like you know, this is a part of entertainment for him, and he's just touching with the wrong thing right now. 
Oh, this isn't like a game or entertainment. To him it is. But it's not. Because right now you got every conservative person going like, hey, like, that's your guy, right? Like, Kanye, like, he likes Donald Trump. And, like, you know, I don't, like, hate Donald Trump. Like, but... He's not, like, I feel like he kind of, like, he just, he he is, I've never seen anyone, like, like him because I've never seen anyone just, like, I can't figure him out. Like, I don't know whether, sometimes I just feel like he just says stuff to get a reaction, but then sometimes I think he's just, like, the most hateful, like, worst person ever. And I can't really tell, like, which one. Like, is he just trolling? Let me put it this way. There's a reason why he's not the vibe, you know what I mean? There's a reason they get along. There's a reason... These are two, first of all, these are two massive egomaniacs. These are already figured oh, out, yeah. I'm sure. Right? Yes, so that's yes. one of the reasons um, the two of them, you know, click. You know? Like, oh, yeah, I love everything about myself, too. Same here. Because I'm awesome. That's true. I'm awesome, too. Right? So that's part of why the two of them feel like this incredibly strong connection, because these are two massive egomaniacs who loves upsetting other people. For whatever reason, I don't quite understand it, but they both like stirring it up, provoking people. Hey, let's get people to talk about me. Maybe they say something bad. Maybe they'll say something good. But as long as they're talking about me, I'm winning. They both are that guy when it comes to that stuff. And so, you know, that's that's kind of who they are, both of them. They have a lot in common. Uh, they're both rich. They're both kind of a-holes. Um, and kind of proud of the fact, frankly, that they're both ales. So like you won't hear them bemoaning the fact that people think of them that way. They're completely fine with it. In fact, uh, they, they, you know, people like something about this particular speaking of generational things. Nowadays, people say, "Well, you know, if you don't have haters, you're not popping or whatever." But that's a different mindset. <laughs> 25 years ago. It really is. Like, it's, well, it's social media, like, because, I mean, people are going to just, everyone at the top is pretty much, boy, everyone at the top is all also, like, for the most part, the most disliked and liked person is not, like, LeBron, like, he, people hate LeBron, but he's also one of the most liked people in sports, so it's like, in Donald Trump, I mean, people like it. I've heard people say they love Donald Trump, but a lot of people don't like him. Yeah, I've run, I've run across those people as well. They exist. I'm yeah, I mean, hard, I mean, people love working with them. People hate work. I mean, it's like, I feel like you're going to get that. Tom Brady, people hate him. People love him. He's good at what he yep. does. So, so people are going to hate him. But Donald Trump's not good at what he does. <laughs> I don't think yes. so. No, no, <laughs> um, no. I personally, I that was my main issue. Even beyond the whole, I mean, whether or not, you know, I don't think he's. I don't think he's actually really, really a racist. But I do think he doesn't no, really understand, nor does he want to understand black people, really. But, but here's what I do believe: he's wildly, wildly underestimated how hard it is to be president, and frankly, doesn't want to do what he'd have to do to get better at it. So, say what you want about Hillary; she's a grinder, right? He's the one, he's the, the kid who's getting straight A's but still staying up half the night studying. That's, that's Hillary. She's yeah, a that's a good analogy. She, 
He's the uh, not <laughs> not that guy. <laughs> no, he's definitely not. He's finally taking a gentleman's seat. It's funny because he says, you know, I had the top grades. We all know that he's not a person who got top grades. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's not a person who really care about getting top grades. Yeah, he's he a C to... guy, but he might have got a B because of his personality. The teacher liked him enough to like maybe bump him up and care about because he's like got that charm. Like, you know, like, I've seen people, like, say they don't like this guy, but then they'll watch him and be like, whoa, he's not that bad. And I, I'm kind of the same way. Like, sometimes I hate him. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, well, all right. Like, you know, maybe he knows what he's doing. Maybe he'll turn the corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe. And, I, you know, like I said, I'm not a huge, like, politics guy, so I'm not – but I know – I've been into it. When someone's doing this bad, I start getting into it. <laughs> and plus now I'm older and I have, like, taxes to pay and, like, stuff going on. When I was younger voting, it was just kind of like, ah, I, got, I kept up with it a little bit, but now I have to, like, actually do it. Like, I know about Paul Ryan now. I know about, like, Sessions. I know about, like, Ben Carson or whoever, like, Mitt Romney, like, I know he's not a part of the staff. I mean, like, all those guys, like, I can really keep up with politics right now, more so than I did before. Because yeah, when you're I, 19, like, you know, I voted because, like, my mom was like, you're black, you better vote. Like, we didn't have the, all the right to vote. <laughs> so I was like, I'll vote. Like, I'll just vote for whoever, like, the best candidate is, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm registered as an independent. Like, I lean way more with Democrats on all social issues for the most part, though. So, like... I mean, I voted for Obama twice, and then I voted for I just voted for Gary Johnson. Like, I'm not afraid to say who I voted for. I really don't care. But like, I voted for Gary Johnson. Yeah. Probably a waste of yeah. vote for most people's eyes. That's fine. Um, but I just definitely wasn't going to vote for Donald Trump. Um, I just, like, I'm very, like, I'm not a libertarian at all, and that's a little too extreme for me, but I'm also, like, I, I do agree with we should just, like, lose a lot of stuff up the states and, like, just let courts kind of run, like let things be legal and see what happens. It's like kind of have like a turnover because we've never had it before, but also can understand the death. <laughs> but Donald Trump is just like a different animal, man. Like I really like a lot of my like friends that were Democrats did vote for Donald Trump, which kind of was like, that's why I was kind of like, man, maybe like this is a guy. But like, because I mean, John McCain and Mitt Romney were like very boring Republican guys, like especially McCain, like, Mitt Romney kind of was cool to me because he was a sports guy, but like, <laughs> um, and bank, I mean, you know, finance again, like, that's capital, interesting. Like, You're the first person, I've been never even on a Republican who's ever said Mitt Romney was kind of cool to me. Like, everyone thinks of Mitt Romney, once again, this is the guy that said super boring, yeah, it's sports, you know, he, like, he's that guy. Yeah, I, I've engaged in sports, like, that's Mitt Romney, you know, the kind of stiff necked, you know, turd in the punch bowl. <laughs> Kind of guy. Now, let me say no. Yeah, he's boring. I get it about <laughs> funny thing about Mitt Romney to me. Well, here's the guy. I mean, obviously he's faced some discrimination in his life, not a lot, but you know, Mormons are still sort of thought yeah. of as odd. And you know, his father George was actually a great governor of the state of Michigan, um, and but he oddly enough seemed to care not a whit about the state of Michigan when he was running. <clears throat> One that killed him. But then he, you know, kind of run on the record saying he would just would have let, you know, 
Ford and um, uh, GM and, you know, Chrysler, even let them die, you know, like he wasn't going to bail them out. That, that killed him. I mean, people were like, oh, I mean, his father's in the country Michigan. Yeah. You know, how would you say that? And then the other thing was the whole, how are you going to rail against Obamacare when Obamacare is essentially Romneycare nationalized? You know, that was the only thing I yeah. was like, this is, this is really kind of sort of your own idea. Because, and I know this from discussions that have happened around the Obama campaign years before he ran for president, back when he was running for Congress, about how he believed in universal health care, but he wanted single payer like the system they have in in Canada, but people said you'll never make that fly. Never. Because the insurance companies will kill you. Well, I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm a huge Obama guy. Like, I think that I mean, he changed the game for me. I mean, for everybody he did. But, like, for me, just because, like, I really wasn't into politics until I saw him, honestly. Like, I, yeah, I mean, like, you know, like I said, I obviously I've only been able to vote for not that long. Honestly, my first time voting was Obama. So, still, I think, right? Oh, yeah. Wow. So, well, yeah, that was my first. My first bang, when yeah. He, yeah, I mean, that was my first election in 08. Or was it 08? Oh, you ran in. Yeah, you 08. Ran in. 08, no, 12. Or 2012, and then 16 was Trump. You ran yeah. in 2000. So, um, yeah, you ran in 2004. No, wait. Oh. 2000 and, um, sorry, hold on. Um, what year is this? 2016. Yeah, 2008. 2012. Right, right. Yeah, 2008. Yeah, that was my first time I I mean, obviously, like, I lived through a few presidents. I think I've only had like five, but like, because all presidents I've had are two terms so far. But I mean, Obama was my first one in 08. So, I mean, good Lord, that like got me into politics because like all those like pizzazz and just stuff. But George Bush, before that, like, <clears throat> like I couldn't vote, but I just remember like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't care. Really. Like, all I cared about was like the whole Katrina thing was kind of like bad because like, yeah, I just remember. That's all I remember was like Katrina and nine eleven, like from George Bush's like. Because I was like, I didn't care about politics, and I was also like young. I was in high school. I was in elementary school when nine eleven. <laughs> so like, I mean, I didn't know what was going on. You know what I mean? So I've always I liked George Bush too, though. Like I thought he had a cool personality. He just wasn't a good president. He's <laughs> I mean, he was like another guy that's like. You know, I, I, my life revolves around sports. Like, he's obviously probably the biggest president in the sports that I've seen, like, in a long time. So, right. Um, well, Nixon I do. Sports as well. Nixon used to try to send Nixon, plays. Nixon, yeah. Nixon used to try to send plays to um, George Allen when George Allen was coaching last He really was trying to send them plays. I'm not joking. Um, yeah. Also, oh, wait, Nixon, I, said, I said Bush. I meant Obama was a big sports guy. I don't know how yeah. I forgot, obviously. Oh, yeah, him too. Him too. Yeah, mostly basketball. Um, yeah, George is all baseball, baseball really. so here. Yeah, well, right. He he grew up around the game. His father played at um, was a first baseman at Yale, and uh, obviously he he's was, friends with uh, with Nolan, right? Nolan Ryan is one of the good. Friends. He's friends with yeah, and he he owned he was part owner of the Rangers for a while. He got too close to the players, including you know doing cocaine with them. But you didn't hear that from me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he used I mean, to he used to party with the players. I mean, that's 
I can't tell you what a terrible idea that is. Forgetting the drugs part, just if you party with your players, it's, it, what if you have to cut <laughs> one of them? We have to trade one. I mean, it's just a terrible idea. Don't party with your players. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was wild for a while there. I mean, wild. People talk about Obama. can't believe he admitted to trying cocaine. <laughs> well, do you not know what George Bush's life was like? <laughs> Yeah, man. People are like, ah, they. That's fine. It's fine, man. It's fine. I mean, Donald Trump, man. You don't think Donald Trump's railed a few lines before? <laughs> you mean he was hanging out at Studio Sixty Four all throughout the seventies? Like that dude was, was throwing. Now, I know Trump's not into sports at all, but he, he tries, but he's not. Like obviously, so you know, because he was here doing the college football thing. Didn't like it. Didn't know anything. He didn't know any of the players in Alabama or Georgia. The coaches. I mean, he knew Nick Saban. That's it. Yes, he did. <laughs> like, good. Well, I'm glad. Like, they used something. But, like, didn't do the basketball thing that Obama did. The March yes. Madness. Turned right. it down. Well, that was Obama's big sport. He played, not as well as he thought he played, but he played. Uh, he played at uh, Punahou Academy. And, um, you know, I've seen him play. And, of course, he famously tells the story of how he had to play Michelle's brother, Craig, who, of course, was a very fine basketball player and went on to be a, a coach, um, in order to really get a chance to date her. That yeah, I that story. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, and it's a true story. Well, I guess, um, so I guess I shouldn't say Trump. I mean, I, I forget that this man did, like, I guess own the USSL or a team at some point. And, no, no. He goes to Patriots games. Well, he used to, not anymore. But I mean, he still doesn't know. New Jersey Generals, and what he did was he wrecked the USFL. That's what he did. Because I have not seen that thirty for thirty yet. That's one of the only ones I have not seen. I didn't have to see the thirty for thirty. I I was a USFL fan. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) I was so damn mad. I mean, even though I was just, you know, I, I was a high school kid, but I knew at the time, like, no, you can't compete. Don't. Start playing in the fall. You're going to destroy, and that killed the league. Killed them. Yeah, he, I, see, I, I don't know if he'll run. He's definitely going to run. But um, whether he wins is a different story. I have no idea. I mean, this election changed everything for me because, I mean, I literally, my presence I've had was Obama, Obama, George Bush, George Bush, Trump. So, wow. or Bill Clinton, too, and Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton. So, oh, okay. yeah, I mean, well, I guess uh, I had maybe for, like, one year, uh, George uh, Bush, <laughs> George H.W. Wow. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, so you do kind of believe in George H.W. But, like, I mean, but the elections when I actually matter when I could vote have been Obama, Obama, Trump. So, like, to me, it's, like, I I don't really know. Like I feel like he used to be able to be qualified for some be president. That's no disrespect to Obama, but he came out of nowhere. Like people thought he was underqualified when he ran. You know. So and then Trump was like, obviously Hold like. My fear. You <laughs> thought that guy then was underqualified. Yeah, then this Hold dude comes fear. out of. This dude comes out of nowhere and becomes president. Like he changed. And I really like kept up with the election this year, and I was like, there's no way this guy can win. Like for real, right? Like, you know, like the polls are just not adding up. Like, I didn't even know if he'd make it out of the like 
GOP. I mean, like, because I mean, they had some, they had some, they had some trash candidates, man, on that side. That's why he made it out of the primaries. That's how he made it. Yeah, out. that's how he survived. Like, one of my best friends is a Republican. Uh, 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 not very if, like. If Jeb Bush knew how to run a presidential campaign, he would have wiped Trump out during the primaries. But Jeb Bush, once again, is sort of like with Hillary. He's extremely smart, fluent in Spanish, a, a decent person, but God, does he suck as a campaigner? Yeah, he does. I and mean, honestly, you know, you got Cruz. I think Cruz is second, right? Um, I don't like him. Ted Cruz is kind of the last man standing, you know. Yeah, but Kasich though, that was like, I thought he would do. He was the best um, debater, if you can Yeah, he was a that. great debater. Well, yeah, I mean, kind of, because, like, I was on the debate team in high school. So I didn't do well. I didn't know how hard it was. Yeah, really debate, doing it well is hard, yes. It was tough. Man. Well, our first debate was versus, like, Long Beach Poly. And, like, we were debating some, like, stuff I had no idea. I was like, yeah, I'm not, no. Like, <laughs> Long Beach Poly's debate team is, like, the best, like, Apparently in college, I didn't know. Like, really? Oh, this 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 ain't football, man. We got this place. <laughs> right, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> You're really, really good. Good debate. It was a powerhouse in debate as well, huh? I I didn't know either, but apparently we are, are no, but I couldn't do that. But anyway, yeah, I'm debating John Casey. Oh, uh, I thought no, I honestly like, I thought Marco Rubio was gonna win at one point, like before they started debating, because I was like, well, you know, we just had a Black president, so yeah. Hispanic president yeah, from Florida. Big, yeah, you know what I mean. Like right. younger guy, saying. younger guy. Young. He's fluent, obviously in Spanish. He's fair. You know, he's young. He's not hard to. He's not. He's not hideous. I mean, he's not. A no, he's not. He's better looking model, than Ted not, and Donald Trump. Yeah, and yeah. Jeb Bush and. Uh, I guess ben, Dr. Ben Carson, too. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he's young. I mean, and plus, his family, they struggle. You know, he came over here from Cuba and didn't have much money. But just, uh, he still might. He's probably going to run again. I mean, maybe he will be president. Well, that's I don't he's just think a, He's just a baby. Of course he's going to run again. Oh, yeah, he'll definitely. Uh, Paul Ryan, scrub, like, honestly. Like, <laughs> like don't like the guy. Never did. Uh, just not a genuine person to me. <laughs> like, um, don't like what, Drew, what, really, cause... Here's what sticks to me about Paul Ryan. I remember this would have been probably eight years ago, maybe more. And they were interviewing him just as sort of this rising figure this was right before he became the Speaker of the House. And they were talking about, you know, his likes and dislikes. He said, I'm a big fan of Race Against the Machine. And I thought to myself, you can't be listening to the words. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I actually do. Yeah, people were talking about him. Because that was one of my favorite bands growing up, like Race Against the Machine. Like, I love uh, Tom Morello's guitar and Zach. But, like, he. <laughs> I don't know how he said that. Like, that's crazy. He must just be listening to, like, the guitars, the drugs. Yeah, he's listening to some of the Tom Morello's. Like he, he just likes heavy music. He likes, like, Puddle of Mud, too, and, like, same, yeah. same genre, I guess, of stuff. So, like, 
But the lyrics from Puddle of Mud <laughs> and Rage Against the Machine are totally different. Um, they're one of like the best bands of all time because their lyrics. I don't know. It's crazy. Well, hey, I mean, I guess now that Donald Trump's a Kanye fan, like, make way for him at the Yeezy tour, right? And that Chance, too. Well, I guess, like, Chance was like, nah, oh. bro, like, don't add me in your tweets, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know Chancellor is, first of all, he's a, he's a very smart young man. Uh, even though he, you know, kind of. He's just trying to be like, yeah. Well, he was kind of his idol, man. He's from Chicago. Like, he wasn't trying to be like. Right. He was pointing out that we don't have to. He just made a, a very true statement. We don't have to be Democrats, which is true. We don't. And, of course, a lot of black Americans weren't Democrats. My mother's father was a lifelong Republican. Now, he got pissed off um, around in the 70s, especially with Nixon, you know, he was not thrilled with the direction the party was, was going. Republicans had an opportunity to pick up pretty much all of the black vote because Democrats, I mean, especially in the South, the quote-unquote Dixiecrats, were giving black people hell, just giving black people absolute hell. And all the Republicans had to do was say, yeah, we're down with, you know, civil rights legislation. Instead of dragging their feet and kicking and screaming, they have an opportunity to pick up pretty much all the black folks. This how different the nation could be, would be, if the Republicans had simply said, you know, if we just make it clear to black people that we love to have their votes. And, yeah, and they well apparently hey, according to Joey Bosa, that's what or Nick Bosa, that's what Donald Trump's trying to do. That was one of the tweets. Which I'm surprised he got away with that because, like, you know, he's on a football team with black people, like more black people than white people. Like one of his tweets was like, "Yeah, like you know, I can't believe so many people of color would hate on someone trying to bring them up from like poverty." And just like, dude, like, I hope he deletes those still because like he's got you know a whole year left. But he said that, and I was like, I was kind of surprised. Like no one, like I saw, I saw, I, I literally was like reading the thread. And I was like, his teammates aren't really saying anything. About this, like no one said anything. Like one person was like, "Nah, dog, that's it." Like or some emoji, like that's it. I was like, "Really? How does this guy like a hundred players? Probably like sixty-five are black, and no one said anything." Surprise. Yeah. Well, luckily for him, I didn't see any of that. <laughs> I think he deleted those because like, that was during the like election, like right after, and he was pissed. Like I'm legit, like he was mad. Like I wish I screenshot. Because they're probably all gone. Because obviously he's smart enough to know, like, like with his dad and his brother, like, delete that stuff, right? But, like, he he was pissed, yeah. He was like, Hillary Clinton's a, a, a not fit to be president, like, and she's a liar. She's not, she's, oh, whatever. She said she was racist. She was the racist one. Um, yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't like, I think she, I don't know, some quote he had about her. It was a long time ago. He was like, Donald Trump is, you know, creating jobs for Hispanics, <laughs> black people. I was like, Bosa, I like you, kid, but come on, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, then I was, you know, like me, and I, I, I've known Tate for so long. Like, 
I don't care, like, what party you are, but, like, gee, these kids are young, though, so, like, they're just saying stupid stuff, right? Like, you know, I was just, like, telling myself, like, yeah, yeah like. Let's tell you that. <laughs> you just don't know any better. And we didn't let them off the hook. Taylor's like, yeah, we can't have no lying thief as president. Make America great again. But honestly, like, I don't think Tay Marco cares. Like, he won't delete. Actually, he is, his dad makes him delete his tweets because he tweets so much stupid stuff. Like, I literally talked to his dad, Al, and he was like, I cannot control this kid's Twitter. Like, if I can just get him to do that, like, he'll be fine. But I cannot control him on Twitter. Like, during high school. Like, he's not as bad now because, you know, Urban's probably like, hey, dude, chill. But, like, well, probably not, honestly, because Urban like, But <laughs> I don't know high school like, dude, like, you can't say this stuff. I hope Urban is telling him like chill. That would that'd be that'd be awesome. I could I try to imagine Urban Myers saying, Look, son, go chill. <laughs> no, like really like USC would not offer him at one point when Clay Hilton took over because of his Twitter. But that's how bad it was. Because I talked to his mom. His mom was like his parents are great people. Like his mom is super, super chill. His dad, his dad's chill too. His dad's just very conservative Republican. Mom's a feminist Democrat, kind of like Josh Rosen. Like, but Tate's very, very outspoken, and he's very—he just says stuff though. He's so emotional, and like, he was just like, his mom's like, yeah, he just tweets stuff, and they're like, they look at him, and it's like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, you don't even know. Like, <laughs> like, you don't even know. But yeah, his mom was like, Clay and Tyson Hilton were like. He has to delete his Twitter for us to offer him a scholarship. Like that's how bad it was. <laughs> like, but he was like, no, I just, I just, I just won't go to USC. Then. Like, fine, sure. He would have been a bad fit there anyway. I mean, that that's not really the spot for him, both culturally and football wise. He would not have been happy at USC. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I thought like since he's a Vegas party kid. I mean, maybe that wouldn't have been a good idea for him. <laughs> I mean, the, well, the party part would have appealed to him, I guess, but the he would not have been... I mean, I guess it was like the ladies, you know, that he would have liked that part, but... Yeah, Ohio State's got some good ones, too, but I mean, yeah, he would have liked the ladies. He's there a lot, but he's there at the club and leaves, but you mean for his, his stance on things, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's very – those guys, I just noticed, Nick Bosa and Tay Martell are very – Nick Bosa is, like, almost, like, borderline, like, 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 was bashing women. Like, Tay wasn't really doing yeah. that. Like, he didn't say anything yeah. about Hillary Clinton being a woman. He just said she was, like, a liar, which, I mean, a lot of people said that. But, like, Nick Bosa was, like, going off. Like, and I would just – he would delete the tweet, like, every time. Like, he would tweet it. It would be up there for, like, 15 minutes. I'd see the thread. He would delete it. He was like going in. He was like, he he said a he said women were not fit to be president. He's like, I don't think women are fit to be president yet. Like he he actually said that. Like if I had kept that tweet, like <laughs> I could have ruined the deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was like, wow. Oh, like, what? I would. I, you know what? Like I'm not a sleaze though, and Nick Bosa is like good. Like he's. I probably I could have sent it to someone else bigger than me. Oh, you yeah, know what I mean? Ben, ben Albright. Would have ben, Albright. Like ben Albright would have loved that one. He would have...
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.